Yes, hi, hello, and welcome back to the Gooncast for the second annual Golden Roccos. 2022 is over, and we're now in the hellscape that is 2023, because all of the 2020s is hell. Fuck you, it's January! (laughs) Oh my god, hey everybody! What's thanks up? for thanks for being on this journey with us for two fucking years, y'all. Hell yeah. Two oh years you were with us through the uh through the rocky oh. working it out oh. process. Oh, oh my god, this podcast oh. has reached three and a half hours. <laughs> I thought you were gonna mention uh you know us us watching Resident Evil Netflix. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We'll, or, we'll get there. <laughs> or us trying to watch uh, uh some other stuff, but uh we'll get there. Oh boy. But yeah, yeah, everybody, the second annual Golden Roccos are upon us. Our favorite time of the year. Mm-hmm. Our end of season celebration. Oh my god. Are yeah. you real pumped? I'm I'm fucking pumped. I can't yeah. There's like, okay, we there there were there was some rough shit in 2022, but there was also like we ate good. Yeah, yeah. there, there was there was, there was some good shit there in was. 2022. Like there was. I'm just looking at that. Like I, even my honorable mentions list was like 20 strong mm-hmm. for a while, where I was like, "Oh, what, what do I cut down?" <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah, uh, my my, I'm I'm not looking at my actual Excel sheet where I listed everything I liked that could be an honorable mention, but just in yeah. terms of what I I have officially that I just briefly wanted to ramble off on, I have mm-hmm. six. Oh my god! Nice. Yes, yeah. Actually, I do. I also have six. Oh, hey. I also have six honorable mentions. Hey, welcome to the welcome to the first annual six, six honorable six, mentions. Number of the beast. All right, we should uh, before we get started, we should uh, introduce ourselves as oh, usual. Uh, I'm your boy Cat, uh, aka the Attack Cat, on Twitch. Uh, uh, dialogue designer by day, writer slash horror artist slash whatever variety streamer, kind of by night. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, and and I'm your girl, the Valley Jester Lee Alden. Hey. What it do, what it does do. What it does. I'm a horror and fantasy enthusiast by night. And, uh, oh, goodness. Of course, our esteemed master of ceremonies. Fuck you, you know who I am. Yeah. Anyways, let's go. Yeah. The, the man, the myth. The hack the fraud maniac. legend. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're... He's being so humble. Saber 0307. Yeah, there you go. So we're, we're 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 switching things up slightly because we I believe we introduced the what are you up to thing midway through this past year, and rather yeah, than yes. rather than save it for the end, we're actually going mm-hmm. to quickly do it at the start. Yeah, just bang it out right just, now. Just bang it out, and then uh, you know then we'll start rolling into our disappointments. Although I guess before we even roll into the disappointments, uh, we'll explain the rules. So we'll explain the rules mm-hmm. after after because you know. You got to explain the rules for your top tens, otherwise people are going to be get get all pissy. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, I can go first if if nobody take us else away, wants Kat. to. All right. Yeah, so, what I've been up to very brief, like one or two sentences on each of these things. Uh, I watched uh, Kenneth Branagh's Death on the Nile. Um, nice. Which was decent. Um, I think that. Uh, I I didn't need an origin story for Poirot's mustache, and I definitely didn't need it to m- be completely nonsensical because scar tissue can't grow hair. But sure, whatever. yeah. Um, but ultimately, I think that um, it was pretty good. Like it was a good like you know I was kind of on a, a glass onion. Ooh, I want weird detective stories 
let's watch a Poirot. It was a fine Poirot. Um, then I watched The Menu, um, oh. which is a, okay. yeah, it's a horror satire um, starring Brie Fine and Anya Taylor-Joy. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. My husband was not as uh, keen on it. I think in, um, uh, it, it is it is a very, the satire is very subtle, I think, in Ooh. a lot of ways. I think if you are already in on the joke, it's very funny. But I think for those of you who, like, aren't, or maybe, like, oh, it reminded me a lot of, like, my issues with us in that regard, where, like, I think they went a little bit too into the, like, like, they relied too heavily on the metaphor to carry everything and not enough on, like, making the actual action of the plot make sense, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. So, okay. I, I still think it. it's, I still think it's worth watching, because I think they're, like, it, I think it is funny, so. Um, and then, uh, also, uh, Will and I have been playing Pentiment, um, which is a medieval murder mystery, like, point-and-click adventure game. Okay. Uh, and it is fantastic so far. Uh, we are... Cool. I think about halfway through the game at this point, and like um there there have been slow moments that are very i think in keeping with like how adventure games tend to go, but it it has a lot in common with like you know early ace attorney games and and you know some some early point and click adventure games that I've played personally like um um longest journey that sort of thing uh so if you're into that sort of thing, I think definitely pick up pentiment it's it's very cool, very fun. Oh yeah, and that's 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 a rousing recommendation from the point and click mystery master. <laughs> yes, yes, Hell absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, well, boys, I've, I've had a very uh, svelte week, so I'll just bang mine out real quick. I had a delicious double feature of uh, Knives Out and Glass Onion nice. with the misses. Knives Out, absolutely loved it. Glass Onion, as I, um, yeah. and uh, where I was, uh, I was talking with Mrs. Valley Jester. And saying, hey, you liked Bullet Train, right? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, do you like the idea of a bunch of, like, weird gimmicky characters all out on a murder mission after one person? And she's like, yeah, it worked for me in Bullet Train. And I said, sweet, buckle up for Smoke and Aces. Oh, yes. <laughs> you rewatched it? It was my first time watching it in, like, over five years. Oh, my God. And, oh, what did the God, what a delightful piece of shit. I love yeah. that movie. Um, yeah. She was thoroughly amused. Um oh. Uh, with just about everything except for like sixty percent through the movie, this weird, uh, this weird kung fu kid shows up who's like off his medication, and it's oh. a really like product of its time, bad humor, oh, like cringe yes. fest. Uh-huh. So other than that kid showing up, uh, <laughs> it's it's such a ball. If you haven't seen Smoke and Aces, you, you all gotta go check that out. It's absolutely it's brilliant. Absolutely. Then, uh, and then a little bit of Guilty Gear Strive, because uh, Bridget hey. is best girl. There you go. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, as for me, just uh, same old, same old shit with Twitch. I started my Extra Life 2023 uh, support immediately, as soon as the new year began. Uh, as a team, we've already gotten a couple members to join up early yeah. and start their support early. And collectively, thus far, we've already raised about 160 bucks. Wow. Uh, yeah, that was yeah, and uh, I mean, granted, nice because word. because so few people are participating this early, this does put us at at, at rank 40, 40 something for for hey. teams. So we're in the top fifty, baby. Let's go! Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Sporta keys. Yeah. Sporta keys. And then uh, the last thing uh, that I want to mention, it took a long while. I spent a lot of 2023 trying to apply for the Capcom Creators Program, and at the tail end of 2023, I finally made it in. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's cool. Creators program, baby. Yeah. yeah. For for those who, who who aren't aware, basically it's like Capcom's support group thingy for uh, influencers, YouTubers, streamers, that sort of thing. Uh, you can officially join their Capcom stream team, uh, and you get access early access to games sometimes, uh, promotional material, insight, can provide feedback, etc., etc., etc. And uh, yeah, I, I really think back to Google kind of helped just with the sheer volume of Capcom horror that I went through. So I think, Absolutely. but yeah, that's, that's I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, we here at the Gooncast are gigantic fans of Capcom. So yes, it's absolutely. Uh, it's a very appropriate partnership that, that has spawned. Yeah. Yes. I'm very yes. happy. Yeah. It's very good. So so what you need to do is, you know, pull a couple of strings, talk yeah. to the right people. Resident Evil Netflix and... 2, you got it. Oh no, oh no, no, life size cami statue. Oh, uh, there you go. Mm -hmm. There yeah. you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. All right, mm -hmm. goons. Mm -hmm. Doing arts and crafts with Jill, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 What scissoring? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh... <laughs> Oh, it's gonna be a good episode, folks. <laughs> anyway, speaking of scissoring, let's talk about our disappointments. Um yes. uh, First, we should mention the, the rules. rules. Yes. yes. Yeah. The rules. So, uh, so, Lee, you wanna you wanna fill us in on on how this goes down? Absolutely. So, on the Golden Roccos here, just like last year, we we found the we found the uh, the layout that works for us. If it ain't broken, don't fix it. We have three separate categories. We have our top ten best pieces of media for the year. We have the top five worst. And the three most disappointing. Mm -hmm. Now, the rules are, these are pieces of media that we have consumed in 2022. They do not have to be made in 2022. They could have been released at any time. This is just when we've consumed it. We call it the donkey rule. Yep. We also follow uh, the Evan Irwin uh, magic show rule of as we go through the list, if something on our list is ranked higher on someone else's, we were given an indicator by a neutral third party. In this case, Aaron Thomas, to, our good buddy. In this was... case, Aaron Thomas. Oh, yeah. Thank you for doing that for us. Yeah, thanks, man. And we will postpone conversation about that piece of media until it is at, uh, at its highest point on someone's list. So it's at the mm -hmm. most hype. Yeah, yeah. Because we feel like even if it's higher on the worst or higher on the bummers, it's the level of passion is equal to the ranking. <laughs> so exactly. exactly. That person should lead lead the speech. Indeed. Yeah. So let's let's get this party started. The we're going in the in. Yeah, we're going in the order of Lee, then Kat, then myself. Uh so Lee, kick us off with your 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 disappointments, baby. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Well, in a in a in a strange curveball for the second annual Golden Roccos, uh, we do have a fourth category this year. Uh, <laughs> it is it is called a Barbarian, um, <laughs> and it is for outstanding of Barbarian. Uh, my entry on the list is Barbarian. <laughs> uh, Cat. Yes. Do you do you do you have? 
have uh do you have an entry for the barbarian list uh i do it's barbarian <laughs> oh yes barbarian yes I, I, that's that's my entry too yeah oh, yeah fantastic well we yeah. avoided the awkwardness of all having it on our list there <laughs> all right perfect well let's just go straight into uh let's go straight into the most disappointing category uh number three so this is this is a strange one because in a first for constructing my list for the Golden Roccos, I had something that was previously listed in the top 10 best, and then oh. it became so disappointing, I dropped it into this category. Man, we're starting off oh. with Spice, baby! Let's go! Oh, holy yeah, shit, we're, Lee! We're starting okay. off not fucking around. <laughs> okay, so, well, I'm, I'm ready to find out. <laughs> so number three on my list is Dragula Titans. Uh, Dragula is a series on Shudder. It is a drag fashion uh, drama sort oh. of sort of series. Okay. Um, for those of you who may not be into the drag scene, you've probably heard of RuPaul's Drag Race. It's you know reality show competition, uh, but Dragula focuses specifically on what are called drag monsters. They are a variety of drag queen who like to do very um, either special effects heavy. Uh, outfits and costumes, very horror-themed. Um, Dragula follows a credo of um, drag, filth, horror, glamour, being its major three tenets. Um, and I absolutely fell in love with Dragula when I first started watching it. Um, just like any reality show that you get invested in, you start to quickly pick your favorites. Um, there's lots of various little spicy you know, amounts of, of tea and drama going on. And <laughs> And then you pick your favorites and you root for them. Um, I'm a shameless simp for Hosoteratoma, who is a delightful queen out of South Korea. Um, nice. But the most recent season of the show, Dragula Titans, was, um, as the name would suggest, like a gathering of all the best competitors from the four seasons of the show, duking mm -hmm. it out for who is the best of the best. And for some reason, they decided to focus way more on the backstage drama portions and mm. much less on the art. Mm, and okay. it culminated in the biggest wet fart of a, of a finale where in the lead up to the announcement of the final winner of this whole gauntlet, mm -hmm. uh, in Carrie fashion, the winner would be crowned with a bucket of blood. And, um, we didn't get any sort of crowning ceremony for the winner. Uh, we got like literally just a a headshot appearing on screen and a voiceover of the host saying the name of the winner. And then it shamelessly launched into a three minute commercial for their world tour and how you could buy tickets to give them money. Uh, the entire thing became a shameless advertisement for the hosts and their brand. Oh, nice. No. That's great. That's, That's great. So very fun. This thing that was that was it was just such a cool expression of like LGBT culture mm -hmm. and horror and yeah. it was like it was like face off with like more catty bitchiness and <laughs> and then they just 
It was shameless at the end. The hosts dedicated half of the episode of the final episode to being like an advertisement for their podcast. It was just it was dreadful. So, Sounds um, great. Yeah. Yeah, well, it started as a as a great little show and and this wonderful expression of artistic, you know, alt culture mm-hmm. uh became one big fucking slogan for a lunchbox. So Dragula Titans is my number 3 most disappointing. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was but, a bummer. but incredibly fitting to have it be on the disappointing list cuz it's something you it's something you liked but that like shit the bed ultimately, right? Oh, yeah, I I had yeah. Dragula on my on my 10 best yeah. For like nine months out of this year, yeah, yeah, and then uh, whew, and then that Titan series ended, and oh boy, yeah, nice, damn. All right, well, I am gonna um get started with uh, I have a couple of dishonorable mentions. Um, Ooh, that I yeah, I think they fall more under the bummers list for me than the worst of. Um, I do have a dishonorable mention that is. Definitely a worst of, so I'll save that one for our worst of list. Yeah, um, but um, and I, I'm 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 saying this because uh, my number three on the bummers list is actually higher on someone else's list. So I Ooh. won't be I won't be talking about my number three, but I will talk about some disappointments right Beautiful. now for, uh, that that didn't even quite that weren't even quite disappointing enough to make the list. So um, surprising no one, Halloween ends. Very close to putting that somewhere on a list, and it kind of just ended up being so meh that it just kind of fell through the cracks. Evil so, shrugs tonight. If yeah, basically evil shrugs tonight. Um, then I'm going to say I've got I've got two entries from uh, Marvel, which should probably come as no surprise. I don't talk about Marvel stuff that much. I wouldn't consider myself that big of a Marvel fan in general. Um, but I do still consume, you know, it's like, it's popcorn media. It's just kind of like, ah, oh, hey, like, we're just, you know, just a little feel-good show or like a cutesy little thing to put on in the background. But um, Thor Love and Thunder was mm. really disappointing, um, especially since I loved Christian Bale playing a villain like that. Like, I just wanted more of that. I heard he everything was great. around him. Yeah, I heard he his was, performance as Gore was pretty cool. He was so cool, but everything around him was just kind of like meh, you know? Like okay. it didn't quite go get to the level. Some people were like, "Oh my god, it's the worst Marvel movie ever." No, it's not. Like it's fine. It's just it's just meh, you know? Um and then the next one is going to be a little bit controversial. Um and I'm saying this because I actually the things I liked about the show were the things people didn't like about the show, and the things I found disappointing about the show were the things people liked about the show. Mm. Um, I watched all of She-Hulk, um, mm. and it started, the first episode was, like, awful. Because it's, it's, just, it's just generic superhero origin story. You had, you know, cameo from the Hulk, which was just like, okay, I don't care. You know, like, I don't care about this stuff. But then there was this beautiful middle chunk of episodes from like episode two to like around maybe episode six or seven, where it was it was a lot of like her figuring out herself. And it was also a lot of like quirky lawyer drama. And Will and I like really dug it. We were really into it. We were like, oh, man, like this is so fun. And it's just it's getting so good. And then they got really, really meta. And yeah, I heard got, about how it ended. Same. Yeah, yeah, and I, 
I have heard I have heard from people on on Twitter and online and other spaces that like that's how She-Hulk is. Like She-Hulk, the comic is a very meta comic, and I'm like, I guess I don't like She-Hulk then <laughs> because womp, the, stuff, the stuff I really liked was like the slice of the slice of lawyer life drama that was happening, where it was her kind of like grappling with her identity issues and also being a kick-ass lawyer and also like helping all of these people. Like it was kind of like a more lighthearted Better Call Saul. Up until it became just a generic Marvel show. And I was like, man, that's really a bummer. Because I thought I thought all of the actors were great. I thought the um the credits were really fun because they were done in like this um like courtroom drawing style, which was like, oh, this that's, is that's groovy. Yeah, it's like it's cute. Um, but yeah, it's just it 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 I I was gonna slot it somewhere in bummers and then it just kinda just ended up being eh, no. It's all just right. nowhere. It's it just yeah, so those are my those are my three dishonorable bummer mentions. Um, Shameful display. Yeah. Yep. Unfortunate, but. So yeah. I guess that leaves me. Uh, it does. Quick, leave, yeah. quick bit of uh, <clears throat> honorable mentions for disappointments. Um, mm-hmm. The black phone. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. It's. It's fine. Think about just, that fucking movie. Yeah. It, it could have been yeah. so much better, but it was just. <laughs> disappointment and that one kind actually of got kicked off that one actually got kicked off my dishonorable mentions list oh, man. <laughs> that, that's how mad it was yeah so like eh, halloween uh, ends was worse so <laughs> the next was um nightmare of decay which is this little indie <laughs> horror game that came out at the start of the year uh it's five bucks so i can't be too mad at it and it, it to its credit it does a lot of the stuff that i like about horror games like the the Metroidvania tying itself into OG Resident Evil type stuff, but what makes it disappointing for me is it has no fucking identity of its own. It exists mm. entirely off of references to OG Resident Evil and OG Silent Hill, and it's like yeah, yeah. when when I start seeing Spanish cultists from Resident Evil Four and a character yes. who is clearly James Sunderland as an NPC, oh, I'm like this is. Guys, no, stop it. No, please, Try harder, please. please. Yeah. Uh, Do better. Do my, better. my, my, my next honorable question mark mention is Mad God. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> it's it's a movie that I I I still think about, and I I don't know. I still don't know why I don't like it, and I, I it's mostly on here because I'm disappointed in myself. For not liking it. I don't understand it. Uh, and then uh, my last honorable question mark mention is the one that Matt gave me shit for. Aaron Thomas gave me shit for. It's a tie between oh, no. Scream 5 and Nope. Oh. <gasps> Ooh. Both, okay, we're bringing the spice. Both of the these. Here's, I want to get this out of the way. I love both of these fucking movies, and they were uh-huh. strong contenders for my best of list. Yep. Okay. But they, but I've mentioned it a couple times where they both did the exact same fucking thing, yeah. where a character decides to act like a fucking idiot because the movie wants them to die, yeah. and that really kind of killed like my enthusiasm for both mo- both <laughs> movies. To its credit, cat. Nope was a bit better at it. It wasn't quite as egregious as Scream 5's. 
Yes, Scream, I, I, Scream, Scream 5 was very, um, the movie needed it to happen. Nope felt like it justified it more. Yeah, it, I, I still, it still felt out of nowhere, and, and I, I didn't like it in Nope, but I, 5? I don't, I don't disagree, necessarily, uh, but... Yeah, it's, yeah. With, with Scream 5, like, I don't want to get into it, like, I know a lot of people are pissed off at this particular twist because of what it is. Mm. Uh, that's not me, I, I'm kind yeah. of fine with that. It's yeah, more of just yeah. the buildup for it was so incredibly fucking dumb. Mm-hmm. And, and it yeah. just required characters to throw all logic out the window for a couple minutes so somebody could die. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, absolutely. with all that shit out of the way. Your number three. My number three is a uh, PS2 survival horror title called Kuan. It's from, from Software. It's one of the sort of. Uh, Holy Trinity of of expensive as fuck PlayStation Two survival horror games because they sold like shit and were released in limited vo- limited amount. Uh, typically, you can find a Haunting copy. Hunting Ground and Rule of Rose. Yeah, Hunting Ground and Rule of Rose are the other yeah. two. Uh, Kuan is, uh, I think, a bit on the pricier side. A lot of used copies for this go between like eight hundred to a thousand dollars. Oh, it's it's expensive as fuck. Uh, That's a lot of copies of Nuki. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it it takes place. It it. I was really hoping that I was gonna like it a fuck ton because I, I I like the other ones. I like uh, uh, PS2 Survival Horror. I like From Software, and it does do a lot of things right. Uh, it's set in like feudal Japan, and you star as uh, two different um, priestesses, I believe, uh, Japanese priestesses, and you're going through this spooky mansion that's that's kind of haunted by by spooky ghosts. Uh, and the plot is barely comprehensible, and then you go through both campaigns and you unlock a brief third epilogue campaign that doesn't really explain much. Um, gameplay was a little too tedious. The explanation for, like, why you can't go down certain hallways was really weak. Like, oh my god, this 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 rack of clothing that it, that I could easily step over got knocked over, so I, I can't walk, walk I down can't, this hallway. I can't um, move a desk! <laughs> yeah, it was just... <laughs> A lot of it was just really bland and boring, and uh, it had really strong atmosphere. Occasionally, there was, like, they just throw random jump scares at you for no reason, and that was kind of weak. And yeah, uh, for whatever, one of the things, too, that kind of kills all tension in a survival horror game is um, there's a button that immediately allows you to heal. Like, without the cost of any resources, you just gotta stand there and hold it. That's it. Oh, fuck that. So it's like, all that's you have stage. to do is, like, you go into a room, you do damage to monsters, second you're about to die, you just leave the room, and you just hold the button, and then you're fully healed, and you go back in, and the monsters aren't healed, so you can just finish them off. I mean, sure, you can oh, choose that. to, like, not do that, but if it's there, I why am I not you, yeah. going to use it? Yeah, yeah so... Uh, oh, no. Well, you, yeah. said this was, you said this was FromSoft? Yeah, this, this, is, this is FromSoft during their... Back before they did nothing but Soulsborne games, uh, okay. where, where they well, did a I bunch got... of experimental shit. All right, I got two questions then. One, is the Moonlight Sword in this game? Uh, uh-uh. I, I, I don't think so. I think there might be a Moonlight Sword spell equivalent. Okay. All right. Because okay. well, the my mean... second question, if, my second question is, if this doesn't have the Moonlight Sword, why is it not number one on your worst list? Uh, <laughs> for, 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 for really strong reasons. <laughs> oh, wink, oh, wink. Oh, we'll, we'll get there, <laughs> god damn it. 
For all the good things we had this year, we had some shit. Yeah, you'll 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 see. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's my number three. Uh, Possibly one of the games I was looking forward to the most about Back to Goal 2022, and definitely the most disappointing game from Back to Goal 2022. Damn. All right. Well, talking about having high expectations. you ever have one of those uh, one of those dream scenarios where you keep wondering, wow, you know, what if what if they take this IP that I really really like and merge it together with this play style that I think would make it really really cool? Like, oh. wouldn't it be amazing if someday they actually made a Pokemon game that was an open world <laughs> adventure? God, oh. think of the pro- think of the possibilities. <laughs> yeah, Number yeah, that'll. T- That'll be cool. Number two on my list is Pokemon Violet and Scarlet. Hey, that was number three on my list. Hell baby. yeah, let's go. All right. Well, well, yeah, we, I mean, where do we fucking start? Yeah, we we kind of already had a bit of a like yeah. rant session about all the things that all the issues we had with this. Two of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah actually. <laughs> My my personal thoughts I'll keep quite brief because I, I have given out about this a bit before on the podcast. Um, if you're going to make a game open world, um, have have there be a purpose for it to be open world? Because nothing pisses me off more than yeah. traversing wide open pieces of land for absolutely no reason. There is a fucking crater in the middle of the desert that spirals down into darkness and i'm like oh what's gonna be down here like if this were Mm -hmm. any other game i would think what cool item is down here or what Mm -hmm. boss is down here or what Mm -hmm. easter egg that's like a cool wink from the developer and i went down there down here and there was a fucking paralyzed heel (laughs) i i'm done yeah um this is not on my worst list because a i'm a sucker for the pokemon formula yes and i recognize that yes uh, second, I believe as far as the new Pokemon go, they had some very interesting designs. It was not nearly as much of a garbage fire as other generations, you know, new new monsters have been. Uh, some great character designs. Um, you know, obviously some some lacked. You can't you can't bat fucking excellence all the time. I don't know why there's a fucking five year old in the Elite Four. I don't know. But don't you love flamingo lawn ornament Pokemon? I, I don't mind the flamingo so much. I, I hate the flamingo. Eating sandwiches. <laughs> no, it, look, all that bad stuff is leveled out by, like, depressed salary man gym leader. That's true. And, like, great. cute snowboarding boy gym leader. Uh, you know, I'll look past the lawn ornament. Um, but if you're going to do an open world game, have there be a fucking point to it. There was no reason for this to be as open world as it was to nope. fill it with that little content. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I could I could take up a whole lot of time talking about this yeah shortcomings, so I won't because there's yeah. other things to give out about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, just to just to add to that, and also because I I agree with every single one of your points, by the way. Um, but to to add to it, and also as a segue to my number two, um, I think that the big reason for me why this ended up on my disappointments list. Well, okay, it's twofold. One because. I did not expect this to be a good game. Like, it was not... My expectations were very low, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my expectations were at the at the minimum that the quality of life improvements that I saw and the... the um, 
the like interesting new developments that I saw in Arceus, I thought they would carry more over into a mainline Pokemon game and make it really cool, and it didn't. And that was a bummer for me. Um, but that leads me to my next point, which is that Pokemon Game Freak needs to give up this shitty development cycle that they have going. Absolutely. The fact that they are like grinding these people to the to fucking dust to get these out on their schedule is how we're ending up with these things. And I know Pokemon will just fucking print money, so it doesn't matter. But like, we need to not. We need to not do that. Yeah. Um, to a on a similar note, my number two um, was a game from a company that uh, I have actually come to really, really like a lot of their games. They had they had rough starts for a few of them, um, but especially the things that we've played this year have all been really solid entries, except for this one, and it's pretty much explicitly because they released it, like, less than six months after their last game. Oh, I know where you're going with this one, baby. This is going. Yeah. yeah, so it's the devil in me. Yeah. Yeah. The devil, the devil in me. So, yeah. 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 be. I want to be very, very clear that I do not blame the bugs and the, like, I, I blame the rush development for everything I hate about the devil in me. Um, you know, I, I didn't like Little Hope, and I didn't like Man of Medan, but the quarry in House of Ashes showed me that they were improving. Like, th- they, they've kind of, like, figured out their formula, and now they're just, like, making really interesting choices. And The Devil and Me just felt like a step back in a lot of ways, and awkward steps forward into Uncharted territory, which... I don't think adds to your gameplay, guys. I don't yeah. think you should do Uncharted gameplay in these games because I don't think that that is uh, that is not what I come to your games for. Yeah. And do, doing it worse than Naughty Dog is worse than not doing it at all. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't play it, these games to do balance beam shit. Yes, exactly, exactly. So... Yeah. I, I, I think it had the terrible misfortune of coming after House of Ashes. Yes. Because House of Ashes showed us that this team has the ability to make it work. Yes. Because yeah. House of Ashes fucks. Yeah. Yes, it does. It, it has it some does. shortcomings. It but does definitely. It's a but... solid game. Yes, yeah. it was. It was so much fun. I've played it three times now with multiple people, and like, yeah, I I don't think I'll go back to Devil in Me, and that's not again. But also, to their credit, they totally suckered me and James with that teaser. Yeah! Like, we're we're gonna play the next one anyway. It yeah. doesn't fucking matter. I mean, I probably but... was going to anyway because they're fun co-op streams, but the they fact that it's in space... Fun. Let's go. Yeah, just, now I'm just excited. <laughs> just stick with what worked in House of Ashes. Just bring back Salim. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There you go. Not there even just go. the actor in a different role. No, bring back Salim. <laughs> yes. Whatever yes. whatever monster or threat is up there waiting for you on the space yeah. station, Salim will have that shit dealt with in 30 minutes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. On, on the subject of space, though, my number two most disappointing ah. is uh, Alien Isolation. <gasps> oh, shit. Whoa. Oh, that is a bold choice. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but, a, but a very oh, good choice. Give out, so dude. on its plus side, the atmosphere is really goddamn strong. And it's definitely one of the better alien games. Uh, and yeah. the memes about Jasper, are the, our pet nickname for the, the little Xeno that could, 
were really, really strong. As to why it's disappointing, uh, it has about uh, 8 to 12 hours worth of gameplay ideas stretched across about 20 hours of gameplay, and it got really fucking old and tedious by the end. Uh, it just really outstays its fucking welcome. On, on one hand, it's nice that, like, it's a fully realized game and like you're definitely getting your money's worth. You're getting your bang for your buck and it's not some ginormous open world type thing, but just the last chunk of that game was just such a fucking slog where I just wanted it to end. I swear that game has like four different fucking endings where I, I think it's going to end and it's ramping, ramping up. Yes. And then yes, it just, it, it absolutely and there's more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, that's... you have another level. Oh, now you have to go out to get the eggs. Oh, now you have to spacewalk back inside. Oh, now you have to do the. And it's just like, shut yeah. up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And on on that note too, just I guess another another point of topic. Uh, the androids just aren't really fun to deal with. I, yes. I like dealing no. with the humans, and I like dealing with the alien, but dealing with the androids just it just sucks. It just it's, it's, yeah, it's just frustrating. I don't know. I, I... Yeah. I thought it was a really strong creative decision to have the androids hold you down and while you're pressing a button prompt, they're saying, do not resist, buy our <laughs> DLC. It is only $14.99 for the Survivor's Bundle. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but yeah, bold, bold choice. For bold, sure. bold, bold choice. Uh, it's it's a mostly competent game. It just, it just, it's too fucking long. That's my problem, yeah. is it's too fucking long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what worked. Yeah. That's a bold choice. I'm glad you put that on there because that game has such a high amount of critical acclaim. Yeah, it it, it it's mostly deserved, mm-hmm. and and Creative Assembly definitely were huge fans of the material, and it did the source material justice. Unlike fucking Colonial Marines, mm-hmm. uh, like I wish that it got a sequel, like a proper fucking sequel, um, but the just the it's goddamn. On a side note, the only thing more disappointing than that in terms of, like, Alien Isolation stuff or the Expanded Universe comic books that take mm-hmm. place after Alien Isolation, because comic book writers did what comic book writers do and do really stupid shit with the canon, where, oh, you know that twist from Aliens where Amanda Ripley died on Earth? No, she's actually in stasis, and everybody thinks she's dead, and then we're going to have her team up with Ripley later. Fuck you. Fuck you, comic book oh, writers. Oh, that's awful. Fuck you fuck off that's each oh, that's bad. so that's, yeah that's almost as bad as that time that they decided to have hicks survive because there was a body swap yeah god yeah was, that was great yeah it was this the fuck you colonial marines as well <laughs> anyways yeah that's number two <laughs> all right so uh actually a pretty nice segue of uh my number one on this list being something that did have a very big amount of critical acclaim oh and uh i can see in some cases why but uh look i don't know if my expectations were too high or what but we gotta talk about what kind of space crank namora's been doing because my number one is final (laughs) fantasy 7 remake man fuck that game (laughs) all right final fantasy 7 was the most anticipated video game remake of all time. And, um, what the fuck happened? Okay, we've got some gorgeous visuals. Yep. The game is beautiful. Except for that door. Except for that one door. We don't, we don't talk about Cloud's door. Um, 
the game is absolutely gorgeous. Um, I like the changes to the combat system, so it's not strictly the the bar based turn based system. Um, I like what they changed with that. Um, but look, th- this is coming from the Kingdom Hearts guy. Okay, Namora needs to stop. Namora needs to be stopped. Yeah. Kitase needs to stop. Najima needs to stop. Of lock him all away. Arrest him with Yuji Naka. Arrest him with Yuji Naka on the grounds of just putting out terrible art. You had one job. You had one job, and it was to just remake the first game. I, like everybody else, got very concerned when we heard that it was going to be episodic, and episode one was going to be just the Midgar section. Um, I don't know if y'all have played original FF7 recently, but that Midgar section is like six hours yeah six to eight hours at most and they stretched it to 50 oh no it, yeah yeah, <laughs> cat. Oh, it's no. brutal yeah cat so i don't know like i i feel like i could i feel like if i start to dissect this too much i'm gonna start rambling about it and i'm sure. gonna become an incoherent mess but if sure. you had one job, which is to make a remake, your job is to remake it. There were so many liberties taken with changing the plot structure, having it not be a remake, and having it be a sequel in some fucked up time-bending sense because weird ghostly wheels yeah. are flying around yeah, changing that's, that's, the flow of space-time. That, that's the other thing to keep in mind, Kat. It says Final Fantasy VII Remake in the title, but it's a meta-sequel. It's, fuck yeah, you. Lord, it's it's Matrix Re- it's Matrix Four. It's Matrix no! Resurrections. No. And then all that no! air of mystery around, like, oh, who is this Sephiroth guy? Fuck it, here he is. We'll show him to you. Yeah, have him, have him till you're tired of him. Yeah, you you know you know how Silent Hill Homecoming like keeps shoving Pyramid Head in your face, cat. That's that doesn't what, make any fucking sense. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's what they do here with Sephiroth. Imagine yeah. imagine that they take the shark from Jaws and then like two minutes into the movie he pops out and does like a little slang and dance number at Chief Brody. Love it. Yeah. I love it. That's um, I, I think they did a lot of things right, which is why I can't in good conscience put this in worst. The soundtrack sure. is fantastic. Yeah. The the visuals and the gameplay, wonderful. Ninety percent of my problem with this is purely the narrative. As it's as purely yeah. the story. As somebody who if I did play it this year, would have easily put it in my bottom five. Um, Wall Market slaps. Wall Market, Wall Market is, is fucking fantastic. fantastic. They nailed the <laughs> fuck out of Wall Market. It's basically like a red light district cat, and they they mm-hmm. they took this this element from the original game of of you have to go undercover to rescue somebody, and by dressing in drag, and made it a a an elaborate side quest with big Yakuza-style song-and-dance energy type stuff, and it's fantastic. Like, there's a fucking DDR minigame. It's great. It's fantastic. I love it. It's unironically great. Unironically great. This is fucking strong. And the other the other positive I can say is, I never really gave a shit about Eris, but this game is like, okay, I can... I can she, she's very charming. I, I finally see the appeal to this character. Uh, but yeah, yeah, but for all the benefits they gave Aerith and her and her character development, they butchered clouds. No, yeah, no, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. You know, Saber and I have had a few conversations about this off podcast, but we adore the fact that in the original game, Cloud is this fucking 
loser who like forged his resume. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's not a hero. He is not a badass. He is a charlatan. He's an amnesiac jobber who somehow managed to convince himself he was the hero. And yeah. through trial and adversity by the end of the game, becomes a hero. And the writers of the remake failed to get that memo. And he's immediately a level 100 generic super anime protagonist from the get-go in, in FF7 Remake. Yeah, so... Um, Slicing buildings in half and shit. It's, it's, it's goddammit. Yeah, my, my expectations and hopes were high. If you, uh, if you listened to our top 10 gaming, or uh, top 10 antagonists list, uh, the Turks had a very prominent position on my list. Reno and Root are fantastic in this game. Tifa's fantastic in this game. Everything else, narratively and character-wise, pretty much blows. Uh, so yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake is number one on my most disappointing of 2022 list, and I have zero, zero fucking interest in Rebirth. That's okay, you can just watch me stream it. <laughs> oh lord. <laughs> no, and Gak needs to disappear. You love Gak. Gak needs to go join Namora in whatever fuck dimension he's off in right now. You you love Gak. God. You actually do. <laughs> I, don't, I really don't. All right, next. Oh next. All right. All right. <laughs> okay, so um, my number one, we kind of already touched on a little bit. My number one on bummers, we kind of already touched on a bit. And the reason this is on my bummers list is because I'm not sure if I hated it. Or if I enjoyed it. Um, but what I am sure of is it was overhyped to shit by people who I think should have known better that this really wasn't as special as they were making it out to be. Number one is Barbarian. Hey! Barbarian! I, I foolishly listened to people online who were like, oh my god, this is gonna blow your mind. This is like, you're not fucking ready for this twist. Holy shit. Holy shit. Oh my god. And then it's like, guys, I, I've i I've already seen fucking Tusk. Like, uh, like yeah. <laughs> I've, I've seen Tusk and I've, I've seen... We have Tusk I've, at I've, home. I, yeah, we have, t- we have Tusk at home and I've seen, uh, what's it called? <laughs> the, the other one that takes place in Detroit with the creepy guy, Don't Breathe. I've don't seen breathe. Don't Breathe. Yeah. And this is just Tusk meets Don't Breathe. And... I was expecting something like mind-blowingly fuck up, like we had like wear babies or some shit like that, and then it was just nothing. <laughs> it was it was just the final monster from Quarantine and Wreck. Yeah, exactly. It was just it was just you know it, it was. And listen, I am not saying every movie needs to fucking reinvent the wheel, but what I am saying is that uh, people who go online and talk about movies. Maybe don't if you're not super learned on movies. <laughs> like, <laughs> womp, womp. like, you know, like these, uh, like people, like people who watch a lot of horror movies, they pick up on tropes and and you know, uh, uh, common threads between these things. And and if you know, like, I'm not saying Get Out is bad because it was you know effectively Invasion of the Body Snatchers by another name. But Get Out was great because it tra- it was transformative. This work was not transformative, and I think people didn't recognize, like, listen, if you like Barbarian, if your mind was blown by Barbarian, I am not insulting you by any means. I'm just saying, maybe, like, give your recommendations with a grain of salt. That, like, I really, like, the thing I always do, right? Where I'm like, I really like this movie, but I really liked it because I like this kind of thing. Or I like X. Or, like, the thing that they did when they did Y is something that appeals to me as a viewer. 
Mm-hmm. For people who have seen shit like Martyrs or like a Serbian film, this shit is like small potatoes. <laughs> like, womp, womp. Don't, don't, don't fucking say it's going to be the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life when like you haven't fucking seen the second uh, 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 Human Centipede movie. You yeah. know, like, shut up. <laughs> like, yeah, and you know what? Let me go on the record, because now I don't think I'm ever going to get a chance to say something this controversial on the podcast. <laughs> so I'm going to take my fucking shot. I actually think a Serbian film is a good movie. Oh, oh I haven't boy. even seen it. So yeah, it's, it, oh, it's 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 a piece it's, of shit. It's awful. It's that's awful. what I, I hear. That's what I hear. Like the only yeah, thing I, I could... weirdly th- I weirdly think it's a good movie. I I have in in my in my restless dreams. <laughs> <laughs> what a stunning and bold choice of I, words. I, I have. I have debated rewatching it just because it's been so long and literally like I after I watched it I like scrubbed my mind of it because I'm just like I was so disturbed. Pat, it's horrible Pat, that I saw Pat, it that I'm like Pat, say no more future podcast episode James oh, never seen yeah. a Serbian film. We okay, we could we could actually probably watch like extremely disturbing films and you know actually I, I, I definitely wouldn't mind showing y'all some stuff that I find extremely disturbing but also extremely compelling artistically. Mm. So like Yeah, that's yeah, fine. You know, we'll we'll yeah. see we'll see. But anyway, all that to say, yeah, barbarian kindly Stop overhyping horror movies, everybody. Like, shut up. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you nailed it when you you when you can start to pick up on kind of like the tropes and trends that we are used to as horror enthusiasts. Like, maybe for the layman, barbarian is something really new. Which, to be fair, okay, maybe if they don't have much exposure to horror, that's fair. Like, sure. you know, Cat and I scrape the bottom of the shutter barrel. Like we <laughs> yes. we we unearth some dank shit. You know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We saw Skull the Mask. Skull the Mask is weirder than Barbarian. We Skull the Mask. We did. We yeah. Skull the Mask was more disturbing than Barbarian by far. I, I don't no, even know if I like Skull the Mask, but I like and, it more than Barbarian. Well, and that's the thing. Nobody was talking about that movie, right? Like it's, everybody was talking about Barbarian for weeks, and it was like, look, no, you guys. Skull the Mask gets gets a pass for when the priest grabs the hand of Christ. And pulls a sword out of the statue. Yeah, that was great. That was, that great. was some Paladin Anderson. Shit. Yeah, that was there that was go. primo oh, schlock. Yeah, there you go. That was primo schlock. It was great. All right, Jam. Uh, what was your number one? My number one most disappointing. Oh, barbarian. My number one most disappointing thing about 2022 was Halloween Ends. Uh, we briefly oh, we briefly wow. touched upon it. I huh? I settled on it at, at, when I was finalizing my list. Damn. And uh. I, yeah. I, I didn't go in with high expectations. And yeah. for the record, upon rewatching it with Kat and Lee, because I watched it on my own before I watched it with them, and my reaction was extremely negative when I first saw it. I don't hate it quite as much upon rewatch and upon yeah. thinking about it. And there's a lot of elements about it that I respect. Like the fact that it, for the most part, isn't. It's trying to do something different as opposed to just another Michael Myers movie until, you know, it just becomes another Michael Myers movie. But the reason why it's so disappointing for me is just the years of fucking buildup and claiming that, oh, yeah, you know, we wrote two films that tie into each other, uh, you know, back Uh back before the first Halloween 2018 came out. And and we decided to put the second film on ice because we wanted to make sure that uh, 
you know, like people like the first one first. It's like, okay, that's a respectable idea. And then they're like, okay, upon revisiting the idea, you know, we realized we had more story to tell. And then that, that story to tell was Halloween Kills. And literally, like, the only important plot element in Halloween Kills that happens is just Laurie's daughter dies. That's yeah. it. And yeah. then you're expecting, okay, well, it's supposed to be this overarching narrative. What, how is this yeah. overarching narrative going to end? And it's like, no, it, there's no overarching narrative. That's, that's the reason why it's disappointing for me is because it's just lies and manipulation about just something that isn't there. Like, if you're going to just make a standalone Halloween sequel, that's fine. But I was led to believe that we're getting a trilogy to conclude Laurie's story. And for the most part, there's there's no over, overarching narrative. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I blame Lost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 yeah. God damn I it. I did all my yes. giving out about it on our episode, so I, yeah. I won't piggyback yeah. on it too much. But the second that they established in canon that Mike Myers has lifesteal, I was done. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it's not the stupidest yeah. thing this franchise has done. It's, you know, really. Which is stellar. Runes. Yeah, ruins, yeah. baby. Yeah. Which is fucking outlandish it looked, that that's not yeah. the wildest And it's, it's, it's not even Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Like, this is, this, is, this is a mid-Halloween film for me as a whole, I think. But I like it more than Kills. But And I like ideas from it. The best thing I can say about it, aside from it still is a competently shot fucking movie, um, we got another banger of a John Carpenter score, so I'm happy with that. There you go. That always delivers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carp- Carpenter is, is the maestro of horror for a fucking reason, and despite the fact that he's like 60 to 70 and probably smokes like three cartons of cigarettes a day, he's still pumping out bangers. God bless mm-hmm. him. Yeah, so that that wraps up our, our disappointments. Yeah, yeah, those are those are our bummers. So, uh, do we want to just roll right into worst? Or yeah. Oh yeah, to... I have not yet begun to gripe. Oh yes, yes, we got. I got some got... serious. I oh, got yeah. some serious giving out to do. So, so I also want to. I just want to, you know, for for listeners of the podcast, new and old. We're going to complain about a lot of these movies, probably movies we've already complained about at length, um, but we want to, just because we hate them or dislike them doesn't mean you are, you, you, your your feelings on them are invalid. Exactly. I have one on my list that if you like it, you are legitimately a less worthy human being with the <laughs> breath that is in your lungs. Oh my God. <laughs> well, and and, and I, I will say like I'm not not trying to hate on people's creations. I know a lot of people worked hard on things, but sometimes shit don't work out. No. no sometimes don't. shit and just we're allowed, don't work out. And and we're allowed to say, hey, we don't like this stuff for X reasons, mm-hmm. and we're not shitting on you. Your yeah. hard work is still valid. We're just saying we didn't like it. Unless yeah. unless you're Yuji Naka, in which case I'm glad you're arrested. Yeah. yeah. If you if you have if you have millions and millions, then yeah, I don't feel as bad for you. But mm-hmm. the the people who worked really hard, the people in the trenches, you probably still did a good job. Just saying. Yes. Um. Cat is okay. Good. So, Lee. All right. So, give us your dishonorables first. Right. So, uh, I I don't have any dishonorable mentions. I oh, I trimmed oh all the fat. I oh I I'm, I just got some serious giving Lean. out. Lean. All right. To to quote George Carlin, uh Ooh. I don't have pet peeves. I have major psychotic fucking hatreds. <laughs> Number 5. 
on my list of the five worst of 2022. I would also like to dip into the Marvel well. Oh my Ooh. god. Oh, uh, shit. This was on my disappointing list for a long while, and then I realized I did just dislike it that much that I Aww. bumped it down to the worst. Um, which sucks because I love Sam Raimi. <gasps> oh boy! Oh, no. Doctor Strange in really? the Multiverse of Madness. Let's go. Ooh, okay. Damn. All right. Here's my problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. Um, admittedly, part of this is. Marvel slash superhero in general burnout. Yes, yes. Um, it ended for me with Endgame. Endgame yeah. was the perfect conclusion to the arc. It was a a nice bow on the story. Done. Yeah. Um, and my brain's also kind of done that thing where it's always kind of kept different criteria, I guess, or like I would watch a Marvel movie and I would leave it going, oh, that was really good. And then in parentheses, mm. for a Marvel movie. Yes. Um, with my one notable exception being what I think is legitimately a fantastic fucking film, uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. I think is yeah, I, just... I, I knew it was going to be one of the Captain Americas because the, the, great. the director duo for that, they're just like, they're mostly making like really solid spy flicks. that's exactly what winter soldier is it's it's a spy thriller and it's fucking excellent yes um but i think they i think they did the gray man which was very appropriately (laughs) named (laughs) let's just say that yeah i heard that was pretty mid yeah so my issue with multiverse of madness um and you know it's got to be bad for me to dunk on multiverses because we hear the goon cast we we dig on multiverses. We dig on multiverses. <laughs> shout out, shout out to yeah. Joey King. We got a frame picture of Joey <laughs> King yeah, right yeah. on the wall. Um, Absolutely. I'm gonna buy a, I'm gonna do that now. I'm gonna get a picture of oh, Joey man. King from Wish Upon. Yeah, it's should. gonna be the moment we, from yeah, right we, we when she hits the wall, a car. We should have the Wall of Fame like RLM. We, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. We should we should have her up there like one of the like icons for like a saint because yes. she is our patron saint. Effectively. She's our patron yeah. saint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My problem, my problem with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is it was beginning to approach what could have been a fantastic idea if they just let it happen, which is they flirted with a full-on Marvel horror movie. There has not been a full Marvel horror movie since Blade. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? There's no one better to do this than Sam Raimi. Yeah. And... There are moments in this film when they start to flirt with the idea. Um, I, I I don't want to get into like super spoiler territory, but I also feel like this movie's been out for a hot minute. It's been out for a while. I think um, you're pretty safe. The villain of the film is the Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. which is interesting because, you know, we've seen her as a member of the Avengers for so long. Mm-hmm. But she's kind of got this tragic story going on. It's yeah. and and she she's, is, I believe, in the comics, kind of. Uh, she goes back and forth a little bit. I think well, in the comics, it's way fucked because she's Magneto's daughter. Exactly. So, like, since exactly. they haven't done the mutant and angle I think she, yet, I think it's... she's responsible for uh, uh, what's it called the the one of the big X Men like universe altering like cataclysmic events probably i mean yeah, yeah the scarlet witch is absurdly powerful i, f- I forget which i forget which one um, it is it's obviously not the phoenix one but right but what what they started doing with this was they let raimi really flex his like evil dead aspects yes. on oh, her yes and absolutely. make her feel for brief moments fucking terrifying huh. and they just needed 
to commit. Yeah. They just needed to say, all right, let's do a yeah. horror film. Yeah. Let's our, our rating. Let's just fucking go. And because of the multiverse aspect, it turns into this big masturbatory. Look at all the references we can throw in where yeah. we've got this big, this group called the Illuminati who, yes, you know, they're in the comics. I, I, I know armchair fucking writers <laughs> stay there. Yeah. But like, oh, look at all these winks and nods of like, look who it is. Yeah. Oh, oh it's you guys, John Krasinski. Yeah, you guys have been begging for John Krasinski to be fucking Mr. Fantastic for years. And now oh, he's in the movie. And yeah, then fucking like... when Charles Xavier rolls into frame in the background, there's one electric guitar riff of the 90s, of the 90s X-Men, X-Men cartoon theme. theme. It's like, oh, like... you bastards. Yeah. yeah, you're like, that's not even he. That's not even him. Like, that's not even the thing he's right. in. Like, oh my god. This, the more I chewed on this movie, it became less of a disappointment, and just, this is a missed opportunity. This could have been something really significant and cool for a a series that is really dying. Yes. None of the Marvel shit lately has been interesting, except for, like, oddly enough, one that I think a lot of people didn't dig on. I loved Shang-Chi. I thought Shang-Chi kicked ass. Yeah, that one was, that one was actually pretty good. Like, I love the villain. Yeah, Will I love Tony Lung. Tony yeah. Lung is fucking great. Yeah, um, yeah. He was when Wu was a really cool antagonist. I mean, I think I think I think the main character did I think the main character was good, but I'm just I'm so bored of Marvel main characters because they all just do the same they do the same shit basically for every single one of them. Like Yeah, and they so write them they write them all the exact same way and it's just not interesting anymore. <laughs> yeah, it, this movie occasionally flirted with some cool ideas, like they had Doctor Strange fight evil Doctor Strange, just like, okay, this is about to be really stupid. But then, like, they're manifesting the notes, like, physical notes of energy of the opera that's playing in the soundtrack to their fight and throwing them at each other. And I'm like, this is fourth wall breaking in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. We yeah. can keep going with this. And they just, I don't know. They had so many opportunities to do cool shit, and they didn't do any of them. That's yeah. kind of been my general problem with, I mean, I've, I've mentioned it before, but I'm just so fucking tired of the avalanche of Marvel stuff. And I think it's kind of starting to show for a lot of other people too, where it's just the sheer volume of Marvel content is mm-hmm. resulting in weaker and weaker products where there's just, yeah. they keep are just, they keep trying to rush to something. And I have not seen anything in phase four admittedly, but one of the biggest things that I keep hearing is it feels as though they're building to nothing, even though they've already announced like what the, the next two Avengers movies are. So they're obviously building to something, but apparently like, Everything feels weird and just this weird tonal mishmash of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I can think of no better way to summarize my disappointment with this movie than this final statement. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is number five on my bottom five worst of the year list. And I saw Black Adam. <laughs> and Black Adam is not on this list. Oh, 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 oh we'll get there. And that movie hey. is a giant. Gigantic piece of shit. I didn't see Black Adam, but oh. all right, cat, oh, you're up. Oh, we'll get there. All right, oh, we'll get there. No oh, spoilers. We'll no spoilers. Okay, so before I get to my number five on my I, worst, I'm sorry. I would have list. loved if you just rolled tied into your right, number five, Black Adam. Listen, it was it was so close, my dude. <laughs> right. It was so close. All right, but I have a dishonorable mention to get to. All right. Um, the. God, I don't even know 
I don't even know why I saw this movie. I don't know why. I don't know why it even made this list, really, because like it was just it was so like a f- like it was clearly trying to poke buttons and be offensive, and yet it decided not to do the thing I thought they were gearing up for, which was hey, present an extremely unlikable protagonist, and then put her through the shit ringer and get her fucking like let us watch her get fucking brutally murdered. Like you see in Barbarian. Uh, points to Barbarian for having a more satisfying ending than this piece of shit. Fucking, I saw Dash Cam. Okay, Fuck I'm not familiar Dash with this one. It's, yeah, I don't know this one. It is a it is a found footage movie about a, uh, uh, God, what even is she? She is a music streamer, um, which means, she's a music car streamer, which means she drives around in her car, like, Ubering people around, and... Like, while she's driving, she will rap. Yeah, this is another horror movie oh. with fucking with a fucking white woman rapping in it. And I'm oh. like, oh my god. And, and yeah, she didn't just, die five minutes in? She didn't, yeah, she oh. didn't die Awful. for the, the entire movie. She didn't die. She she got close, but not close to fucking enough. And she ends up getting, like, you know, this, this guy who's still being nice to her for stupid fucking reasons. Uh, she got him killed. She gets, like, a bunch of people killed. You know, she ends up, like... She, like, goes to London. She's also, like, anti-vax, anti-mask, so it's just, like, she is just unlikable as shit, and you're like, I can't wait to see her get absolutely brutal, brutalized, and alas and alack, she makes it out unscathed, and she's fine, and the movie ends with her rapping over the fucking credits. Fuck you, Dashcam. Anyway. <laughs> oh, that's bad. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk anymore about this one because it didn't even make my fucking list. That's how bad it was. You weren't even good enough for the worst of list, Dashcam. Fuck you. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, my number five. Everyone, I want you to, uh, imagine with me a world where the sequel to The Last of Us is not a new game, but rather... You take that final section of the first game where Joel is running through the hospital to try to save Ellie from the fireflies. You take that and you lengthen it to ten fucking hours where people are constantly saying, Joel, hey, you need to let her go. You need to let her die. Hey, Joel, like, this is really important. Humanity needs this. You're literally going to kill a million people. And you play for 10 hours, and at the end of 10 hours, Joel fucking caps Ellie in the head. <laughs> okay. a tail requiem, baby. <laughs> hey, the rats of us part two. Oh my god. Okay, so, I, I want to preface this by saying that, like, I, I, don't, I don't hate the first game. I think it borrows very heavily from The Last of Us. I don't think that's a problem. Last of Us is a great game. They, you know, they clearly, it's clearly, they loved it very much. And also, they do a lot of really interesting new things in Plague Tale, the first one, right? Um, complete with the twist that at the end, the rat, the plague of rats that's happening, the plague of, like, these supernatural, like, super rats, essentially. Mega rats, yeah. They're being controlled by your brother, by your baby brother. Um, and effectively, like, his illness is sort of this, like, thing that possesses, that's possessing him that, like, gives him this superpower of, like, he can control these things. 
Um, I think the first one had its issues. I think that by the end of the game, I um, basically I thought I thought that they had really really clever puzzle design, and especially like they did a really good job of like building up and incorporating like when you learned a new skill, the puzzles weren't just like oh now you just use your new skill for this. It was how do you combine your new skill with your old skills to get something interesting to solve these puzzles. Mm. That was really interesting. Except at the end, it was just throw rats at them, and that was like the solution for every puzzle. Beautiful. Like whatever. Um, the sequel, uh, doesn't really improve on the gameplay at all. It, the visuals are still fucking gorgeous. Um, although I will say I'm extremely mad that, um, whoever is still in charge of the Chromatic Aberration settings is still at that studio. Guys, Chromatic Aberration, like, small doses. You use it in small doses. Every single time I turn on one of your games, I have to turn off Chromatic Aberration because it looks hideous. It makes your game look awful. Turn it off. Or at least turn it down. Like, this is not just coming from me. This is coming from a professional art director. <laughs> turn it down. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> just so, keep throwing rats at it until it works. <laughs> yeah. But, so, my 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 big problem with Plague Tale is the story. And I know that other people have already commented on this before. I think um, Escapist has a video on it as well. I watched his thing after I finished mine, and I was like, yeah, I agree with this entirely. Basically, the problem is you spend the entire game literally bringing an active nuclear warhead into population centers and then being surprised Pikachu face that it keeps going off. And nice. I'm just like... This is... So, like, literally, the start of the game... And the start of the game, like, also... I will say that they, you have an entire game that built up the relationship between Amicia and Hugo. You do not need cloyingly saccharine scenes of them bonding and playing together to show me that they're so close and, oh, she'd be so sad if anything happened to her brother. I li literally, when the game started, I was like, I'm going to have to kill this kid by the end of it. Like... Literally, the start of the game is like you playing hide and seek and you going and playing and shooting little things and it's all cute and cute and cuddly. And I was like, I'm going to kill this kid. Like, this kid is going to die by the end nice. of Nice. And then I spent the entire game going, okay, maybe they're actually trying something different. Maybe they're doing something. Maybe there's a reason Hugo can't die. And they're just not telling me it yet, right? Maybe I'm discovering that, like, he can't die. He's unkillable. Something like that, right? I spent the whole game thinking, there must be a point to this, right? Like, there, there must be a point that I'm not just, like, like I keep denying that, like, Hugo is responsible for literally killing, like, we have a body count in the millions by the end of this fucking game. And it's all, like, innocent people getting eaten alive by rats. And I'm like, I cannot think of a more horrifying way to, to like, set you against your protagonist. Because I'm just like, stop bringing him to towns. Stop bringing him to cities. What the fuck are you doing? This, like, yes, this kid is sick. Send him to the fucking mountains. And it literally takes them the entire game to go, maybe we should go just hide in the mountains the entire time. I'm like... I love it. And then, and then basically by the end, Hugo ends up, like, separated from Amicia, and he snaps and creates just, like, this, you know, basically a, a, a fucking genocide of rats on a city. And you have to, like fight through the waves to get to him and then it does this very like dreamy bullshit it's it's very like 
end of Death Stranding, and I was so done with oh, this game God. that I'm like, I'm not playing this game with you. I'm literally looking up what I have to do for each of these things because it was like, ooh, solve my riddle to get to the, and I'm just like, no, fuck you. I'm I'm done with you. And then literally the end the, the end of the game is fucking Hugo going, you know what you have to do, Amicia. You know what you have to do, Amicia. You know what you have to do, Amicia. And then it's like playing this like super sad string music as you have to like pull back the fucking like your fucking slingshot aimed at Hugo's fucking face and I oh, am god I am dying of laughter because That's I'm just awesome. like I called this for minute 1 y'all and you you spent you took you you sent me 10 hours through the game to get to this point that I knew I already knew you were going to do like and and you didn't win me over in the meantime you didn't oh, make god. it impactful you didn't make it mean anything like the first game while not perfect was good you should have ended it there Dude, please, please stop. tell me her. Please tell me her slingshot is loaded with a rat. <laughs> oh, I would have loved that. Oh, sadly, no, no. It was just a rock that we sent through his brain. Oh, and then they had the fucking gall to give us a post-credit scene where oh, we see Hugo's body and it twitches. Maybe oh. he's not dead. And I'm like, please leave that child in the fucking ground. Unless it's Do just not. his skin and he's filled with rats. He's filled with rats. Listen, there you fucking go. the real friend was the rats we made along the way. That's true. That's true. The that's, the, that's the, the rats of us. And and now the reason I the reason that I, I gave that disclaimer is because I know I know a lot of people worked very hard on this game. I am not discounting your hard work. I'm just saying that this this was offensive to me. <laughs> like as as a person who likes storytelling and who hates like like i don't want to i don't want to have to compare you to the last of us all the time plague tale like i don't want to have to do it but when you keep doing things so much worse i'm gonna have to and i'm sorry but like stop it get she has spoken as as (laughs) as a quick aside i haven't played the game and i refuse to specifically like again i don't want to discredit the devs hard work or anything like that but if you're going to be releasing a game in 2022 and you're not making a performance mode and your game is locked to 30 frames per second on console at this point i'm not touching your shit i'm sorry bro yeah i'm not going back to that shit you can't you can't do it series x and ps5 support 60 frames a second treat it like a pc version i hear the pc port is also really badly optimized too so but you know that's besides the point I couldn't tell you, yeah. Yeah. I just, I, and, and the thing is, like, I didn't, there were the characters I liked, there were things about the game I liked, but ultimately it did so many things so much worse than the original game that it's just like, this was, this was the worst experience for me. I platinumed the game, by the way. I nice. platinumed it. I hated every minute of it, and I platinumed it. Beautiful. Because the game won't beat me. I literally, literally, I stopped playing it. I stopped, or rather, I should say, I finished, I finished, like, the story, but then you have to, like, go back and do New Game Plus for, for trophy cleanup. I finished the story, and then Pokemon came out, and I was like, I'm gonna switch to Pokemon and do Pokemon stuff. And then once I got my, uh, uh, my Pokedex completed, I sat there and I stared at my PS5 going, should I just stop? <laughs> like, <laughs> But no, I didn't let it beat me. I got that plat, so. Nice. There you go. There you go. But yeah, that's my number five. Is nice. Plague Tale Requiem. Beautiful. No. So I guess it's on to me for dishonorable mentions now. Um, mm-hmm. I have two plus my bonus thing. Um, 
First up is uh, Grave Encounters 2. What a piece of shit. Uh, I really don't have much to say about it outside of I like Grave Encounters 1. Yeah. Um, Lance Preston and his his actor, they're still good in Grave Encounters 2, but... Yeah. Yeah, just what a piece Every, of shit. Everyone else? Holy shit. Yep. Shy yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, the next up is uh, Clock Tower 2, The Struggle Within, also known as Clock Tower oh. Ghost Head. Uh... Oh. Worst entry in the Clock Tower franchise by a country fucking mile. Uh, one caveat, saving grace, is uh, Bates, who's your your alternate persona, like your split personality when, when you're possessed or whatever. Uh, he's voiced by Roger Jackson, and he's pretty great. So it's like, that's nice. All right. Um, hey. It's a uh, nigh-incomprehensible survival horror game. Like, its, it's story makes no fucking sense. I played the whole thing. I, I could barely tell you... Rhyme or reason as to why shit happened. Uh, it's it's just a, a piece of shit. And uh, if you ever decide to uh, uh, subject yourself to this game for whatever fucking reason, I implore you to use a guide because there is a uh, because outside of the just very bad conveyance into like what you're supposed to do and when, like just just you at, at the start of the game, you're not allowed to go upstairs in in your house. And there's no indication as to why you just can't click on it. And then after you go and explore the house a little bit, arbitrarily, you can now go upstairs, but there's no indication that you can. It's it's that level of fuck you <laughs> gameplay. Uh, and on top of that, if you don't do a very specific thing in the first chapter, uh, oh, hours no. later, when you get to chapter three, you're just yeah. automatically killed and get a bad ending. Love it. So you have Love to. It. So in, if if you want to see the quote unquote true ending or get one of the better endings, you got to use a guide because otherwise, if if you don't do some arbitrary point and click or click adventure bullshit, you're just fucked. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a piece of shit. Uh, my special thing that uh, Matt called me a cheater for. Is uh, I'm, I'm taking a page at a Yahtzee's book from the year that that Ride to Hell Retribution came out, and he he didn't put it in his bottom five, and he gave it its own little special award. And I'm doing this for this because I don't want it in my top five, my bottom five or whatever. Uh, so for once, uh, my 2022 congealed failure award goes to Morbius. I'm not gonna say much about it outside of the fact that uh, it solidified my point of uh, I am never watching a comic book adaptation ever again. At least maybe 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 five, ten years from now when shit settles down, but I'm just so fucking tired of comic book shit at this point. And Morbius was just such a fucking vile, contemptuous piece of shit in its its attempts at doing a cinematic universe that I'm just I'm just done. I hate it. But 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 Saber. It's Morbin time. Did you know that vampire bats are the only animal that has evolved to subsist purely off of blood? Yes. Did you know that? I I did. No. I did. I, I also I also know that uh it it's it 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 causes Jared Leto's island of sex perverts. Uh anyways, uh my number five will keep it brief because y'all already touched upon it. It's Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. What a piece of shit. Hey, there we go. Uh, yeah, shit. yeah, it's um yeah. it's it's it was fun to go through on stream. I'll give it that, because I was poking mm -hmm. fun of it and, and whatever and uh, but yeah, I, I really don't want to say much more about it. It was is piece of shit. It's I, it, it runs like shit. It it the characters are shit. I fucking hate pushing olives. Um, Nimona needs to go in the bin, 
and VTuber gym leader needs to go in the bin, and uh, Atticus needs to be buried under in molten lava and forgotten about for all time. And also, why does my why why does my Pokemon have wheels, but it runs around on its feet? Yeah, that you, one's egregious. You, you poor, you poor Scarlet babies. Yeah. <laughs> I, at least I got the dummy mommy cave Over woman. All right, we got a fucking yeah. motorcycle. Yeah, exactly. you got you guys got the motorcycle, but I got the cave woman. All right, yeah. I'm happy That's with my true. cave woman. You got, oh, you got, you oh, got oh, but, but cave woman dummy mommy. Yeah, but us who have gone through the game, did you really get her though? That's true. I mean, really look, I, look, 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 all right? I was mad I couldn't bang Robo-Dad. <laughs> look, look, look. I'm just saying the robot broke down. We can easily just go in there and oh make and drag it out as our own sex robot, all okay. right? Reprogram it. It's what Yoko Taro would yeah. want us to do. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, so I don't want to spend right. any more time on it. Fuck, fuck Pokemon. It's a piece but of yeah. shit. Right. There you go. Well, moving on to number Please. four, then. It's going to be yeah. brief because my number four is higher on someone else's list. Cat hey! Okay. okay, perfect. Uh, I would like to uh, remind you all what Lee said like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> my number four is Black Adam. Hey! <laughs> okay, so I just want to, like, I'm going to I'm gonna be super brief because, like, this, I... The thing is, like, I had no expectations for this, right? And somehow it still managed to be like, what the fuck were they thinking? I have never seen a movie fail so hard to hit its tone and land its jokes. I think there was one time that Will and I genuinely laughed at a joke. Nice. And every other joke, the reaction was, me and Will would turn to each other, mouths agape, and whisper, was that supposed to be funny? Like, <laughs> like that was the level of, like, incredulity in my house watching Black Adam. It was just, it was so, like, uh, first of all, like, I know this is the, I know The Rock, like, wanted to bring this character to the big screen. I know this was, like, his passion project. But he is absolutely the wrong actor for this. Like, oh, fuck like The Rock. He's, he's, like, such a charismatic guy, and then they made him be this, like, really dour, like, man out of time, like, who's just, like, really angry and, like, needs to kill things all the time. And you're just like, that doesn't land at all when it's you. I'm sorry, but... 90% like, of it was him just, like, glaring and scowling. Yeah, and it's just like, that's, like, yeah, that's not... It just, it doesn't play to your strengths, dude, you know? Like, yeah. and it's just, it's just kind of like, maybe, you know, I don't know. It was just, I think Pierce Brosnan was probably the best part. Absolutely. Um, yeah, he didn't, he didn't do anything spectacular. Like, but at like, all. Yeah, like, but like, like, him being on screen was like, oh, that's a, that's a decent performance, you know? Like, I'm like, hey, cool. I and I like uh uh Doctor Fate a lot in the um you know, in Justice League when I watched mm -hmm. that cartoon growing up. Doctor Fate was always a cool character. So I was like, Oh, cool. I like I you know, this is like an interesting take on him, but everything else I was just kinda like, whatever. I, I loved the fact that we had like the the team of superheroes where we had these two young kids that were just like young act like I guess they were young famous people. I think the boy is like a pretty like He's in, like, all of the, like, young adult movies that are coming out now. But, like, basically, like, they didn't... Neither of them did anything. Like, they kept making excuses for them just to, like, not... Like, literally, the girl had such cool powers, and all they made her do was, like, 
pose, and then you'd see like a tornado in the distance. Like, like they were the <laughs> jobbiest of the jobbers. Yeah, it was like it was like why would you give us these cool characters and then just like have them be off screen for like ninety percent of like whatever the fuck they're doing? You just have them like superhero pose, and then like there's effects going on later that like sh- they're doing something. It's just like they weren't important to the movie. Just don't have them in the movie. Yeah, it yeah. was like, oh, Pierce Brosnan was by far the best part of that movie. Oh, Pierce Brosnan didn't phone it in? No, 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 no. He phoned it in. <laughs> yeah, no, you misunderstood. And he was still the best part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you he... misunderstood. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, ultimately I just think like, you know, I, I, I'm not looking forward to the, the, um, DC Cinematic Universe reboot that's going on. Like, that just seems like you guys just, I don't know. I'm I'm not interested in any of that anymore. I'm not interested in anything that DC or Marvel is pumping out. Like, mm-hmm. you guys have kind of wasted all of your goodwill with me. I think I'm gonna yeah. try to spend my time on, like, you know, no, none of my top movies are, like, major franchise movies. None of my top anything is like like most of my top everything is like either indie or it's like you know a, a creator i really like or whatever there's, so it's there's just, i'm just like i'm done with you corporate bullshit <laughs> there's only one cinematic universe i am still invested in and still i'm looking forward to and that's the fucking monster verse and that's because they're taking their sweet ass fucking time and they're not pumping them out and even then even if they did pump them out I'm going to admit, I probably wouldn't mind because I fucking love Godzilla too much to yeah. care. Yeah. Like, e- even if they're bad, I still like them. Because yeah. it's, it's Godzilla. It's yeah, Godzilla. Exactly. I'll gladly wait another two years for the next installment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, Just I mean, give, me, give me Jet Jaguar and yeah. give me Gigan. Yeah. As, as long as Mothra is back, my butt will be in that seat. Yeah. Moth Mama. Moth Mama. Anyway. All right. Fuck Black Adam. Yeah. Black Adam. Hell All yeah. right. So I guess it's my turn, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, without any surprise, my number four is higher on somebody else's list. Hey, Lee, go. Hey. <laughs> all right. Oh, no. <clears throat> so when uh, when Kat was out of all fairness and human decency saying at the beginning of this portion of the Golden Roccos that... We're not insulting you or your taste if you are to like anything that we dislike. Um, yeah, if if you like this, what's wrong with you? Uh, my number three is The Sadness. Oh, this one, yeah, you told me about this. Where oh. I read the Wikipedia okay. synopsis and I got oh. mad. Alright, I'm gonna keep it brief because this movie fucking oh. disgusts me. Uh-huh. Uh, what if there was a, a big zombie outbreak? Okay, yeah, cool. And we're following the early, you know, the early phases of survival, like right as the outbreak is starting. Oh, yeah, that's always the best kind of like zombie survival movie. Awesome. And then what if all of the zombies were brutal rapists? Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's the movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This this movie plays a little bit with like the twenty eight days later formula of they're not strictly zombies. It's like it's heightening their yeah. aggression, their adrenaline. Yeah. It's making them just vicious psychopaths. And 
they just all resort to sexual assault. Cool. I at love le- it. I, I don't exaggerate when I say there's at least a dozen instances of on-screen zombie oh, rape. God damn. Uh, including wow. one person being killed by Skullfuck. Oh my god. Um, it's it's horrible. Yeah, uh, fuck that. Fuck, fuck whoever. Like, fuck you for thinking about that, like, person who made this movie. <laughs> People like, who made these movies. <laughs> Like the the first one occurs in such a way, and with, with with the way it's shot and the way it's presented, it was early enough in the film that we are still led to believe, okay, it's just the zombies are super pissed off and they're like they're rage monsters. Okay, I've seen Twenty Eight Days, love it. And then the first one happens in such a way that it's meant, I think, to be like if it just stayed this one, it'd be like a huge horrifying shock value scene uh-huh. because the way the first one cuts off is just like the the zombie like really quickly takes off its belt and then like lays on top of the victim and then it cuts away and if they just kept it there and just kept it that one you'd Mm -hmm. instantly know oh fuck this is horrible yeah and then it does the goblin slayer thing where it glorifies it oh great cool so um yeah i i hate this movie it it showed a lot of promise from, from like a filmmaking perspective um, great cinematography, good pacing, oddly enough, like it was a well-structured script. Uh, but this was just, uh, a soulless, empty fucking experience. The Sadness is my number three, and I will never speak of this movie again. Cool. Good. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. And that's... there are somehow two things worse. I was gonna say, hey! I can't, I can't believe it. Um, all right. There are um, two things worse than rape the movie. Oh, Let's go. Jesus. Yeah. Well, so that's a hard one to follow. Um, mine is much less offensively bad than that, but like, very good. I, I, I still think it's pretty offensively bad that anyone allows Jared Leto to act anymore. Hey. Um, yeah. Number three is Morbius. All right, it's my number four. Hey, my concealed failure award that I got called a cheater for. Let's go. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I mean, we already we already have a a podcast episode on this, so we'll get too into it. But like, yeah, fuck, fuck Morbius. Nobody should watch Morbius. No, not even for the meme. Not even for the meme. Don't watch it. It's so Uh, bad. It's so. the flawless, like, seamless lead and should have been speaking of sexual assault. Let's talk <laughs> about Jared Leto. Oh, no. L- listen, We'll allegedly. fix it in post. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can't say these things on the internet. Oh, oh but, Jesus. Yeah, no. Fuck, fuck. What a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean. He's, he's an awful person <clears throat> and uh, he makes awful movies. So. The, the only yeah. positive about Morbius is that Sony got gaslighted it gaslighted into re-releasing it in theaters and lost even more money yes i i loved the that's the like the internet sucks in many ways but that was a moment of like pure pure unadulterated joy of just like everyone coming together to be like please (laughs) like we want to see it and then they re-release it to an even worse box office i think yeah yeah and then and then people people tried to start like another Kickstarter, being like, "No, no, we were all busy that weekend. Re-release it, it again. Do it again. <laughs> do it again. Yep. 
I, I'm going to keep my thoughts on this to a bare minimum because we have a whole episode about it. And I, I've re-listened to it, and I think it might be one of our best episodes. So I'm just going to yeah. encourage you all to go listen to the Morbius episode. There you go. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> well, I guess it's on to me. So speaking of vampires, my number three is Countdown oh. Vampires. Oh. Uh, Spicy. Yeah, uh, it's another old survival horror game with a completely incomprehensible fucking plot. Uh, it has some amazingly terrible voice acting. Like, I, I love how terrible the voice acting is. But I, I just to give you an idea, without going too much in detail about Countdown Vampires, um, there's no Wikipedia page on this, and I've looked up online and I can't find any Countdown Vampires Explained videos. I've beaten this game, and similar to Clock Tower 2, I could not fucking tell you what it was about. And this is a game where <clears throat> half of the cinematics and half of the cast of characters do not appear in it until New Game Plus. There's no, like, narrative <laughs> justification for it. What? It's just, they arbitrarily lock off half of the story and half of the cast until New Game Plus. And I, I read about that in advance. That's wild. So I downloaded a save from GameFAQs so I could load into New Game Plus and experience the full story. And I still couldn't fucking tell you what this fucking game is about. It is, it is an incomprehensible fucking mess. A, a, a terrible Resident Evil clone that does just about everything fucking wrong. Um... It's it's just nonsense. The the most interesting thing about it is Capcom purchased the dev team, and that dev team went on to help co-develop Resident Evil Five. So kudos to them. Um, mm -hmm. But it it is it is a it is a a a I can't stop thinking about it. Sort of bad. Of just I I I want to desperately understand what happened in this game. But I, I can't. I don't I don't get it. I don't understand. It does the the only other one thing I can say which ties into the voice like acting is it has possibly one of my favorite lines bad lines in video games of all time. So much so that it's a blurp on my channel. Um and that is before you die, I am going to tell you a secret just to make it so you really don't wanna die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's beautiful it's 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 that's dreadful it's so colossally bad there's it's one, one last thing about it like there's there's this like you see this attractive lady in the opening cinematic in a red dress right and she's one of the characters who's like locked into like new game plus like so even the base opening cinematic you'll see her in the opening cinematic but you never see her throughout the entire game so you just think she's some random npc no, she's she's kind of a major character once you get to disc two, but then when you meet her, the game acts as though you know her and you've met her before. That's how incomprehensible this fucking game is. This is her first introduction, and the Beautiful. game is acting as if you know who she is. <laughs> Beautiful. Like, imagine if you met Ada Wong when you get to the lab in Resident Evil 2, and the, so game, the game treats it as though you've, you've, you've been interacting with her the entire game beautiful that's awful it's stunningly bad 
Uh, and if you want to see me try to make a video essay on what the plot is, donate to Extra Life. Hey! Hell yeah. Nice plug. It's, it's, it's like a $200 incentive because I'd have to fucking replay this goddamn game. But if, <laughs> if you have the money and want to want to see me make a video essay on it, there you go. It's for the kids. It's for, for the, the kids. kids. For the kids. It might take a while because I'd have to replay it, I think, like three or four times <laughs> and study every fucking goddamn scene. Beautiful. Beautiful. All Anyways, right. that's my number Good three. One. All right. <laughs> Count, countdown so, vampires. Um, yeah. There you go. I I feel like my number two. Uh, it was not marked as being higher on someone else's list. So that must mean because I know we all feel very special. We all tied on the release. same number two. I have I have reason to suspect we all might have tied on this one. Should we do a full one eighty? Ah, yes, we sure do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Oh, Although my, 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 mine, mine might be slightly more expensive, but still. Alright. Uh, so I guess let's just Holy all shit. have a giant rant about... It sounds like all three of us have Resident Evil at number two. Yes. Resident so Evil, I, the Netflix I, series. Yeah, the Netflix series. I can't believe... Guys! <laughs> well, actually, mine, mine I, I took a little bit of a play out of James's book. Mine is a combination of Netflix's Resident Evil and Secrets of Rose. Yeah, uh, my mine well, is uh Okay, just res just just the Resident, Resident Evil twenty twenty two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so I can't I can't put I can't put what was it, Rose? Shadows of Rose. Shadows of Rose. Shadows of yeah, Rose. Secrets, Shadows of Rose, I cannot put because I did not play it. So. Okay. Oh well, god, we, I even had the name wrong. Yeah. Wow. We'll keep what a piece we'll, of shit. we'll keep the, the discussion on that brief, but uh, just just as a brief aside, I have been stressing to Kat and Lee that my entire bottom five could have consisted of resident evil material <laughs> because my because my number two spot is resident evil netflix resident evil village shadows of rose resident evil gaiden resident evil survivor 2 code veronica and resident evil revelations one i went through five terrible pieces of resident evil wow. media this year yeah, excellent job on the restraint, not having it be all Resident Evil. Oops, all Resident Evil. Oops, all Resident Evil. Yeah, um... God, yeah. what a piece of shit. Yeah, the Netflix series was just... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm only gonna talk about Netflix, because I didn't, you know, I didn't ex personally experience the other the other stuff that these these poor... Well, you, poor saw, you, you saw the ending of oh, Shadows of Rose, where I, it's just I, the same I, thing I as saw. Village. I saw enough of Shadows of Rose that I was like, cool, <laughs> I'm done with this. Uh, yeah, the, the Netflix series was just, like, incomprehensible. Like, it was, I, like, not sure who it was for because it was a little too fanservice-y for, like, new people to get into, but also it was, like, way too, like, awful in what it did to for, like, older fans to the, get into. The fanservice just pissed me off. Lance, Lance Reddick was the only fucking, like, cool part like I wish we had him as Wesker in a better adaptation. Same. Like mm -hmm. that would have been like honestly, if we had gotten Welcome to Raccoon City, but Lance Reddick was Wesker instead, that would have been like the perfect movie for me. It would have been great. All these people yeah. who are like, "Oh, the Netflix series just really went off the rails when Lance Reddick showed up looking like Blade," and we're all like, "That's when it got interesting. Yeah, that's, that's when it got that good." That's the best part. That's <laughs> the best part of the movie or the series. <laughs> The one, th the one, the one other thing I can say about 2022 is, is for the full 180. Uh, 
Resident Evil Netflix was the least offensive dance sequence of 2022. Yeah, the, least, the least offensive dance sequence of 2022. And it was terrible. Shockingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, at least it had a, there was a point to it. There was a plot point. There was, there was a reason it was in the thing, unlike... Unlike fucking <laughs> Morbius. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Um, yeah, oh. Netflix's Resident Evil was a a a gigantic abortion. It was, uh, I, I we we gave out about it so badly already. Yeah, I I don't I don't want to harp on it too much because it's terrible. Um, I've got to save some vitriol for my number one. Yeah, same. Uh, I'll just make a brief aside of just uh, Gaiden is Resident Evil on Game Boy and done terribly. Uh. Resident Evil Survivor 2 is also really terrible. It's more of an arcade gun con, but it's terrible. Uh, Revelations 1 is it's terrible in its own fucking way, and it's really, really stupid. And uh, Shadows of Rose, it, it was a strong contender for one of the biggest disappointments of the year. Uh, I, I, just don't, I just don't understand how Shadows of Rose's ending cinematic is literally just the ending cinematic of Resident Evil Village. It's just, yeah. It was, it was an awful little story mode. Uh, and then I don't know. They even tried to get like really, really cheeky with the additional content. Like, oh, we have a new character in Mercenaries. You can play as Lady Dimitrescu. And it's like, oh, that's awesome. What can she do? Uh, she throws a vanity. What? Okay. Like literally, like because that. Because she did that in one scene of the game, and oh it was God. like kind of cool that one time she did it. But like it made sense. So that her one time she did it. Her special move when you play as her is she throws a piece of furniture. Cool. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, I didn't even touch mercenaries. I went through third person mode, and it's it's fine, it's interesting, but like the game really wasn't designed for third person. Uh, yeah. I, I I will say. Cheeky kudos to Capcom, where every single time you try to rotate the camera to to view Ethan's face. Ethan turns away from the camera. I was like, that's cute. Uh, that cute. But other than that, yeah, it was, it was kind of a a, reg- a regret buy. Uh, and it made... Mm-hmm. I wasn't a fan of Not a Hero or End of Zoe from Resident Evil 7, even though I love Resident Evil 7. And uh, those are two far superior pieces of downloadable content uh, in mm-hmm. the Resident Evil ser- series. You You know you underperformed. When you release Carl Heisenberg as a playable character, and I didn't give a shit. Yeah. 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 All right. Well. Yeah. Please. <laughs> now that we got that out of the way. <laughs> What's your number one? Since uh, none of the rest of us have to. <laughs> oh boy. Oh lord. Oh boy. Is this? Is this uh-huh. also perhaps a tie? <laughs> this, this, I believe, is also a tie between Kat and I. Because yeah. as we've talked about on the Gooncast, for months after watching this movie, <laughs> I would literally have it pop into my brain and get fucking angry. Uh-huh. I didn't know I you hated mean, Boss Baby that much. I would be... I, I, literally, I literally had a moment where I was sitting... In traffic, oh. and I thought about this film, and I literally white knuckled the steering wheel. And <laughs> Beautiful. Just, just kept keying in on it. Yeah. Fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. That's my yep. number four. Oh yeah, there we oh, go. Oh my god. Yep. Yep. So, yep. Kat, yep. 
Cat, yeah. how do we how do we feel about this movie? Oh my god, still like and like that's the thing. Like I almost forgot that this was something we experienced this year because it is. It did technically come out last year. It can't te- or it technically came out in twenty twenty one, right? But we didn't experience it until like it was like super early in the year. Yeah. And I am I am shocked that nothing dethroned it. But honestly, nothing has even approached the level of rage that I feel thinking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2021. We can't understate the words <laughs> rage and anger enough. This movie isn't like upsetting and like, oh, mm. that was a slog to get through or like uh-uh. you, you hit the credits and you like exhale and go, oh, that sucked. No, this movie viscerally made yeah. us angry. Yeah. The, the <laughs> first... The first person of the, like, the squadron of, like, teenagers slash young people (laughs) killed doesn't have a fucking name. Dude's girlfriend. She is is literally in the subtitles and referred to as so-and-so's girlfriend and not once. We watched it. We we watched it specifically paying attention to does anyone actually say her name? Not once does a single other character refer to this woman by name. And I'm like... I also want to point out, Kat, that I, yeah. I pointed out that I tried to rewatch this oh, recently. I know you did. And I got to the point where she died, and that's when I kind of gave up. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to rewatch the rest of it later. And I never did. And during that, like, I don't know, 20, 30 minute rewatch, yeah, nobody said her name. Not yep. once. Yep. Not once. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, I know, I know it's, oh, dial- it's so bad in dialogue when characters refer to each other by name repeatedly. But like, I just want to hear it once. You at the very least need to tell me one your character's name at a certain point. I don't care how. Yeah, unless have her have her have him introduce her to somebody else. Yeah, I don't give a shit. (laughs) Unless it's like a deliberate plot point. Like I don't know if either of you have seen the movie Layer Cake, but like Mm -hmm. Daniel Craig's character does not have a name, and nobody refers to him as a name, and that's even like the final line of the movie where he's like. My name? Well, if you knew that, you'd be as clever as me. Because he's supposed to be like this incognito drug dealer sort of thing. And he's even credited in the credits as just XXX. Like, you do not get his fucking name. And it's like, okay, that's cute. But she has a name in the credits. Exactly. She has a name. And, like, she has a name on Wikipedia. They just chose, like, like, it was not, this was not an intentional choice by the filmmakers. No. Which is... It's perfectly valid if you if you intentionally don't want me to know the name of, like, your main character or a character or, like, you want everybody to be, like, bullet train everyone's code names, right? We don't know the names of half those characters, but it works because we still know what they're, re- like, know how to refer to them, right? I'm not saying Brad Pitt's character all the time. Literally, you can't refer to her except by her relation to a male character in the movie. Fuck you. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. Yeah, this was... I, I, I can't understand it enough. If I had to make a list of, like, the five worst films I've ever seen, it might be on that list. This is yes. a gigantic waste of time. Yeah. Um, it's pretty bad. The number of times... I, I remember now, I wanted to go back and rewatch the movie to count how many times Leatherface threw his chainsaw. <laughs> or Or how many times he, like, teleports. Yeah! Yeah, yeah. teleports and keeps the whirring engine silent while he's doing it. Yep, yep, yep. Oh just, my god. Just watch Halloween 2018, because it's the same yeah. basic premise, it's, it's but done way movie. better. Yeah, yeah. Fuck like, this movie. 
Yeah, absolutely. Fuck, fuck all the, like, I get it was trying to capitalize on the thing of, like, oh, don't just, like, revitalize the horror film. Like, make the pseudo-sequel that, like, brings back the well-loved character. Like, no one gives a fuck about yeah. those characters. Yeah. And, like, you couldn't even, like, I mean, I know, I believe the actress who originally played her is... Uh, she died, like, five years us. ago, yeah. Yeah, so it's just, like, like why even bother right. bringing this character back? This like, it's character not, it's, it's literally... You're not, you're not like, oh, like it's, it's so and so, this famous scream queen from back in the day. It's just like she's just a random old lady and, who's playing the same character, and we don't even remember this fucking character's name. She's not Laurie Strode. She's it's, not yeah. Ellen Ripley. She's That's, not this like horror legend. I do, but but still, her name's <laughs> yes, Sally, yes. Sally Hardesty. But you yeah. know, it doesn't oh, fucking okay. matter. It doesn't matter. This movie sucks. Your purpose in the movie sucks. Leather fuck. <laughs> Get the yeah. fuck out of here with that movie. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre number one. Absolutely, out absolutely. So I guess this yep. leaves me as the odd man out again. It's becoming a reoccurring gag. It where I, is, where yeah. I watch something worse or play something worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, just, ne- it's just Netflix's Resident Evil in its own spot again. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's Bal and Wonderworld. No. Oh, <laughs> no. Three in a row, baby. Let's go. Fair enough, fair no. Enough. All right, Listen, all right. The, the problem, James, is that you're kind of our canary in the coal mine. Where like you, you play and watch a lot of bad shit, and then mm-hmm. you like warn us. You're like, stay away. <laughs> like, oh, well, that's here's such the thing. That's such a good way to put it. My <laughs> number one has a story attached to it, oh. and you two will immediately know what it is. But I don't want you to spoil it until I say. Okay. It. All, all right. right. We'll, all right. Shut the fuck we'll up, stay quiet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, one of the ideas that I've had for the Gooncast is for us to go and watch every single live-action video game-based movie. And at one point, the three of us sat down and started watching this. Mm-hmm. And we got about ten minutes into it when we decided to turn it off. It was <laughs> terrible, and we decided... It wasn't even worth continuing. Maybe we would revisit it in the future. And I kept sitting there going, this is fucking awful. I kind of want to put it on my list. I feel bad about only watching 10 minutes of it. Oh, God. So, over the course of last week, I tried to watch this on my own. Oh, you poor thing. I tried. And there were countless times where after watching it for a few minutes, I just literally, I just paused the movie and walked away for like a half an hour to an hour. And then I would unpause the movie and another minute would go by and I'd un, I'd just pause it and walk away for another half an hour to an hour. And six glasses of Johnny Walker later. (laughs) I still haven't finished this movie. I got about 30 to 35 minutes in before I just quit. Because I can't watch this on my own. Oh, wow. This movie is Werewolves Within. A, a 2021, I think, horror yeah. comedy with a gigantic question mark based off of some Ubisoft VR game that's basically an adaptation of the card game Werewolf. And the idea is there's this small town, and there's a werewolf, and and they don't know who the werewolf is. It's an interesting, fine enough premise, fine enough to potentially do a comedy bit 
around, but none of the characters are fucking likable, and all the humor falls flat. And I love bad movies, like even even like like Morbius is terrible, but it still can be unintentionally funny. Texas Chainsaw is terrible; it can still be unintentionally funny. A bad comedy. Disagree. disagree. (laughs) Well, I'm just like you know, it could be right. A bad comedy can never really be unintentionally funny. It can just be bad. Yeah. And every fucking joke made me want to fucking die. I just wanted. I just wanted the pain to go away. Nothing was funny. It was all cringe and just insulting and insufferable and just fucking god damn it man fuck that movie well i've got good news if we all get together and watch it cat and i could put it on the list for the third annual golden rock i'd be fine with that i'm down to i'm down to finish it if i I can watch it with people that's the thing i'm like like because the thing is I'm pretty sure when we tried to watch it, we got five minutes, or no, we said, let's give it, let's give it 10 minutes. And we got let's five minutes, minutes in yeah. and we were like, okay, I think I know who it is. If mm-hmm. we can, if we have correctly guessed who it is, like, at, like skip to the end. If we have correctly guessed who the werewolf is, we turn the movie off. And, and lo and behold. <laughs> yeah, yeah so it's, like, it's, it's terrible. It's really it's awful. Horrible. Yeah. I, I, I do want to finish it to say that I fully watched it. But I'm not, I'm not doing this alone. I'm not doing this alone. It's awful. It's insufferable. Fuck this movie. And I don't understand why it has like an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's another fucking Fear Street situation where everybody seems to uh, fucking love it. And I look at the fan response, and the fan response is high, and I don't understand it. Again, if you if you like it, I'm happy for you. I just do not understand you. I do not understand it. Don't. I don't. There's nothing is funny. Nothing is funny. Yep. There's no tension. There's yep. th- it's it's fucking awful. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm oh, uh, I'm glad I only had to sit through 10 minutes of that. <laughs> me too. <laughs> it took me a week to watch 30 minutes. <laughs> oh boy. It's a 90 yep. minute movie. Mhm. Beautiful. Wow. All well, right. All right. Great. Now that we've gotten all that out of our system. I was going to say, great lists, everybody, I think. Cat, we're, we're batting some really similar scores. I know, we really are. <laughs> I, yeah, like, the thing is, I don't, I, don't, I don't tend to consume very bad shit without you guys, so. So we suffer together. We suffer together, and it does, it does make it more bearable, so thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad you fucks now know never to play Balan Wonderworld. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think it's time oh, yeah. to shake off the hate. Yeah. And get into some shit that we really dug all the way to fucking loved. Yeah. By the end of this, so Lee, how about you kick us off with all your right. honorable mentions first? Yes, right? honorable yeah. mentions. I do have. All right, let's we, do it. We all right got a lot, them. so we gotta we gotta just knock them out. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll just I'll just be breezing through these. Uh, yeah. This one is uh, on my honorable mentions because I did not finish it, so I wouldn't feel comfortable putting it into the top ten best. Disco Elysium, um, <laughs> fantastic game, wonderfully Maybe. constructed narrative. Yeah. Um, Maybe it'll be on um, next year. Yes, if I, yeah, if I can finish it, uh, 
this year, which I, I've got a lot of stuff to play, but I really enjoyed Disco, so I, I'll probably get back into it. That's um, yeah, spoilers. Fantastic. That's that's also an honorable mention for me. I also did not Beautiful. finish it. Uh, yeah, it's a action. strong contender for a best of if I if I can finish it. Yeah, excellent fucking story so far. Um, you got to get your dose of Zach Baggins. Demon House, fantastic movie. Um, nope, <laughs> nope was fantastic. That is my honorable mentions. Uh, a game that got a lot of attention and I definitely enjoyed, but I don't know if it was quite worth all the hype. Uh, Stray, but Stray was fantastic. Um, and uh, this one was a bit of a, a surprise. I didn't expect this to come out. It kind of just fell into my lap. And uh, I'm glad it appeared when it did, because I thought it was uh, a nice little treat. Uh, a TV, uh, I shouldn't say TV, a, a series adaptation of Anne Rice's Interview with the Vampire uh, that oh. they put on AMC. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been it, interested in that one. Yeah, it changed quite a few things with the story, but they were all changes that uh, that I thought were they were risky changes, and I think they pulled them all off well. And I overall enjoyed the the final product. And I can't remember the name of the gentleman who they cast to play Lestat, but uh, coming from a guy who grew up watching Interview, and it's in my top ten favorite movies probably of all time. Hey. Uh, this Lestat was better than Tom Cruise. Wow. And that's, nice. uh, that's saying yeah. a lot. Cause that's, that's back when Tom Cruise like gave a shit. Yeah. That's high yeah. praise. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Which yeah. brings me, uh, which brings me to my number 10. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a game that appeared and by sheer word of mouth spread like wildfire, and I thought there is no way it can be this good, and it is that good. Vampire Survivors. I've heard of it. I don't know much on it. This little thing has no right (laughs) to be as good as it is. Absolutely no right. It is a a bullet hell game where... uh, You pick a character, and your attacks kind of automatically, uh, your your attacks automatically take place every couple of seconds. You equip yourself with different uh, weapons and items that you pick up across the field, and then typical bullet hell stuff happens. Monsters keep showing up at random intervals of like 30 seconds to a minute. Uh, You survive as long as you can, but what is beautiful about this game is that there is a fuck-off amount of unlockables. And in this scummy environment that we're in, in gaming, in the 2020s, everything about this should scream microtransactions, and there's not a single one. I love it already. This game, I think, is $4 right now on Steam. And that's it. It's all included. And, uh... Just to show like how much the developer cares, uh, they put out their end of year like wrap up a week or so ago, and uh, they've been getting a lot of people asking, "Hey, like this game seems like tailor made for mobile. Why isn't this game mobile yet?" And they came out and said, "Well, because every single distributor we've spoken to about making Vampire Survivors mobile has asked us about monetizing it and putting in microtransactions." Oh. And we absolutely refuse to yield. There you go. Wow. Fuck. That, that's yeah. great. I, 
So I love literally everything about Vampire Survivors, except I don't like bullet hells. But I'm sitting there like, I almost want to just kick them four bucks just because I like everything else they're doing. Like, I feel you. And bear with me. Bear with me, Kat. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I also don't like bullet hells. Really? Ooh. I don't like them. Okay, well. There is something very calming. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll give it one. a try then. Because this... I, I know um, I, I'm a big fan of um, Stephanie Sterling. Um, and uh, I know they did like some writing content for Vampire Survivors. So I've heard about it through like their channel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, okay. Sounds kind of cool. And then seeing extremely positive feedback from everybody. And now it's on your top 10 list. And I'm just like, yep. ha. <laughs> this, is, this is a game that has very, very, like, simple mechanics. Literally, your only buttons are directionals. That's it. Uh-huh. So this is the best kind of game for just put on a podcast or, you know, nice. some, some other shit you want to focus on and just kind of keep your brain entertained for a bit. Um, it's very good about making the good chemicals happen. There's lots of, like, chests that you pick up that do big explosions and look at all the stuff you got inside of it. And it's no... It shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone that the person who made this game used to make slot machine technology. So they're all about the hitting big rewards and all that stuff. How dare this game have so much shit in it <laughs> and maintain its moral, ethical backbone? How dare you? There's like, no joke, I think there's like 40 to 50 playable characters now. And you can't buy a single one. Fuck them. No. You, got, you got to unlock them. Love it. Damn. Absolutely love it. Yeah, Vampire Survivors number ten on the list. It is fu- it's like three ninety nine. All of you listening to the Gooncast right now, <laughs> go give them your money. Okay, I just bought it. Hell yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Buy it next paycheck. Hell yeah. No, I do. I do. Uh, the things that the things I do for you, Lee. <laughs> yes, right. All right. This is that's a good that's a good one. And, and you sold me. <laughs> Literally. So congrats. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to get going with uh, with some honorable mentions. I've got quite a few, but I'm going to just rattle them off. Uh, the Quarry and House of Ashes have made it to my honorable mentions. Um, they're but- also on mine, baby. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think I think they're both they're both fantastic games. I think I really want. I just, I like I feel like they do they're starting to do think more and more things right super massive and I just I'm just I'm waiting for the game that just like nails it and like gets to my like best of all time list basically just waiting just waiting um then I'm going to say uh Prey and Hellraiser nice. I think both really great franchise movies I think they did you know really interesting um compelling things obviously we've talked at length about both of them um yeah I just I, I adored them uh, Stray has also made my honorable mentions list. Nice. I think it, while it didn't do anything, it didn't break any new ground or do anything particularly compelling in terms of like, you know, game design, world building, et cetera, et cetera. I think what it did do was very cute and charming and just a very nice, you know, six hour experience or whatever. And a dedicated meow button. And a dedicated meow, more games need dedicated meow buttons. That's what God I've been saying. Right. <laughs> um, 
So, uh, and then my last thing that I wanted to add on my honorable mention, very recently I ended up bumping it off my best of list. It was, it was actually right up there. It was neck and neck with another game that I kept on there. Um, and the only reason I ended up bumping it off was because I kind of think it's a little bit cheating because technically I am credited on the game in additional, like additional thanks, additional like credits, um, because I worked at the studio when it was like first being incepted and that's God of War Ragnarok. Um, I think that while I have some issues with it, I think everyone who worked on that game deserves to be, like, super proud. Uh, I'm also, I'm very biased because a lot of people who did work on it are people I know personally, so I am, I am one of those, uh, losers who, like, takes pictures of, like, the credits and then, like, sends it to their friends and is like, oh my god, congrats, I'm so proud of you! Hey, that's um, what I do too, baby, let's yeah, go! Yeah, I was gonna say, that and, sounds like Saber. And, and, and literally, uh, you know, when, when the credits rolled for the first time on Ragnarok, um, which is the, the, you know, I mean, if you played the first God of War, it's the exact same kind of mechanic where, like, you're walking and the credits are showing up, and that's, like, all the studio credits. Uh, I was too busy sobbing to take pictures because I was so proud of my friends who had made this beautiful, touching game. So, yeah, uh, it, it was great. But but it is also a little too close to home. I'm a little bit biased, so I didn't want to, like, put it on, like, oh, number three, you know, like, or whatever. That's fair. Um, Inhale. Quite... <laughs> Boy. Yes. Um but it is great, and I did just want to. I did just want to gush a little bit about it. So very good. Um, but my number ten on the best of list. Um, this one actually, I think, I think if I were to get a little bit more time with it, it might actually be higher on the list. Um, because I really, really, really dug it. Um, cool. So I've been playing a lot of um, TTRPGs, and specifically like you know, looking into more indie stuff, specifically looking into smaller games. Um, because, you know, D&D is great, but at the end of the day, there's other things, there's other systems that do what D&D does better, in, you know, in some regards. Um, so I found a little duet game called The Hour Between Dog and Wolf. Um, and this is a game, this is a game where it is... It is effectively GMless. It, it takes place between two players, and essentially both players sort of act in turn as each other's GM. Interesting. And oh. the, con- the conceit of the TTRPG is that one of you is a serial killer, and the other of you is a detective hunting the other one down. What the fuck? It is so compelling. Like, oh, I just, I want, I, and also I will say that, like, the, you know, it's a it very... As as are most indie TTRPGs, very small creator. Um, the guy actually like when I bought it, like he emailed me personally the code and was like, "How did you even hear about this?" And like, tell me what you think of the game when you play it. And uh, so this is kind of unofficially me replying to you. Um, <laughs> if, if you ever, if, if he ever somehow stumbles across my podcast. Uh, I fucking loved your game, dude. <laughs> um, I have only played one single session of it, so that's why I, like, I definitely want to give it more time. I was the killer in the session. Uh, my friend Hecate, who is a sort of friend of the Goon Squad and, um, will hopefully be on a podcast at some point. Not sort of. Um, Hecate is friend of the Goon Squad. Yes, yes. A- absolutely. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. She's, she's, she's joined us for quite a few watch parties, so Indeed. she's a friend of the Goon Squad. Um, but, uh, um... 
Yeah, so she and I played it, and we were both like, it took us, it took us seven hours because we were still kind of there were there were some rules clarifications that needed to happen, and we were still kind of like getting our footing, but we were like absolutely compelled the entire seven hours. Like we were just like in the zone. None of night. I think we took a break once. Like neither of us needed any stoppage. We were just like, this is so fun because it is effectively you you roll for scenes, you build a story together. It's uh it's so interesting. Um, yeah, you and I are going to talk more about this. Yes, yes, I need this absolutely. in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I think you will dig it, especially. Um, so yeah, that is that is my number ten. Um, Beautiful. I think, yeah, I, I uh, you know, maybe maybe I'll talk more about it the more I play it uh, next next year. But I, I, I really just wanted to get it in on the list because I think it's I think it's that good. I think it's that good that I just made it to like my top ten experiences of the year. <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Good shit. Jam. Mm. So, I expanded my... I, 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 I altered my honorable mentions since we are... You know, you already touched upon Disco Elysium, and, you know, Kat already brought up Quarry and House of Ashes. I'm gonna rapid-fire through this shit real quickly. Uh, Sucker for Love First Date. It's a dating oh. sim where you date eldritch monsters. Oh. It's wonderful. Yes. Uh, yes. It's great. It's fantastic. Yes. I love it. Uh, next up would be Carrier, which is a Dreamcast survival horror game. Uh, it's stupid and it's silly, but it's fun. It's it's a classic survival horror game. I think it, it had a lot of charm to it. It was a lot of fun. Next up is Iru, which is a Japan-only PS1 visual novel survival horror game that uh, I realized about an hour or two in is, is, is Lovecraftian, and that was fucking dope as shit. Uh, there's an English fan translation, so you can actually, like you know, play it if you, you know, want to and everything like that. Uh, Next up would be City Shrouded in Shadow, which is sort of a spinoff of the Disaster Report series, except for you're you're fleeing from kaiju and giant robots attacking the city, and the twist is all the kaiju and giant robots are from licensed properties like Godzilla and Gamera and Ultraman and Evangelion. It's, it's, It's jank. It's Japanese only. So I have no idea what the fuck the plot was, but, you know, my inner kaiju Godzilla fan shit was like, this is great. Uh, it doesn't matter. We saw Mothra yeah. and we lost our shit. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> next yeah. next up is From Software's very first game, uh, Kingsfield. Uh, it's oh, Kingsfield, oh. Japan. Uh, oh I, I love it. It's a it's an old school dungeon crawler, also Japanese only release, but there's an English fan translation. So, you know, if you want to play it, play it. Although, be warned, it's a first-person dungeon crawler, and it was designed before the DualShock was a thing. So, you gotta use the shoulder buttons to strafe and, and look up and down. So, it's a, little, it's a little rough. It's literally the first RPG on the PlayStation. Like, like the PlayStation came out, and then, like, a week later, Kingsfield came out. Uh, Damn. Next up is Knights at the Gates, Night at the Gates of Hell, which is from the uh, developer of the Booty Creek Cheek Freak, so I'm roping that in here. Yeah! Uh, it is basically what I wanted Nightmare of Decay to be, where it is a new retro throwback to old school survival horror, but it has its own fucking identity, and it's the only fucking game that I've played where it's a zombie survival game, and the only fucking way to kill a zombie is to shoot it in the head. So if you're really good at fucking aiming, there's not much difficulty. But Mm -hmm. ammo is scarce, so you gotta be accurate. Uh, next up would be Mortuary Assistant. I don't really want to go into it too much, but it's a great fucking little horror game. Multiple endings. I'm jonesing to go back into it. Next up is Bullet Train. We already briefly mentioned it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, 
Next up is Train to Busan, Korean Kendo all the way. Yes, yeah. Great little uh, Korean you. zombie movie. Uh, and then final honorable mention, Capcom, I love you. Resident Evil isn't all terrible. Resident Evil fucking dead aim. What a batshit crazy fucking yes. journey. Hey. That game was fucking yes. awesome. Hey. Hell yeah. So for my actual number 10, it's cold in here with these demons. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's actually a tie because I just rope it with Demon House and Ghost Adventures, oh, uh, because we saw Demon House at the start of the year, and then as oh. sort of a little gag, uh, for the last couple weeks, and it started yeah. in 2022, I finally started watching Ghost Adventures. Ghost Adventures is a watch party in the Discord. I have a love hate relationship with Zach Baggins. Yeah, I love and hate this man. Yep. But the content he's the, he's the best worst. He's the best worst. The content he produces is hilarious and entertaining, but it's also disgusting and despicable. Uh this is a guilty pleasure for sure. This is the entry on my list Matt gave me shit for. Yeah. Uh, no, no, this almost was my number ten. Amazing. Good. I, I don't feel nearly as bad then. It's like, yeah, look, look, it's this is not good by traditional <laughs> sense, alright? No, no. This not is all. not good. I'm is just it entertaining. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Is it one of the best things you've seen all year? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when his when his, one of his tech guys has a psychotic drug-induced mm -hmm. breakdown and he just wings it as possession, <laughs> fucking yes. art. Yeah, oh it's, it's 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 astounding. Oh. We we rewatched re re Demon House in the Discord with a bunch of people who never saw it. And and their reactions were were also equally amusing of just being disgusted and entertained, and the fact that it really feels like this documentary was made as just a justification as to why Zach Vagans wears glasses now, is Chef's kiss. <laughs> Zach, I love and hate you, man. Please respond mm -hmm. to my tweet asking if if you play Phasmophobia. Uh, oh yeah. Fucking beautiful. Well, yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody in in the last Ghost Adventures watch party. I forgot who. I think it was either Greedy or Emu or or, or somebody oh asked God. if. Oh, I wonder if Zach plays Phasma. It's like I'll find out. And then oh I just tweeted God. him, Ooh. and they were like, "You did not." And I was like, "No, I totally did." Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Hell yeah, we did. No shame on the good. No, guy. no fucking shame. No Answer shame. me, Zach. I love and hate you. I want. I, I want to visit your museum. Yeah, uh, yeah. Although we will, I, pay, we will pay money to go through your fucking yeah. Uh, it, let me let me closet. put it to you this way, man. Yeah. Let me put it this way. Whenever the pandemic ends and I'm able to go to Vegas again, and like let's say it's a three day Vegas trip, like it usually is for me, I'll go every single day, man. I want to go to your. I want to soak in everything in that museum. I want to give oh, you my money. I bought a Discovery Plus subscription after Good watching the first trip. episode. <laughs> Of Ghost I, Adventures. Hell For yeah. real though, like Gooncast on the road, go to Vegas to do <laughs> to do Zach's museum, oh and then we'll god. do a Gooncast from Vegas. Beautiful. Oh my god, that sounds oh, amazing! Shit. I'm yeah, 2023 go. I'm so here for it. Let's oh, go. Yeah. Go. We haven't All taken right. a vacation. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah that'd be fun. Yeah. Wow, so that's right. that's my number oh, yeah. ten. Is, is it's just Zach Baggins. I love Zach you. Baggins, I love. I love yeah. and hate you, man. That's that's a perfect tone setter for like what these lists can be. Like, yes. let Demon House be the fucking <laughs> standard bearer for yes. what we here on the Gooncast consider as the best material of the year. Yeah, I, I I fully understand if anybody watches that and goes, "What a giant piece of shit!" But like, I love it. 
Demon House, absolutely. Could I have filled my top 10 list with all the lewd games on Steam that I played this year? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're gonna make we're gonna make some fucking good decisions here. Yeah. But my number nine is higher on someone else's list. So let's go. Hey. All right. Well, so uh, my number nine, um, it is an older game, but it is, uh, I experienced it for the first time this year. I believe it was actually, not to shout her out twice in in one podcast, uh, I believe it was actually Hecate's suggestion that I play this game. So shout it again to her. Um, Stardew Valley is my number nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I I picked this game up because I was like, you know, I'm kind of jonesing for something a little bit Animal Crossing, a little bit, you know, just like chill vibes to hang out to. Animal Crossing, but less crippling debt. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, And yeah, she was just like, oh, this game is great. And so we started kind of like a little co-op farm together. And then um, it was like it was like me, her and Will. And then both of them kind of just like didn't want to play as much as I did. I got very involved because this is this is my game it was made for me effectively um it is you know it's a very it's a very charming little game uh you know a very very small dev team i believe most of the development was like one guy um you know supported by his significant other and then i believe i believe the only um the only assistance i believe was i think uh programming support for multiplayer later on and possibly some art although i could be misremembering that um but either way like it's just a really solid game i get the hype i get why so many people love it so much because it is it is just that good and that charming yeah Um, like stardew valley is a name that i've heard a lot but i've never i've never gotten hands on with it but it does have this like very charming air of 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 reputation about it yeah Yeah. it's 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 like the it's 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 I haven't played much of it, and I do want to play more of it at some point. But it, it kind of hits a lot of the cast farm. Yeah, it, it hits all the uh, it hits a lot of the same notes as to what I love about the good Harvest, Harvest Moon start uh, yes. story seasons games. Yes, like, yes, and it's, that's it's, yeah. it's charming and it's fun and it's cute. Exactly, exactly, and that's exactly that's exactly what I needed at the moment, and it provided that in spades and then some. You know, and there like there's also some stuff that's like a little bit darker and a little bit like more like sad and depressing but yeah. like it's yeah. it's still mostly very like very good very chill vibes you get into like a nice rhythm you you kind of like plan with each other what you're gonna do will loved the fishing minigames and he just went off and fished like all the time i was like Beautiful. always doing like crop stuff and taking care of the animals and just like yeah i just i loved it it was Oh, it was so much every fun. so often you need something to just cleanse the the cleanse the soul like that. You know, exactly. we yeah. we digest a lot of horror and, and yes. brutality, yeah. and you you just gotta get yeah. the eye bleach sometimes. Yeah. You gotta look at some kittens. Yes, yeah. I, I was I was a hundred percent. I was like you know right there. You know, and I've I've had I've had actually multiple people. So Ashley, who was a guest on the on the podcast as well, um, she also recommended Stardew Valley for me like a couple of years ago. And she hearing that I finally played it was like, oh my god, finally. And I'm like, I know, I know, you were right. And that's why I took so long to get here, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, <laughs> I know me. And literally, wait, let me let me check my Steam real quick. Uh, I, I, I ended up going for, like, the perfection system. 
um, which I didn't, I actually have not attained yet, but I've kind of fallen off it because um, I had, I had a very, a singular frustrating moment, which was that um, I was trying to farm uh, rainbow jellies, rainbow jelly from rainbow slimes. And apparently there is a small percentage chance that a rainbow slime spawns as a, like, um, like an extra special slime, where it's like, and then it will not drop the jelly that I needed for the quest. And so I literally spent, like, a week in-game, like, going down into the caves and, like, like you know, constantly spawning jellies to kill to try to get a rainbow jelly, and it spawned, <laughs> and I killed it, and the thing didn't drop, and I was like, what the fuck? And I messaged Hecate, like, what the fuck? And she looked it up, and she was like... I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, there, it's oh. like a one. It's like one percent of one percent chance that this happens. And Beautiful. I was, like, I was like, cool. I think that's it. <laughs> like, I think I think we're done for now with this game. I, as much as I love it, I'm like, please, please, Stardew, you can't. <laughs> don't don't screw me on RNG like that, please. Um, so yeah, I have uh, I have 191 hours in Stardew. Beautiful <laughs> from this year. So yeah, I liked it a lot. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. I guess it's so my turn. Yeah. yeah. So uh, speaking of eye bleach, um, my number nine is higher on somebody else's list. So Lee. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, oh, number uh, eight, baby. Wow. Awkward. Because <laughs> my number eight's also higher on someone else's list. Let's go! Oh, me again. Welcome to baby. the cat power hour. Uh, Man, I hope this, I hope this plays out for the rest of the list. <laughs> Welcome to the boneless grief clown circus bonanza. I do. I do actually have a thing to talk about. All right. Uh, you know, it's also that I think I think a lot of our stuff that we watch together that's really good, we do tend to, you know, like, I, I'm assuming probably a lot of the stuff is going to be stuff that's, like, on my list is the highest, because I also have a couple stuff that's high up that that is higher on somebody else's list. But my low stuff tended to be stuff I watched by myself. My number eight is something that I was trying to get all of you to watch as well. Um, but, uh, and, and actually, funnily enough, it was recommended to me by the same people that recommended Barbarian as, like, mind-blowing. So, I was kind of like, okay, this one I actually got right. Okay. So, I don't, I don't fault them entirely for, like, their tastes are still pretty good, in my, in my opinion. Just, just maybe not their, maybe their experience is not as storied if we're you will. all allowed <laughs> one barbarian yes exactly um so my number eight is a netflix film called incantation mm. um okay. yeah it is so i've I, I think i've i think i mentioned this before on the podcast because specifically because i was like oh i want uh the rest of you to watch it with me i want you know the rest of you uh you know like to to, to join me on this um, it is, I believe, Taiwanese, I want to say. Yes, it is Taiwanese. Um, so it is, a, it is a Taiwanese found footage movie. Uh, and it is, um, specifically one done sort of in the style of a documentary. Um, or at the very least, there is, like, editing done after the fact. And that is, like, explicit in the fiction of the, of the piece. You know, like, it's not, it's not trying to be like, oh, this oh. is all... 
this, shot yeah, time. this this one. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, yeah. Kat, but I remember I mentioned yep. messaged you about this because I saw a a video review of this actually in the last month or two. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, okay. where I was like, is incantation that I, that that found footage movie you mentioned? You're like, yes, yes, it is. And I was like, okay, yeah. cool. So it's been on my yeah. list of shit to watch, but I intentionally held off because my list was already too fucking stacked. Yes, yes. So I I would love to do a watch party this year, which means I'm not going to talk about the main reason that this is on my list. Um I will I will I will shade it a little bit in that um this movie did something um with its like finale with its with its conclusion that I have never seen a found footage movie do. And it did it in such a an interesting, compelling way that it like stuck with me afterwards for a very long time. And I was I was thinking about like how this is how you do found footage, right? Like this is this is effectively how you should use this like canvas, this paintbrush to like affect your audience. Like this is the kind of like almost almost bringing found footage to like an artistic level. And I'm like, I dig it. I dig it a lot. So. Yeah, because of that incantation number eight. Um, Hell yeah! Yeah, I highly, highly recommend it to people. Um, if you want to, if you want to watch it, um, I will say it's it, like again, it's like I don't necessarily think it's super scary because I, I personally don't get scared by horror movies really anymore. Like it's very rare for that to happen to me. But I can recognize that like it does thing. It does a lot of really compelling things. There are some really interesting visuals. Uh, it does a lot of like, you know, um. Yeah, it's just it's it's fascinating. The 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 kind of like cyclical build up to the the finale is just uh, it's so good. Uh, anyway, hell yeah, my number eight. Love it. So for my number eight, it was potentially going to be a tie instead, but I decided to not do yeah. that. <laughs> um, and I didn't want to bump out my nine and number ten slot. But my number eight is One Cut of the Dead. The tie was going to be with Train, Train to Busan. Um, gotcha. I, I didn't want to have two indie foreign film zombie movies on my list. Which is sure, why yeah. I, 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 of the two, I picked this one because of how wholesome and fun the finale of this is. It, yes. I, the... Honestly, the I considered I considered putting this one on my best. This was on my list of like contenders. Um, the only reason I think I didn't was because I think I would have preferred knowing the, or like having some hint as to the twist going sure. in. Um, like I think I think it would have been more. I think watching it a second time, I will appreciate so much more. I actually haven't sat down and watched it again, but yeah, yeah. I, can, I I know you loved it. I, I, I <laughs> did. I yeah. I sitting down to watch it and being like, what the fuck is wrong with this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, e- even with that first chunk of the movie, as rough as it can be on your first watch, uh, I do also appreciate just the technical insanity of filming that 40 minutes without fucking cutting. That must have been a fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's on Shudder. Uh, watch it oh, yeah. or don't. I don't care. No, I like it. Watch. You should watch it. It's it's great. <laughs> it's, it's genuinely really, really good. Like, just just know that, like, 
the, the beginning is a setup to a punchline. That's, yes. That's the only thing I want to, that's the only thing I would, I would have loved going in to have known that, that like, it's, it, the comedy part is coming kind of thing. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Wait, wait, yeah. wait for the 40, 42 minute mark. I, I know that sounds like a, a, a it's no, a it's steep price, it. but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's yeah. It's yeah. So that I don't really have much else to say. Just it was. I love how wholesome and fun the the final chunk of that movie was. Yeah. When yeah. There's there's a lot of aspects that the final act brings together, and it it does so very well. It's yeah. A, it's a good flick. Hell yeah. Okay. <clears throat> well, I get to talk about something. Oh hey. Hey. And uh, it kind of rolls right into the same idea of soul bleach of some good good vibes and yeah. nice positivity and you know, a little bit of light in the darkness with all the violence and imagery that we consume on a daily basis. Sometimes you just want to go on a wholesome adventure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you want to look at a good pair of thighs while you do it. Let's go inside! <laughs> Atelier Riza, Ever Darkness and the Secret Hideout. This 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 was a potential honorable mention of mine because I, I didn't get far enough into it, but I do plan on revisiting it. It's a fucking wholesome game. This game this really game cool. is just so cool. Like yeah. you know, the 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 jokes aside, like, yeah, okay, they've got a cute cast of characters, but mm-hmm. th- this game has just such a such a lighthearted little approach which it's so low stakes. I'm led to believe is a constant trend throughout the Atelier series, so I'm interested to try a few more of them out. But the major gimmick of this game is just digging into the crafting. It's a, it's a game kind of built around a, an elaborate crafting system that's got some really interesting levels of depth to it. Um, and it's not, like, super difficult to get into. Like, I guess some of the other Atelier games have a much steeper learning curve as far as, like, how to do the, the best levels of crafting. But this one has a very smooth introduction to it. You work out the gimmicks of it pretty quickly. And then you're just along for the ride as yeah. this spunky, adorable character with her friends getting into trouble and, and hunting down monsters. And just, it's just wholesome. It's just so good. Yeah. You know, it's a fun romp. Um, You're not getting anything heavy about it. Like, it weirdly enough does become a fate of the world story and it didn't really need to, but it's okay that it did. Yeah. Um, it's just a really good time. I, I, I'm probably not going to go too much deeper into it uh, because we're going to be seeing the release of Atelier Rise of three this year. Mm-hmm. And I will definitely be finishing two and three this year. So I think I'll say more about the franchise as a whole when we get to that point. Sounds good. Um, yeah. But um, I had I had a really fun time playing Atelier Riza. It was just the kind of breath of fresh air that I needed to kind of like just lift the spirits. You know, I think yeah. I, like as soon as I started playing this, I told I told my two wonderful co-hosts here like I just need to get away from all like the brutality and shit for a while. And yeah. Just, I just need to farm. Yeah. And, uh, damn, it felt good. The the one thing I want to interject, uh, because Kat, like, her motivation for becoming an alchemist is fucking amazing. She Mm -hmm. sees another alchemist Mm -hmm. use, like, a potion thing that causes something to explode, and she thinks (laughs) the idea of something exploding is so fucking cool, and she wants to make things explode. 
that's that's your motivation for becoming yeah. an alchemist. Every that's every awesome. other time you've got that, it's like, oh, like you know, I want to use the philosopher's stone to like turn shit into gold, or like I want to cure the sick of their ailments. Rise is like, yo, oh, I could get oh, a rhyme with this. <laughs> it's, it's, Rise is it's like, adorable. I could cause some real chaos. It's amazing. fucking adorable. Amazing. Yeah, great cast. Yeah, Rise is an amazing protagonist. Um, you got a stupid little Melvin on the team. Oh, yeah. Claudia's best girl. You got the you fucking know, himbo dude. Oh, f- oh, redheaded himbo guy. Oh, yeah. It's it's a it's a great game. Atelier Riza, Ever Darkness, and The Secret Hideout is my number seven. Cool. Hell, yeah. Excellent. All right. My number seven? It's higher on somebody else's list. Go! (laughs) All right. The suspense was killing me. (laughs) My number seven is frequently cited as the best game in this particular franchise. Uh, Partly sometimes as a meme. Partly sometimes as genuine. And that game is Jack Bros. It is a uh, spin-off to the Shin Megami Tensei franchise. It is a It is a dungeon crawler. It was on the Virtual Boy Cat. It is unironically the best Virtual Boy game. Uh like it's it's just a fun little dungeon crawling romp. It is a little fucking hard uh and a little fucking frustrating, but it was charming and it was fun and it's got a bopping fucking soundtrack and it's very light hearted in terms of like its plot. The basic premise is like every day on Halloween, the, the, the fairies get to visit the real world and, and they have to be back home by midnight. Otherwise they disappear forever. And the Jack brothers, Jack Frost, Pyro Jack and Jack the Ripper, they always push it a little too hard with their partying with the humans and it's 11 p.m. and they got an hour to make it home before they disappear forever. And you gotta you gotta go through like six or seven dungeons and uh, make it home in time before you disappear. And it's just a cute little cute little cute little game. Looks pretty good can, for a virtual movie game. Has a bopping soundtrack. It's you fun. You get to play as Best Boy Jack yeah, Frost. Yeah, you get to play as Jack Frost, Ink Sun. It's great. It's charming. It's fun. It's a little fucking hard, just like typical Mega Ten games. But it's not it's not an RPG. You just go around and you shoot shit and go through a dungeon and, and try to collect time. Like that's the other gimmick. You don't even have a life bar, you have a timer. So you have to like progress through the floors of the dungeon and you have a timer. And if the timer hits zero, you die. And you pick up time as like to, to get more, but every single time you get hit by an enemy or a trap, you lose time. So it's this little little bit of a stress thing. But yeah, it's it's yeah. it's fun. It's neat. I would love to see this to another console and maybe given proper non-red and black graphics. Mm-hmm. But this was the perfect game to play on Halloween. It was neat. Hell yeah. Good pick. I was I was wondering about that one making an appearance on your list, and I was... It's, it's nice to see it a little on the higher upside. Yeah. I thought, I thought it'd be like honorable mentions, but damn, you dug it. Yeah, no, it was, it was a lot yeah. of fun, and I, 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 I want to go through it again on Halloween of this year to check out... Uh, Pyro Jack and uh, Jack Ripper. And I know there's a, a fourth playable character who's Pixie. So, like, may- maybe I could do all, all three. We'll see. Nice. All right. Good pick. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Number six. 
Uh, this is one that the first time I digested it, uh, I knew I really liked it. Uh, I I didn't know if it was in the in the ranks of the ten best, but the more I sat on it, the more I came to appreciate it. Um, obviously, the source material that it is playing off of is something very close to my heart, which you all would know. Mikatsu? If you no, if you <laughs> listened to the first annual Golden Rockos, in which. I spoke the highest praise of Cyberpunk 2077. Number six is Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Nice. I still haven't seen it, but I want to. This is uh, okay. this is a Netflix original anime series from Studio Trigger, mm-hmm. who brought us uh, the delightful romp Kill the Kill. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so Edge Runners takes place in the Cyberpunk 2077 universe and breathes to life all the beauty and scuzziness of Night City. It really brings you into this universe, and it is absolutely a love letter for the people who played the game. It it loves to... Every uh, every location in the anime is directly pulled from, like, a street corner of the game. Nice. You can track every single piece of the anime in the game. Which is just so cool. That's beautiful. Um, small, um, small shout out to my husband because uh, he actually has some art in Cyberpunk Edge Runner. Hell yeah. yeah! Yeah, yeah. He he was he was commissioned with a group of uh, other artists that he knows um, to do. I think they were each commissioned for five of the billboards. So oh, very cool! Five billboards, and uh, so if you've seen if you've seen Edge Runners and you saw the cat therapy billboard, do you remember that one? Seeing a seeing a picture of a cat with like some cybernetic stuff on it. Oh, I think so. That does yeah. sound familiar. That is that is Will's. And oh, that's that is, awesome. The cat is based on uh, Tybalt. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's such a fantastic little little story um you know mercenary and his and his crew getting into getting into an, an in over their heads adventure um there's there's a little bit of a shift that takes place uh about halfway through the series um that i i will not spoil anything about this because i fully believe if you're an anime fan you should just check this one out um but there's a bit of a time skip that goes on and I can see the tonal shift of it maybe messing with some people who are getting involved, you know, in the storyline. But mm. ride it out. It's fucking great. Um, mm-hmm. Really colorful, diverse, interesting cast of characters. Um, nice. I've spoken ad nauseum on the podcast before about nothing gets me going better than a team of people between the numbers of like six and ten. Mm-hmm. Who all get along like total bros and have unique personalities or weapons, mm-hmm. and this is fucking one of them. You get the crew, and each one's a specialist, and you know one's the fucking weirdo, and one's the quiet brooding one, and one's the loudmouth leader with the grenade launcher arm. It's just like yeah, nice. <laughs> and studio triggers like yeah, and we got this. We got this spunky psychotic short stack with a shotgun and pigtails, and the writers are like. 
can we like talk about this character and studio trigger put their foot down and said quote no the lowly stays yeah <laughs> god bless Jesus them christ <laughs> Fucking and trigger. i'm glad Amazing. they did because unironically she is the best character in the show <laughs> cyberpunk yeah. edge runners is a strong number six nice yeah very good love it uh okay my number six so uh this was actually the only film this year that i saw in theaters Mm. um because i am still pretty um pretty opposed to big public gatherings uh especially in uh indoors so uh um i've been i've been very very peculiar about which 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 films i see Mm -hmm. um and uh, this one, I feel like, is kind of prime Goon Squad material because uh, we dig so much on multiverses here. Mm-hmm. So my number six is Everything Everywhere All at Once. I must say that you are talking to the right audience because this is my number nine. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was just about to ask, actually, yeah. if, it was, if it was on your list. Yeah, I don't absolutely. know if I don't think James has seen it yet. Uh, so that just means we have to show it to him so that it can be on his list for next year. Uh, yeah, um, fucking great. yeah uh, it's 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 one of those things that I want to watch, but I've been holding off on. Yeah, but uh, it is. Oh, God, it's a brilliant movie. It's like I. I cried so much during this film. (laughs) It is, it is so good and so heart wrenching. It's, uh, you know, you've got is kind of a piece of shit. (laughs) Like really? I mean, that's kind of the best way to describe her. She's, she's awful. She's, she's kind of a failure at like a lot of different things. She's, you know, failing to keep her business running, she's failing in her marriage, she's failing her daughter, she's, like, she's just, she's, she's a, she's kind of a piece of shit, and, um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's essentially all about, sort of, like, there is a, there is a very grandiose plot that happens that involves multiverses and, you know, like, a lot of, of, very insane jumping between universes back mm-hmm. and forth um but ultimately it's this like really beautiful character study of like this woman and all of the different things she could have been and like ultimately it's about her accepting who she is and trying to be the best self that like her circumstances allow and it's just it's ugh, it's so beautiful it's it's a movie about missed opportunities it's about making the best of situations. It's about family. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Shout out to Joey I mean, King because of multiverses. <laughs> yes, shout out to Joey King. Shout out to um, Joey King. Yeah, and I just like uh the line the line that still gets me like always is um there's a there's a multiverse where she did not uh, follow her husband to America and instead oh, stayed in China. Yeah. yeah, and like became a became a famous actress. So she's like rich and famous and wonderful and like she runs into him again because you know that's kind of always the point of multiverses, right? Is that like not necessarily that you're fated to to know to know people, but that like circumstances always kind of like bring you into the same circles. 
stand or, users or are drawn to. to stand users. Exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah, sort of like while, like, you know, as she's kind of like jumping between universes, trying to like get abilities from her different selves, um, she sort of ends up like seeing seeing him again. And, you know, they're like talking together. I think, I think like, I don't even remember necessarily like the whole context of the scene, but she sort of spills the beans on like everything. I think, I think it's after she died, right? Like in one of the other universes. So she's like getting like rocketed through a bunch of them and she's like freaking out in this one and like just trying to hide from the villain who is her daughter, Twist. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, the line is just, even though you've broken my heart yet again, I wanted to say in another life, I would have really liked just doing laundry and taxes with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like, even now I'm like, I can barely say that line without crying because I'm just like, it's so beautiful. And so like, nice. Oh, it's just, it's just a wonderful, wonderful film. And it'll, yeah, it'll make, it'll, it'll break your heart. It'll make you cry. Um, it's hard to watch too. I think it's like, you know, it very much gets into mother daughter familial relationships that are mm-hmm. hard to hard to see. I think too if you um I also don't know necessarily like I I don't think this is the case. I think this movie still resonates with people who are not who did not grow up with like Asian families. Will wanted to see it specifically because of that. Um I know that just from like my experience with like his with you know being in his family for ten years, it has like a lot of stuff that happened on screen. I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I recognize that. That's a very that's a very Asian grandpa thing to do, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I I still think that ultimately it's a very human story, and that the specifics don't matter, and that I think you could still get a lot out of it, even if you are not, um, you know, of Asian descent or. Uh, you know, like e- even if you've never owned a rice cooker, kind of thing, right? Like it's like you're you're still gonna you're still gonna get sort of like what they're what they're driving at, and it it it, it is hard to watch, right? Like mm-hmm. that is that is the point, it, like because I I actually had this I had this uh discussion with Caroline because she was very much like I think you only liked it because of your family ties because I couldn't watch it because of my family ties, and I'm like. No, <laughs> like, I don't think that's it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I was just excited to see, like, oh, like, you know, my family represented on screen, right? Like, I think it was literally just, like, it's just a good film. <laughs> and it's, yeah. you know, it, it even if you have a flawed protagonist, I think it's just yeah, I, I a think very good film. I, I haven't seen it, but I can already just say that, like, at least for me anyway, having a flawed protagonist is much more interesting for me. Yes. And... I've been a fan of Michelle Yeoh's for fucking years, oh, like ever since oh. I saw her in Jackie Chan's Super Cop. Oh my god, she's she, she is and, a literal fucking goddess. Yeah, yeah she's she's, she's, she's fucking, fucking, fucking wonderful, and like she's fucking even brilliant. even if I didn't know anything about this movie, just the fact that she is headlining this movie had me interested. Because I am a big fan of hers. Her father is national treasure James Hall. Yeah, big trouble little title is go. And I know um short rounds actor. I I don't know his name. I know he's in it and supposedly he's really fucking good. He no, he's that's that's her husband. Yeah. And I will I will also say that like the the actress who plays her daughter, I had never seen her in anything before. Holy shit. Beautiful. 
Holy shit. She's wonderful. Yeah, this... She is the the range. The range on her. Nice. I am like, I cannot wait to see what this woman does for the rest yeah, of her career. That's, because... that's what Michelle Yeoh was saying in like all the press for the movie. She's like, okay, everybody who's saying I'm great, I appreciate that. You need to look at my co-star. Yeah, yeah, no. Like, I mean, yes. Like, like, like just, I, I genuinely like she is gonna yeah if if she if she is not a star at michelle's at michelle yo's level or like you know higher uh something is fucking terribly terribly wrong with this timeline <laughs> yeah this this this, <laughs> this, is, this is a movie that i i really wanted to see and just for whatever reason i never got around to it and then i've had mm-hmm. a lot of opportunities to see it but i've deliberately chosen not to just because my list was already so fucking stacked and yeah. I wanted to save some shit for 2023. Like, there's a lot of stuff on my honorable mentions that I didn't mention because I yeah. I wanted to like save it for when I this, when I would have proper time and shit like that. This was a hard year to narrow down. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was ultimately there were there like my top my top three. I think were really easy for me, but like, oof, picking, I, picking out the rest, I was like, I I counted. Right, the um, like I, I I did bring up my Excel sheet, right, and I counted like my list of honorable mentions. I I rambled off on like ten of them. Overall, there yeah. were twenty potentials of yeah. honorable mentions. And in terms of like stuff that like I didn't finish, like we are we, Disco Elysium and Riza already got brought up, but oh. there's eight others that I didn't finish yeah. that I yeah. I really want. Like I didn't want to bring it up because it's like they're so fucking good. I, I'm gonna put them on hold and wait. And and there's I had this whole fucking list of other movies like or just material like cyberpunk and and everywhere everything all at once of mm-hmm. just stuff I, I desperately want to consume. But just this year's already fucking stacked. <laughs> I'm eating too good. I need to I need to save yeah. something in case 2023 yeah, turns yeah. out to be a barren wasteland of garbage. Well, yep. yeah, well, all right. Lee and I are gonna make you sit down and watch everything everywhere all at once. Then. I'm done. Yeah, let's let's make it a fucking podcast. I'm gonna gush about it more. Sob, I'm gonna sob my eyes out. And Beautiful. Again, and it'll Beautiful. be fucking worth it. Um, but yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody should, everybody should watch this. It's a good movie. Good yeah. shit. Beautiful. Yep. All right. That was my all number right. six. All right. What you so, got? My number six is my 2022 game of the year. Ooh. It is my. It is the game that came out in 2022 that is my game of the year, and that is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge, baby. Hey, nice. uh, nice. I am a. I don't know if I've really ever mentioned it too much on this podcast, but I'm a fucking huge Ninja Turtles fan. Like my diet as a kid was TMNT, Godzilla movies, and Universal Monster movies. Like that was my shit. And I fucking adored Turtles in Time on the Super Nintendo. And the moment, like, I'm kind of very against licensed games for the most part at this point, because I feel like a lot of them are like big AAA licensed games that take away from development of other games. Like, I don't want to, like, poo-poo or shit on people who are, like, super excited for something like the Guardians of the Galaxy game that IDOS Montreal did. But, like, when I saw that got announced, I was like, cool, that means I'm not getting another Deus Ex for years. Or, like, when Indiana Jones got announced by Machine Games, I was like, great, this means I'm not getting another Wolfenstein for years. 
but this is a little indie indie dev that made this thing and they poured so much heart and fucking soul into this goddamn game they brought back as many of the original voice actors from the the, the original animated series as they could so like all the ninja turtles are voiced by their original actors it plays just like turtles in time and and the first tmnt arcade game just six players because now splitter's playable and april o'neill's playable and casey jones is fucking playable uh it is a packed fucking game there's 16 goddamn levels and there's so many so many fucking bosses in this game some of whom I don't even remember being in the animated series, like Tempestra. Like, when I saw her, I was like, who the fuck is Tempestra? Yeah, and she's in, like, one episode or something. Yeah, it's, like, so many deep-cut references, and just the OST is such a fucking banger. And then I... Wu-Tang! Then, yeah, they got fucking parts of members of the Wu-Tang Clan to do a, a, a brand-new 2022 Ooh, TMNT rap for its theme. Holy shit! They got Mike Patton from Faith No More to do a cover of the classic animated series TMNT theme. Like, there's so much fucking heart and soul and love pumped into this fucking arcade beat-em-up thing. I fucking adore this goddamn game. It is, it's, it's a quick playthrough. Arcade or story mode will take you, like, I don't know, an hour and a half to two hours tops. Uh, but at least for me, with all the different playable characters and how fun it fucking is, and, and they just added in, like, custom games so you can, like, really fine-tune your arcade experience, uh, uh, and, and all that other crazy shit. Each turtle has, like, unique taunts and animations and, and move lists. It's, it's, god damn, this game fucking slaps so fucking hard. Yeah, I'm not even that much of an arcade beat 'em up guy, and this game was fire. Yeah, yeah. it's the yeah, game. Same. The, I, it's yeah. chaos playing it in six players. Oh yes, you, it is. <laughs> but it's so much fun. You, you can't tell what anything that's going on. Yeah, that's you great. have no idea, and you're just steamrolling <laughs> through everything, unless it's on like mm-hmm. super hard difficulty. But it's mm-hmm. so much fun. Yeah, it's absolutely. so silly. And and shout out to Bebop and Rocksteady for being a good pair of goons. Yeah, and the, the fucking second to last boss is spoilers fighting the Statue of Liberty. It's so fucking oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. I forgot. It's it's yeah. like I was like, oh my god, are we fighting the statue? Oh my god, we're this is the best shit ever. Yeah, uh, that's that's my number six. Choice. My twenty my twenty twenty two goatee. Of, of just a game that came out in 2022, because I, I don't want to spoil shit, but there's a couple games on here that I like more, but they didn't come out in 2022, so, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Good good shit. That's a really good pick. Oh, yeah. All right, number five. Number five. All right, time for time for Lee to go on his music rant. Hey! All right. Oh, oh. All right. What a fucking year for the music I listened to. This <laughs> is whittling down... My my album of the year was really tricky this year. Um, there were some major releases that uh, that were to varying degrees of success. Uh, the Halo Effect, which is a new super group that was formed of ex-members of In Flames and Dark Tranquility got together and released their debut and it fucking slapped. 
And then my uh, my favorite progressive singer and frontman of my favorite band, Dream Theater, James Labrie, dropped a new solo record, and it just wasn't that good. Uh, but there were some absolute fucking threats this year for for my favorite album. Um, we had a, a synth wave album from Dance with the Dead called Driven to Madness that had an intro by John Carpenter that was fantastic. Wink me that. Um, yeah, we had um, one of my one of my favorite bands and Saber's favorite band, Poets of the Fall, put out Ghost Lights, which actually of their entire catalog is my number three favorite record of theirs, mm. uh, just behind Temple of Thought and Twilight Theater. Um, but the all time champion of this year uh, was a band that I just got into this year, which blew me away. They're a group called Lorna Shore. They dropped a record called Pain Remains. Lorna Shore has been a deathcore band for a number of years, but just within the last two years, they got a new vocalist named Will Ramos. And this young man's voice is a fucking weapon. He is making sounds with his voice that as someone who's followed different like guttural styles of vocals and heavy music for my entire adult life, some of the shit he does with his voice, I don't understand. There is a video on YouTube of him going to a throat specialist and they put a camera down his throat while he's singing. And the doctor's just like, what is happening? <laughs> like, this dude is medically a marvel. Wow. And so he released an EP. Uh, it was either, I think it was late 2021. They put out an EP. They had a single on it called To the Hellfire. And it started trending on TikTok and shit because at the end of the song, he starts screeching like a goblin pig hybrid and uh, it started trending. So there was a lot of attention on them for their their new full record coming out. And they dropped this fucking thing called Pain Remains. Holy fuck. I. I. I can't describe this record without talking about how it ends. It ends in a three-part... It, it's a trilogy ending. It's the Pain Remains trilogy, one, two, and three. And it's the most, like, touching love story that I've heard in a long time, which I love when heavy metal crosses over into that, like, unexpected turf of, like, all this screeching and screaming, and it's like, what's he singing about? And you're just like, oh, Jesus. Like, what? Like, oh yeah, sure. Yeah. This this album is so full of soul and talent and heart-wrenching moments, epicness. The entire vibe of the record, as heavy as it gets, is backed with powerful symphonic elements and or and orchestral elements. Um, everything sounds grandiose, everything sounds powerful. It's an all-killer, no filler album. There's not a single song on here that you skip. Everything from Sun Eater to the Painter Mains trilogy at the very end, it is it's a masterclass of heavy metal. Um, this might be like as far as standalone records. Uh, if I had to do a list of like top maybe twenty or twenty five best metal albums of all time, it'd be somewhere on this list. It's nice, fucking astounding. So Pain Remains by Lorna Shore. And then honorable music shout-outs to Ghost Lights, Poets of the Fall, and uh, the Halo Effects debut, and Dance with the Dead, because John Carpenter's synthwave needs a fucking shout-out. I fucking love Carpenter, so yeah, send, send, send me a link to that. 
Oh yeah, that that slaps. I'll show yeah. you that one. Amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. God, I, I love metal. My number five is some uh, is higher on someone else's list. So. Hey. <laughs> All right. So I guess it's my turn. Yeah. So, to no one's surprise, <laughs> my number five is higher on somebody's list. Hey, Lee, go with your number four. <laughs> oh my God. To no one's surprise, my number four is actually higher on someone else's list. Let's take a moment to appreciate this. We're getting down to some dank shit in this top we four. We really are. If truly, we're just pushing the list up and up. Truly. I can't. Oh, I can't. I oh, can't this wait. is bad. Okay. All right. All right. My number four, though, now is something I can talk about. Right. However, I am not going to be talking extensively about it because we have, not because we've already talked about it, but because we have a podcast planned already oh. to talk about it mm-hmm. and its entirety. But my number four was JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean. That's my number five, baby. Yeah. That yeah. was, that was, uh. For 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 a reference, that was my honorable mention of last year because mm-hmm. only part one came out, and I was like, yes. "Look, I don't, I I love it so far, yes, but I don't want to put it in my top ten because we still have the rest of the fucking series, and it maybe I doubt it, but it could have dropped the ball, and it 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 very well could have, it very well could have, but it, well could have, but it, it didn't, <laughs> it fucking didn't, mm-hmm. and uh, I I again I don't want to go into De- too many details because we we are going to do a podcast where where we're going to talk about the entirety of JoJo's, mm-hmm. and to my knowledge, Lee, you still haven't seen the entirety of uh, uh, Stone Ocean yet. Yes. yes, yeah. The only thing I will say is, uh, I Cat was there for it, and I, I I think it was just me and Cat, I, I and Will. Uh, but uh, the final episode, the ending credits, I lost my shit. Yes, that's all I can say. Yes. It was perfect. It was, it was... Oh my god. It was so... Like, I... I mean, just the, the whole of it, which I know I did not experience the whole of it in, in, in 2022, but... Same. I, I love Jolene. I love her squad. He is so great. Her, except for Anasui. Fuck Anasui. <laughs> yes. Yes. Fuck Anasui. But, um... I love Poochie. I loved... Like, all of the weird new stand powers that we got to experience. Just, like, yeah. oh my god, so, so yeah. amazing. This, this, I, is, oh. this is my first time watching an entire part dubbed. And uh, shout out to Kira Buckland <gasps> for yes, fulfilling her dream of playing Jolene Cujo. Yes. And, sh- and shout out to fucking Young Yeah. Yeah. YouTuber Young Yeah for Yeah. it. Yeah. As Poochie. Holy yeah. shit. Poochie yeah. sounds in fucking nothing like Young Yeah. Like Young Yeah has a very distinct voice. Uh-huh. And Poochie sounds nothing. He was, so, he was so good. They were all so good. I like the voice acting for it's, the English actors solid. for JoJo has like I've ugh, like I I, I, I I love them all. <laughs> I still want to go back and watch it subbed because I've seen mm-hmm. all of it subbed and I know Julian's voice actress was, was like, that was, I think it's her first or second role. 
Amazing. Uh, I've heard I've heard clips of her, her and she sounds job. yeah. It was her dream job, and so good. Apparently, after recording her final scene, she broke down in tears, and Anasui's yeah. voice actor gave her a bouquet of roses for killing it. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I I, I don't want to go into details, but there's certain voice actors who come back that I want to hear do their lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. But yeah, it's yeah. Fucking Stone Ocean slaps so goddamn hard. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll, yeah. yeah, we're we're gonna we do will, a JoJo episode. In yeah, the near we're future. Yeah. we're planning. We're planning to have Niku Niku guest again. Yeah, so we're gonna do like a whole retrospective and talk about like our favorite jo- JoJo's, our favorite teams, our favorite seasons, our favorite villains. Like it's mm-hmm. gonna be great. It's gonna be like a whole fucking thing. Yeah. It, the stars just haven't aligned yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I expect with a with a podcast like that, we're gonna have some spicy takes. Oh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'll, I'll give a small, I'll give a small spicy take now, just to just to wet everyone's oh, just whistle. to wet the palate. Yeah, yeah. And, and I already know it's a controversial one because it's a new, it's a newer opinion that I've I've settled on. Mm-hmm. Diavolo is my favorite villain. Oh, <laughs> that is yeah. spicy as fuck. How does he work? Does uh, Crimson does work, work, baby. Does Diavolo. I, it I just been, works, baby. I have like like one of my friends is still working working their way through JoJo, and I've been like dying to send them that clip, and I'm just like, mm, I can't yet yeah. until you're there. But oh my god, it's oh, it's Hecate. Hecate, Hecate, if you're listening to this, finish it, it up, Hecate. please. Hecate, finish, please. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh yeah. Oh. All right. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so I guess it's my number four. Uh, I've already gushed about this a few times on the podcast. Oh, I think I know. I don't want to go too in-depth on it, but my number four is Rule of Rose. Oh. Beautiful. It is PlayStation 2 survival horror game. Uh, Full disclosure, the game plays like absolute fucking shit. The combat is fucking awful. This is the one where you had to download a... Or... I don't download a save. I downloaded a save to get bonus weapons. Yeah, to make the combat more bearable. Um, And like the dev team themselves are like, please do that. (laughs) Yeah, the the dev team are like, yeah, no, the combat sucks. We were really rushed. We were really inexperienced. Yeah. Uh, This is also one of those games where, as I mentioned earlier with fucking Kuon, this is part of that holy trinity trinity of uh, PS2 survival horror games, where this is one of the most expensive PlayStation 2 games of all time. You're lucky if you can find a used copy for anything less than 500 bucks. Like, it is rare. Uh, this game had its launch fucked because of controversy. Made-up controversy, primarily in Europe, where people, government officials and whatnot, who, who didn't even play the game, but like kind of like maybe saw the trailer and formulated their own opinions, started making up assumptions about the game that it contained underage eroticism and child torture and child murder, despite the fact that literally none of those fucking things are in the fucking game. Uh, it, it, there's a, there's a sequence that like politicians were like, there's a child who's buried alive. Literally in the game, it is a uh, 20-year-old woman who is thrown in a coffin as part of a hazing ritual, and said coffin is put on an airship, so she's not even fucking buried alive. Uh, yeah, so, like, it, its launch was straight up canceled in numerous 
European countries, which is part of the uh, another reason as to why it's rare. Uh, in Japan, this was a Sony-produced title, but because of the controversy, Sony decided to not publish it, which led to 505 Games publishing it, I believe, in Europe, and I think Atlas publishing it in the West. I can't remember the U.S. publisher. Either way, it's a very hard-to-get game. I don't want to go too in-depth into it. The game, the reason why I love it is because of its narrative. This is the only fucking game I have ever played in my almost four years of consistently streaming on Twitch where I was in fucking tears crying at the ending. So what I'm going to, what I'm going to do is if you're not down with emulation, and you're not down to spend 500 some odd bucks on fucking buying this piece of shit playing PS2 game. So I'm going to recommend a YouTube video, and I'm also going to link it to you guys as well. I might have linked it to you guys yeah. at some point. You might have uh, at some point, but I've since forgotten. Yeah, it, it's by a YouTube channel called Ragnar Rocks. He, uh-huh. he does a lot of super in-depth video essays and analyses of primarily horror video games. And this is an hour and 15 minute video essay on Rule of Rose. It is called A Journey Through Rule of Rose, Monsters of the Week. I think it is important to watch it if you're interested in this game. Uh, I'm going to even just throw it in the description of of this particular Gooncast episode. uh, Because I want more people to experience Rule of Rose. But I totally understand if you can't or won't play it. Especially because, again... Big asterisk, the combat is fucking dog shit, even by survival <laughs> horror standards. It is infuriatingly bad. It is it is a bit of a slog to fucking play. With with one of the bosses in particular, the Mermaid Queen being a big <laughs> fucking giant rage-inducing thing, where I think I yeah. use save states to get through it. Mm. Um its narrative is so fucking strong. I would say that this and Silent Hill 2 for me are tied for the best narrative in a survival horror game. Wow. It is it is on par with Silent Hill 2, and without getting into details, it dives into similar subject matter. It is a dark and heavy, fucked up, depressing game, and it ripped my fucking heart out. And also, full disclosure, this is the other two, this is one of the other two PS2 survival horror games where it's about a young woman and a dog companion. Both came out around in, within a year of each other. It's Hunting Ground mm-hmm. and Rule of Rose. I played both. I love right. both. But mm-hmm. uh, while Hunting Ground plays better, Rule of Rose's narrative is, is one of the most impactful and powerful and emotionally draining things I've ever experienced. And for me, for horror... That's what I look for in a horror game. I don't want jump scares. I want something that just makes me feel something creeped out or weird or emotionally drained or or something. And it's beautifully beautifully written and I I cannot recommend it enough. If if Rule of Rose had a halfway competent combat system, would it break your top 3? Yes. Okay. Yes. Nice. Yes, it's it's its its strengths stem from its narrative, but like if if I if if I exclude the narrative, 
and it, I'm just talking about like the actual like combat, then it's shite. This would be bottom. <laughs> yeah. This would be bottom five. That's how bad <laughs> the combat is. Okay. Uh, but yeah, final thought on Rule of Rose is uh, Brown, your dog, is one of the two best boys in in video games, and the other the other best boy is Huey from Haunting Ground, the other dog. Yeah. They're both precious. <laughs> <Yes>. Protect them both. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Okay. Top three? Yeah, we're cracking into the top three. Yeah, top let's three. go. Oh. All right. I, have a, I have a feeling that we're going to start to see stuff that was uh, lower on somebody else's list show up. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, my number three has made an appearance already. My number three was in someone's honorable mentions. Mm. My number three is Prey. Oh. Oh. Interesting. Um, Prey. Prey did everything that these newer sequels should be doing. Mm-hmm. And it did it all right. Yeah. Um. I, I will keep my thoughts brief because we have a whole episode on Prey in which I gave out about it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the greatest action movie protagonists we've had in years. Mm-hmm. A great representation of an iconic movie monster. Well-paced. Great idea for a setting. And I've I've come to the conclusion that after putting nostalgia goggles aside, folks, I like Prey better than Predator. Unfriending, un- unfollowed, wow. unsubscribed. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. Wow. I remember that still being a like, ooh, maybe, maybe no. not. Yeah. I, I settled on well, it. I, I, I'm, wow. I'm fine with it. It's a damn good movie. Nice. It is a, yes, it is a fantastic movie. It was, it was on my top 10 list for a very long time and just, Ended up getting edged yeah, out. Yeah, it it was one of my honorable mentions that I did not mention. Mm-hmm. Yep, I yeah. I adore yeah, yeah. this movie. Um, it's can't sing its praises enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've got a whole fucking rant on the podcast about it. So go go listen to that episode. Fucking pray oh, number yeah. three. Beautiful. Okay, my number three. Somehow, except I'm not surprised at all is higher on somebody else's list. Let's go! <laughs> yeah. This was so a good jam. year. This was, was a good a year. very good year, yeah. <laughs> My number three is one of the earliest pieces of media I consumed in 2022. And I have you to thank for it, Lee. You're the one who introduced it to me. Uh, some people might consider it a bit of a cheat, but fuck you. It's my list. Mm-hmm. Who are you? What are you doing here? Yeah. Number three is Kendo's Cut slash Kendo's yes. Cut Uncut, oh baby. Yes. Uh, yeah, this is a uh, it's yes. a it's a mod, which is why it may be considered a cheat. It's a mod no. for Resident Evil no, Two. It's not cheating. Um, I'm so happy. Yeah, it's it's uh. <laughs> I'm squirming in my chair. It's pumping my fist like Tiger Woods before the divorce. <laughs> it is a mod for the PC version of Resident Evil 2. Uh, original 1998 Resident Evil 2. And it asks, the mod asks one simple question. 
what would happen if Robert Kendo, the gun shop owner you meet very briefly at the start of Resident Evil 2, who, who tragically dies due to zombies, survives the attack at, at, at the gun shop? And the answer is a giant fucking shitpost. This is one of the funniest fucking things I have played, so much so that despite the fact that I had already gone through it in January, I, I just arbitrarily decided, you know, my back-to-ghoul list is already fucking stacked. I'm gonna go through this shit again, because it was so fucking funny. And it still was so fucking funny the second time I went through it. It is complete fucking nonsense. And considering the fact that, like, they play voice lines for Robert Kendo Cat, but they literally only have, like, a, a, a small handful of lines to work with. Oh, he has, like, five it. lines throughout the yeah, entire of game. Course. Of course. So they keep, having, about yeah, that. they keep having to recycle these lines, especially as Kendo cries. Ah, ah. Yeah. And it's, it's the funniest fucking shit. It is, it is fucking oh. absurdist humor. This shit is nonsense. Yeah. But there's also somehow a a well thought out multiverse plot <laughs> in it. It is it. You'll have I don't I I you might have seen bits of it, cat, through clips or from me streaming oh, it. Oh, I, I, um, I, I tuned in once or twice to a stream. I saw. I want to say I saw the um uh, the tyrant fight. Oh yeah, where where it's just Leon. Oh, sorry, darling. Where yeah. it's just Leon with the yes. stars logo on his dick. Yes. Um, there's there's also, like, in Kendo's Cut Uncut, uh, Leon straight up gets murdered by a zombie, and then he's, like, crawling around, still barely alive, throughout the rest of the campaign. And there's one part where you go and you meet, as Claire, Brian Irons, right? The, the sex pervert police chief. And in, like, in OG Resident Evil 2, he's got the corpse of the mayor's dead daughter on his desk that he plans on doing, like, taxidermy on. But in Kendo's Cut Uncut, it's a shirtless Leon model. <laughs> and poor Leon, like, even gets blown in half by a shotgun at one point, accidentally. Oh my god! <laughs> and he loses an arm as well, and he's just still crawling throughout the rest of it to try to catch up. Like, the ending of Kendo's Cut Uncut is, like, or Kendo's Cut, the first one, is you're still playing as Leon, and you get to this one room that is normally locked off until scenario B, and it's it's playing the Ada death scene, where Ada got smacked by the tyrant and is dying, but Kendo is, like, consoling her, and she and Kendo kiss, and Leon is so butthurt at getting cucked that he throws himself into the molten lava and kills himself, <laughs> and then you just play as Kendo for the remainder of Kendo's cut. And then Kendo's cut uncut, you're playing as Claire, and it gets... It starts diving into Resident Evil 1.5 stuff, and there's, like, a mutated Steve Crocodile? It's, 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 it's... <laughs> it is the... It, it is a fucking wild fucking mod. A two-part mod. Kendo's cut and Kendo's cut uncut. Uh, I highly fucking recommend going through them. Uh, OG Resident Evil 2 on PC is not currently available for sale, and this is this mod is specifically only compatible with an English-patched version of the Japanese PC release. So Capcom, if you're listening, 
And since I'm in the Capcom Creators Program, I hope you're listening. Release release OG Resident Evil 2 on GOG so I can give you like the 10, 20 bucks to buy the PC version. You can find the game. Otherwise, I'm not condoning or, or encouraging that, but... We can get this trending. Fuck release the Snyder Cut. Release the Kendo Cut. cut. (laughs) Absolutely. Modders, any modders listening to this, please, make Kendo's Cut for Resident Evil 2 Remake. I want to see it. Kendo Kendo is the hero we needed to face the evil of Inferno. Is is Kendo in uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake? Yeah, very briefly. Okay, okay. He's, He's only in Leon's campaign... And they made his shit a bit more tragic. Like, it's when you leave okay. the police station before you go to the sewers, you run into him, and, and he's the one with the sick daughter who's infected. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. and, and his thing is much more tragic and much more somber in the remake. Uh, he's, but just, yeah. Except, uh, except. <laughs> just, just. We can, we can make it better. <laughs> we can, we have we, the technology. We have the technology. We can improve him. Yeah, no. Uh, oh, I love it. Fucking, if, you, if, 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 if you're unfamiliar with it, Play it if you can. If you can't, watch anybody's YouTube video or Twitch stream on it. Watch mine. Watch Runebees. Watch watch anybody's. It is a fucking wild goddamn ride. It is insane. And I'm probably gonna go through it again for a third time some point this year. It's that good. Oh my god. Hell yeah. It's so good. Fucking do it, bro. Hell yeah. All right. Number two. Number two. I'm gonna. I'm only gonna say a little bit about this one because uh, one of you still needs to play it. Ooh. Oh. Number two is Near Automata. Yeah, let's oh. fucking go. Okay, go. Yeah, it's cat. Cat, play it, please. Okay. Okay. <laughs> then, then you can finally stop giving me shit for nine asses Jesus. of villain. <laughs> so. Jesus. So, uh, one of the one of the great deities of the goon cast, Yokotaro, blessed us. I need a frame photo of him too. <laughs> blessed us with with two great gifts: endless, limitless sadness and android booty. And yep. uh, we eaten good. Nier Automata. <laughs> Nier Automata. It, it, mm, how do I put this succinctly? Uh, it does a lot of things brilliantly with a third-person action combat system that I don't think get talked about enough. Um, yeah. it, it dabbles with sort of like a, a parrying dodge system. Uh, it's kind of similar to like Witch, uh, Witch Time from Bayonetta. Yeah. Um, really fluid combat, really fun combat, a few different weapon varieties. Um, but the strength of this thing is the narrative. Yeah. The narrative of Nier Automata is engrossing. It is captivating. Um, it requires multiple playthroughs in different scenarios from different viewpoints to yeah. get the whole story. And while this next statement is going to sound cryptic as fuck, it is the way that Saber phrased it to me, and it is accurate and doesn't spoil a damn thing. It is one of the most powerful endings to any piece of media, but can only be done in a video game. Yeah. Hands down. It is, it is, I don't want to spoil it, but like, it's, the the ending 
the proper ending of this game can only be done in video games. And it's yep. something that I desperately want to see video games do more of. And it is quite possibly one of my, if not my favorite video game ending because of it. And it is just so emotionally powerful to the point where, again, not spoilers. And it, I'm not even saying if it's happy tears or sad tears, but I can't even listen to that ending credits theme without tearing up anymore. It is, yeah. it is, it is insane what they managed to accomplish. It's the first time Taro's writing has ever been matched by good gameplay. Uh, because as I've mentioned before, like with one of my top favorite games of all time, uh, Taro's work is notorious for having a really mid at best really shit gameplay usually due to budget or time mm -hmm. um or just being titled dragon guard <laughs> uh but automata it was in the unique position where a talented dev team was given the reins to taro's work and i i've mentioned it to you guys off gooncast but one of the things the only reason why this game exists is because of Taro's producer friend, uh, Saito. I forgot his first name. He's a big wig producer on the uh, uh, Dragon Quest franchise, and he's worked with Yoko Taro constantly. And at some point, before Automata was greenlit, he approached the higher-ups at Square Enix and flat-out told them, if you don't let Yoko Taro make another game, I quit. Damn. He gambled his entire career on that, and somehow the team, they, they got Platinum Games involved, who's a very talented dev team outside of an occasional miss, uh, and it was given an appropriate budget, and it was given an appropriate dev time. And, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad this is on your list, Lee, and I'm so glad that you finally got to play it, and I really still want you to play it, Kat. I really I want will. you to play it. I know you will. Everybody calm down. <laughs> I gifted you this game right before the pandemic started on my birthday. I know, I know. It's... And it pissed you off because you're like, what the fuck, this is your birthday. <laughs> yes, it did piss me off. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, I'm just, I'm starting the stream. It's like, oh, by the way, Caroline Cat, here you go. Like, you motherfuckers. Yes. Oh my yeah, God. This, yeah. this game. Um... And it's got an anime coming out too soon. Oh, yeah, this, cool. this month. Very yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, um, ab yeah, absolutely astounding game, incredible story. Um, why Yoko Taro wants to make me feel this way, I don't know. I don't know what I did wrong, <laughs> I don't know why he wants to hurt me. Yoko, yeah, that's just Yoko Taro, man. And he, I do. <laughs> my favorite thing about him is he still does not understand why he has a fan base. No. <laughs> especially, no. especially pre automata, where he's just like. My games are terrible. Why do people play them? And like all, all of the all of the promotional stuff too, which I love about him is he's constant. Like his composer that he's been working with since Dragon since Near, right? His the, the music in Automata is great, and the music in Near and Drakengard Three is great. And he constantly shits on his composer just by like my composer's too good. He wins too many awards. Please, please stop telling him he's good. He's getting an <laughs> ego. <laughs> the same thing with like Saito is like Saito is too good of a producer. Stop it! Stop giving I mean, him praise. Well, he's right. The soundtrack to Automata is one of the the 
most well-rounded, like perfect gaming soundtracks. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic. A beautiful song, um, despair. Uh, there's so many bipolar nightmare. Bipolar Um, nightmare. Yeah. Um. God. Well, I I want to know the. uh, Hold on. I have it on my fucking. And of course, what's the what's the song that your wife sings? Oh, 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 uh, Song of the Ancients Fade. Song of the Ancients. Although yeah, that's that's Song of the Ancients Atonement, but still, it's it's still in the game. Uh, what, what is it? Uh, Birth of a Wish slash Become as Gods. Holy oh, fucking become shit. Become as Gods, yes. It's, it's so good. It's The OST is so good. And yeah. it is it is just... Like, without without spoiling it, like, by, just going into Bipolar Nightmare Cat, um, it, it plays with a boss fight, right? And every single one of the boss's attacks is synced up perfectly to the song because the boss is a robot opera singer and this is a dance. Beautiful. It is incredible. Like you are you are her dance partner. And you have to like counter her via this. It is it is well, incredible. That, that one's a beautiful song, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's... yeah. Just oh, goddamn! So amazing, amazing. It, it's, so it's, I'm, happy, I'm happy for both of you, and slowly backing out of the room. <laughs> no, you're you're playing it. God damn it! I'm gonna. I don't care if I gotta tie you down or gift oh you on God. Steam so you have two copies of it. God damn it! <laughs> don't don't I, even think I, about I'd, it. I'd I'd like to point out uh, that I'm the one with near on their list, and I'm not being nearly as freaky about this as Saber is. I, I know. Yeah. I know. Listen, I listen. With that being said. I will help him. You're playing it, all right? All right, all right. I want you to understand why I made 9S no, a it's, villain. Listen, no, listen. It's, it's... After, after Pentiment, I well, uh, I I do technically have plans to. Don't actually, make any promises. Don't. I have I have plans to start Disco Elysium because uh, y- yeah. y'all y'all talking about it and enough oh. other people talking about it are like this is yes. the game I need to play. But yeah, it's pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, great piece of great piece of music. Uh, great piece of storytelling. Yoko Taro is too wonderful for this world. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Oh man, how do you feel about like your characters getting looted in like Rule Thirty Four art?" He's like, "That's ridiculous. Send me all of it." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he, there's there's literally a tweet because Bless there were him. also people who were like. There are people who are bitching about it as well. And he's like, you know, I keep hearing about like all this rule 34 art of, of these characters. And it's kind of a pain to like try to track it all down. So if somebody could like download it all and put it in a zip and send Into it to me, yeah. I would greatly appreciate it. And then like a day later, he just tweets out the internet is wonderful. <laughs> Bless you. I, I love, oh, I love that God. man. Like yeah. wh- one of my favorite comments from him was from the director uh, about the director of the near mobile game near near reincarnation and this was like in the announcement like thing like you know it's a press conference announcing it and he just straight up goes yeah i really hate this game's director because he's more attractive than me <laughs> i fucking love this man for just not giving a shit and just being a giant walking shit post I love them. <laughs> so yeah, in so many words, Nier Automata number two. Beautiful. I love it. Fantastic. Okay. My my number two. Um probably to no one's surprise. Uh I had actually planned to rewatch this before the podcast and sort of ran out of time and 
sort of never got in the right headspace to. Um, but that's a feckin' lie. <laughs> no, you're wrong. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um. So my number two is Mad God. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um. I talked at length about this when we um when we did our podcast episode about it. Uh I was the one who recommended this this movie. Um it is still it is still free on Shutter, so I, I still highly recommend it. Um and just I didn't like, like it and I highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it is I love animation. I love stop motion animation. And much as I enjoy the work of studios like Leica or studios like the Walton Gromit studio, I forget what the actual studio and the name is. Um, I, I'm tired of of kids movies. I want I yeah. want I want to see animation that is more grown up. You know, like I I I like I like the way anime handles it, where they've got you know basically anime is just a it's a it's a medium, right? And it's it's got countless fucking genres and i yeah. want to see i want to see more of that in mainstream and phil Tippett is a fucking genius he really I, is yeah just like uh, uh, mind blown i can't wait to i'm gonna i'm probably gonna pick up the like like blu-ray or like steelbook or something for this because i'm just like i you you know this this movie brought me back to my roots as you know as a Former animator, as a especially especially a former stop motion animator, um, it's just it's 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 everything that made me fall in love fall in love with um, that genre. It's a you know it's a horror movie on top of it. Uh, it's just it's just art, you know. Whether whether you love it or you hate it, like there is so much artistry in this movie. Hundred hundred percent agreed. Like again, I yeah. I didn't like it. And I don't know no. why I don't like it, but I still highly recommend it. And on a technical level, that movie is oh. is astounding. Yeah, it is. It is. I believe, what twenty seven years in the making or something like that, right? Something like he that. Started, it, it, he started yeah, it twenty seven long time ago. Yeah, it yeah. beats. It's it's that means it's uh what 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 twice as good as Boyhood because Boyhood took ten years to make. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. By that metric alone, <laughs> is by is the on the boyhood scale. Judge. Yeah, it's it's two and a half boyhoods. Yes. <laughs> oh, but um, but yeah. I mean, it's just it's like I I I want to I want to see more of Phil. I want to see I want to see more animators, more artists inspired to do what he does and. Mm -hmm you know, to get the opportunity to do what he's done. I I just, I like, I want more of it, and I can't fucking wait. I can't Beautiful. fucking wait. So, yeah, it's yeah. a hell of a movie. Yeah. Yeah, a hell of a yeah. Movie. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for all of you for, for joining me on that um, yeah, I, and, yeah. and, and indulging me. <laughs> it's, it's the only, it, it's the only movie I, I or, or thing that I have experienced this year where I didn't like it, but I don't regret it. Yeah. Like, yeah. again, I probably will rewatch it, and maybe at some point I might like it, or maybe can properly articulate why I don't like it. But yeah. it's something yeah. that sticks with you, and yes. at the very least, on a, on a technical level, everyone should see it. It's, yes. it's weird and fucked up, 
but mm-hmm. it is so technically impressive. Yeah, I, I, I know I mentioned this to the two of you, but I can't remember if I said it on the podcast. Mad God is the third movie now in my my tier of films that are fantastic, and I never want to watch them ever again. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you mentioned yep. that on the podcast. Requiem for a Dream, Grave of the Fireflies, oh. Mad God. Oh, yes. Yeah. Great fucking films, all Great of them. Films, and yes. I have no desire for varying reasons to see <laughs> any of them again. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, that's my number two. Oh, Hell right. Yeah. Rock on. Yeah. Well, my number two, to no one's feckin' surprise, is the Banshees <laughs> of Inisherin. Oh, yeah. That, that was that was my number three. Hey. All right. That's my number yeah. eight. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I'll, uh, it's I'll, like it's a good fucking movie or something. Uh, yeah, this is whatever. The, this is uh, hands down my favorite film of the year. Mm-hmm. I'll keep it brief. Uh, watch it. It's on HBO Max mm-hmm. uh, or rent it. I don't care. Colin Farrell, yeah. Brendan Gleeson, Martin McDonough uh, as the writer-director, you will feel like shit yep. when you watch it. Yeah, uh, it is a feels-bad comedy. I mm-hmm. cannot stress that enough, because as we mentioned in the podcast, I watched it a second time in a watch party, and I yeah. kept stressing to, to Luke Lee and Gritty Kumquat <laughs> that yeah. you are going to feel like shit. <laughs> and they underestimated it. <laughs> they were still like, fuck you, Saber. We yeah, 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 we can handle it. What are you talking about? Like, no, we were going to double feature this with Bullet Train, and we finished this movie, and I was just like, I can't. Yeah, yeah I, Greedy, was, Greedy was literally <laughs> in tears, crying and sobbing oh. at the end of it. Oh, it is such oh, a... Oh, that's so cute. And, and Lou... <laughs> no, I... And Lou was just like, fuck you. This is not how it ends. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is not no, the ending. No. There has to be more. Fuck Absolutely. you. Absolutely. It is, it, it is a fucking, it is a fucking sad movie. Fucking sad. Yeah, it um, is, it is, uh, it is a remarkable film. Per- strong right. performances all around. Um, I, 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 I would, I would say that, because uh, everything everywhere all at once is also a very sad movie. And sure. I would say they are like extremely different types of sad but still in the very like human vein of sadness you know yeah yeah i i i don't know if you watched it yet cat but i threw it in in uh in the discord uh ryan hollinger who's one of my favorite uh youtube video essayists about like horror films he he put out one about uh the banshees of inisherin and it's like mm. the only non-horror movie <laughs> he's done a video essay on really and, and he's just like it's kind of horror-esque because it yeah. ties because like the banshee uh, and like uh, it's it's a haunting tragedy. But I want to talk about this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's... I think his best way of describing it in that review because I saw that too. He called it an Irish fairy tale. Yeah, which which yes, I a hundred percent agree with because very actually very strongly. Martin McDonough started out writing fairy tales. Yeah. And that is that was the genesis of the Pillow Man. Is the the writer effectively is a is a fairy tale writer, and he used a lot of his own work, like d- you know, dissecting fairy tales of like, hey, these are actually way fucking darker than they look on the surface. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. How how can I bring that out? And it's like, oh, you sure brought it out. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 Ryan Hollinger, since he's an Irish YouTuber. He also mentions how I was like, yeah, no, a lot of this is super relatable to my culture. <laughs> We're a very stubborn bunch. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and like, he, he even brings up about the fact that how even the movie points out that like, multiple characters go, this entire situation could be resolved if these two people just 
sat down and had a conversation. But they're Irish, so they don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I like almost want to show this to my dad, because I'm just like, hey. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's. I know, I, I learned something about you today. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a, it is a hilarious movie. It's very fucking funny, but it is also very somber and very sad. I'm not uh, here for licks. I'm, I'm here, here for the opposite of licks. I'm here for the opposite of licks. Uh, <laughs> best not wake me down after he's been wanking. Um, yeah, it's, I'm depressed. It's, I'm not putting my donkey outside. Too soon. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 such a great movie. Brendan Gleeson is fucking great. Colin Farrell again. Oh, amazing. I, I mentioned it on the... They have such chemistry. They have such Absolutely. strong chemistry. And I, I mentioned this on, on our Gooncast. I love Colin Farrell... And I've always loved Colin Farrell, even when he was, like, working with nothing but trash. I thought he's a very talented yes. actor. Like, he's I very good. I, I didn't mention it on the cast, but, like, I love him in Phone Booth. Like, he fucking was, carries that movie. Oh, my God, I was gonna say Phone Booth. Yeah, well, he's... He, him, I mean, him and Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, yeah, so good. That's, yeah. It's, it's, it's... It's tweet, that's it, that's it's, it. It's beautiful, it's know. fantastic. Yeah. And I'm so fucking glad that Martin McDonough is using Colin Farrell for most of his filmography. I, I am so glad they found like, each other. Yeah, that's like just, that's the writer director duo that I, I, yeah, yeah. I I was reading apparently for In Bruges, he originally Martin McDonough originally wrote it about British gangsters, but when he met with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson and decided to cast them, he rewrote yeah. it to make them Irish just Hell to play yeah. in more into like their natural oh, yeah. chemistry and flow and sensibilities and everything like that. Aww. And it's, it's like Colin Farrell delivers some of his best work with this director. Watch Banshees yeah. of Inisherin and just as a plug, watch in Bruges, watch seven psychopaths. And even yeah. though Colin Farrell's not in it, watch three billboards outside of Ebon, Missouri. All, yes. all four will make you feel like shit, but you're also yes. going to laugh and have a good time. Yes. And they're very, and they're strong movies. The pillow man is reviving in London. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to London. And, and and I just discovered that Martin McDonough's first film, his short film, Shoot Six Shooter with Brendan Gleeson, is, is, is in its entirely, officially, on YouTube. So we need to watch that. We need to watch it, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I've I never seen it. it. The, the only unfortunate thing is that it does not have subtitles. No. Um, so, yeah, it's a little bit inaccessible, which is a bummer, but it, it's still, we should definitely watch it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyways, yeah. yeah, that's that's my number two. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. Here uh, we are, folks. Here we are. Number one, number baby. One. Oh my god, what a journey it's been. To end the second annual Golden Roccos. I'm going to keep it a little short because this is now the fourth time <laughs> I've spoken about this on the fucking podcast. Okay. Of course, it's Elden Ring. Yeah, that's my number yeah. nine, baby. It's my it's my number five. Fuck this game. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I like how it's it's on all of our lists, but at a different number. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. just just fuck this game. I uh, think it really makes sense too, in terms of positions. Continue. Like if if you want if you want to hear my initial impressions, go back to the episode where we first talked about Elden Ring. If you mm-hmm. want to hear about my more recent thoughts about it, go listen to our Top Antagonist podcast where I rant about how cool Radagon the Red is. <laughs> um, 
I've had a few opportunities to talk about Elden Ring on the Gooncast. Mm-hmm. I fucking adore this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has one of the best open worlds I've ever played in. Um, I I love that every person's experience playing this game can be vastly different from every other person's experience. Yep. There is shit that you can encounter on a playthrough that other people won't find at all. And that's in the first, like, 30 minutes of playing. Mm-hmm. Um, wonderful lore that, you know, admittedly you gotta search for a bit but once you know once you once you put on the gloves and start digging through the muck and pulling shit up you start finding an incredibly deep story Uh with some remarkable unforgettable characters um i have thought on it long and hard um because back when we did uh our top 10 favorite games goon cast i put elden ring at number 10 because i was very aware of recency bias I said it felt like this needed to go on the list, but because I'm not sure where to plug it, I'm putting it at 10. Mm -hmm. I would now put it at 5. Wow! Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's strong. Yeah. It's it's just shy of Cyberpunk, because there's two two games that kind of fulfill the same itch for me, which is big open world that you can really get immersed in. Mm-hmm. And the narrative of Cyberpunk was just too powerful, where I feel like the narrative of Elden Ring uh, is non-existent. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah. But... There's great I, world building there, but... Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some incredibly potent world building. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic array of, of uh, unique characters, boss fights. You know, yeah, some of the sub bosses get reused. We all had to fight like sixteen ulcerated tree spirits. Uh, yes, <laughs> but for every time you fought an so... ulcerated tree spirit, you fought General Radon. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. for every time you had to fight an Erd tree spirit, you you had a fight against Radagon the Red or Malaketh the Black Blade. Like I, fucking yeah. great encounters. Yeah. Um. And so, uh, for for everyone out there who is also a fan of the Elden Ring, then we can all band together, together as family. <laughs> I'll shut up about Elden Ring now. That's that's the last time I'll mention it on the podcast. Yeah. For now. Yeah. That's, that's for now. I think a good way to put it to bed uh, as as the number one on one of our best ofs. Um, until we do until the deal ten and... best waifus. Oh my god! <laughs> or or until they make DLC, and if the DLC slaps, then That's well, true. yeah, I guess That's theoretically true. that will be coming out this year, and uh, it'll probably perhaps. slap. And I'll I, talk um... about Elden Ring again. <laughs> oh, no, t- twist your arm! <laughs> yeah, you, it'll it'll you, you with Elden Ring will be like me with Yokotaro and Nier. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I mean, I I. I definitely agree with your assessment. I think um, I think it earned its place as game of the year for me, probably. Um, uh, not necessarily. I don't know if it was, I would necessarily call it like my personal like. I don't think it's like my favorite. It's not going to end up on any of my favorite games of all time list. But I see the appeal. I get it. I think it. I think what they did was really smart. It opened up uh, their kind of like gameplay. Uh, you know, to more than just challenge players, effectively, um, as we talked about a little bit with um, with Aaron, um, and 
yeah, it was it was it was a it was an absolute blast going through it with you, James, and with some of my other friends, just kind of like you know, running yep. around and, and cheesing bosses and, you know, fucking making my laser go brrr. <laughs> and deleting people. Yeah, oh, you comment Azura users. Yes. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun. I liked it a lot. It's it's probably my second favorite game of the year, but it's it's a it's a big steep jump between that and TMNT. Uh, just because uh, I I think I mentioned it in our Elden Ring discussion on the podcast. I know I mentioned it uh in our discussion with Aaron the other day. I'm just so burned out on open worlds and and Elden Ring is not exempt from the problems I have with open sure. worlds. Uh, yeah, I had I had quite a few friends say to me that like they were about like 90 or, you know, 100 hours in and they were like I don't want to keep playing, <laughs> but I feel like if I stop I won't finish kind of thing. Yeah, I I like, I, yeah. I I platinumed it twice. Yes. You know, I I, I did I, I like it. it once, but <laughs> you know. I can I can push you to that second platinum cat. Yeah, no, no, thank you. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want the illustrious double platinum? Uh, it's uh, a lot oh, faster. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a lot faster. I'm sure it is, Jam. I'm uh, sure. But yeah, no, it's 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 probably of the 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 more recent from software output. My fourth favorite game of theirs. Uh I I really like it. It's just again the uh the open world stuff got a bit grating for me. By I, the end. I will say, I will say it did also inspire me to, I do, I, I haven't, I haven't yet because I don't, I don't think I would want to do it solo, but it has inspired me to try to go back and play Bloodborne. Do it. Um, I'll play with you. I, I told yeah, you I will. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'll, 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 I'll hit you up. Cause well, I, I got two characters uh, to guide you through it with baby. Let's go. Excellent. excellent. I, I, I have, I played through like the first level a little bit. Um, like I, or like I, I, I've, I've played it a little bit so far. Right. Yeah. Um, and already like from that first cutscene, I was like, oh, this is so much more my game because sure, it, yeah, yeah. the the vibe is like, it hits me. I'm and, like, oh yes, please. Cat, cat, cat. I can, uh, I can, uh, help push you to max level faster because of the cum dungeon. Sick. Sick. Uh, I'll link you the video of the cum dungeon. It. Uh, Excellent. you, you literally don't have to do anything in the cum dungeon. You just spawn in and do you and ever you, have to do anything in the cum dungeon? <laughs> you, 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 you walk like a handful of spaces and wait 10 seconds and then something off screen dies and then oh. you get 90,000 blood echoes or something like that. <laughs> and then you just leave and come back and you just keep doing this over and over again. Oh, beautiful. I yeah. Like so, that. so you don't have to That's do anything wonderful. and you can just level up to max level really fucking quickly and then you'll just steamroll the game. Beautiful. All right. Well, done with Elden Ring for for now. For now, putting Elden Ring to bed for, for now for, for twenty twenty two until Lee decides it's time to talk about Elden Ring again. <laughs> yes, until, yes. until Lee has awakened. We'll be so, we'll be halfway through like the JoJo episode, and I'll be like, God, it, it's been a whole like month. <laughs> I haven't talked about Elden Ring in a while. You know what? <laughs> You know who my favorite villain of JoJo's is? Radagon the Red. Radagon the Red. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right, so I have I have two things left on my list that I haven't talked about. One of which is obviously James's number one, <laughs> um, but the other one is my number one. Oh which... boy! Is it really going to be any surprise to you two what my number one is? Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised you like Boss Baby that much. 
Not quite the answer I was looking for, James. Lee? I, I have an idea. Go ahead. <laughs> it's Axum, right? It's Nope. Yeah, I have an idea. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. You watched this, what, like seven times? Yeah, something like that. Um, listen, I... Look, I, I, I don't want to spoil what my number one is, even though I'm pretty sure both of you know it by now. Oh, I, I know what it is. But, I mean, I, I watched... No, it's my number four. I, I watched yeah, my number yeah. one in its entirety, like, five or six times, so I can't judge. Yeah, yeah exactly. No no judgments here, but, yeah. uh... But, yeah, I mean, nope. Nope to me, just... It was everything I wanted it to be, and it surprised me in so many ways. Uh, I The performances were brilliant. Um, I... The themes, I thought, were absolutely fantastic. Uh, it was very... More so than I think any of his other movies have been for me. It was, like, Jordan Peele's most, like, comfort horror movie movie for me. Um, just because it's it's something I feel like I can watch over and over again. And I still I still get the building tension and I still get, you know, the, 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 the fear over what's going to happen to these characters. But I can still... It's it's fun to experience it rather than anxiety inducing or you know like Mad God it's like I have to sit there and I have to be in the mood for it to ingest mm-hmm. everything that's happening but nope I feel like I just want to put on and like not even n- not as background I want to put it on and just lose myself in it again and again and again um, yeah I just I like fucking uh, again I I am a sucker for a good creature feature I'm a you know like big fan of of aliens as a horror trope a big fan of you know you don't see a lot of horror movies on ranches uh or on horse ranches um it just checks so many boxes for me that i don't think i don't think it's a surprises anyone that this is my favorite movie of the year doesn't surprise Um, me at all yeah 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 for a split second forgot about it when you said mad god at number two and i'm like yeah. That's not cat's number one. What is? <laughs> oh, that's yeah. right. And, yeah. and like, yeah. I, I just want to say, like, again, even though Nope was one of my biggest disappointments of the year, mm-hmm. it was in it was in my honorable mentions list. I just didn't mention it because yes. I already talked about it. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. a damn good fucking movie. Very good. And movie. and it's well acted, well written, mostly uh, mm-hmm. wonderful soundtrack. Beautiful cinematography. I love the fucking creature design of the alien. I love the mystery. I love the humor. Top dollar from the crow. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's it was a fun little creature feature that I, I dug immensely. Yeah. Outside I, of the I, one bit yes, that I mentioned. The one the one death, yeah. I I can completely understand people who find flaws with it or find fault in it or just thought like, ah, I saw it, it was okay. I completely get that because I think, you know, if I'm looking at it completely objectively, I don't think it's as good as Get Out. Um, sure, yeah. But but for me, it just it it lines up so much more with with things I like. I'm a I'm you know I, like obviously I I worked very closely with um, folks studying animal cognition, and you know I you know most of my early career was dedicated to like you know studying dolphins to like capture their movements. So. Um, anything that has to do with kind of like creatures and, you know, how they behave and what they think, or like, you know, the fact that you can't ever actually know what a creature is thinking, especially not an alien creature, but you can, you can interpret it and you can, you know, figure out how to align with it. You know, 
I, I, I mentioned this with uh, in Bruges and Banshees, and you, you know, you mentioned it with, with Get Out. Um, <clears throat> well, I, uh, well, I do gr agree that I think Get Out is, is probably Jordan Peele's best movie. Yeah. E even with the one thing that I didn't like that kind of took me out of nope, mm -hmm. this would probably be my favorite of his films. Admittedly, I, I still haven't seen Us. I, I do want to at some point. Yeah, and I've heard I... some things about it. Like, people didn't like it. Other people loved it. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm trying to go in open-minded whenever I do watch it. But, like, yeah. it, between Nope and Get Out, I think I prefer Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, th I think it's 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 definitely an easier watch, I think, yeah. because, um, man, like, Get Out is... is Get Out is horrifying on such a, such a, like, like, deep, visceral level that, like, yeah. your, your brain just wants to run away from it. Yeah. And, and Nope doesn't quite, doesn't quite hit that, which maybe makes it less successful as a horror movie, but I think it does increase the watchability. It, yeah. It, it's, it, and it's, it's, it's in some ways less of a horror movie, right? It's more of a... It's, it's more of a thriller. thriller or yeah. A, it's, yeah. It's a lot more fun. Like, it, yeah. get, get out. I love Get Out. And, uh... I, I, I love the, the darker comedy elements of Get Out. Yeah. Uh -huh. But I I just prefer Nope because it's a lot more fun. Yes. And and yeah. the setting and trying to figure out what the fuck this alien even, is. Even though like, yeah, there's like there is still horror. There is that yeah. absolutely horrifying scene of, of all of those people getting digested. So yeah. like don't I, I you know, I don't fully discount it as as like it's not not scary. It's just it's it's a different style of horror and I yeah, I yeah. I just really dug it. I just thought he did such a good job. I rented it multiple times. I want to just give Jordan Peele all of the money in the world because yeah, and, I, and just, I love I love his films. I love what he does. Even when he even when he doesn't quite hit it for me, I, I still want him to keep making stuff because he's good. We brought it up on the Gooncast, but like also major shout out to him homaging Akira and then being upfront about it and geeking out about yeah. it. Yeah. Like genuinely geeking out about it, like an oh. excited child was also so adorable. Since, yeah. Also, since we mentioned uh, um, Martin McDonough and and Colin Farrell, I want to I want to say like Jordan Peele and Daniel Kaluuya, I think yeah. are also a fantastic director actor team that yeah. I, I hope to see more films out of because yeah, yeah just I, I think straight. Jordan Jordan Peele has even said he would love to keep working with uh, Jordan Kaluuya. Or, or da Daniel Kaluuya, rather. Yeah, and I, I, I hope that happens. <laughs> like, yeah, I really I do. mean, they're, they're, I they're strong. It. They're really strong yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Fuck yeah. Good All right, James, take us home. Yeah, so to no <laughs> surprise to Lee or Kat, since bum, it's apparently bum, on both bum, of their lists, <laughs> you really are quite cute. Uh, yeah, it's it's Kaguya-sama Love and War. Uh, yeah! This was such a fucking feel-good wholesome yeah. funny little thing that also surprisingly got emotional and tear-jerking about Holy all shit, sorts of weird shit that we like yeah. an episode about fireworks was like one of the most emotionally oh gut-wrenching experiences of the year yeah. where i'm fucking in tears because kaguya is just she can't see the fireworks and it's like oh yeah. no and again as, as lee put it out when we, we started the watch party after i'd already seen it like you start it and it's like, I've never seen two protagonists more hateable. 
but yeah, he, I, I, ha- I mm-hmm. hate both of those motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. But you grow to love them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you, oh god. It's so intelligently written and relatable and funny and the dub is wonderful. The dub is wonderful. Like, the oh. the o the the ops are fucking bangers. Yeah, it's death, it's death <laughs> note, but light and L just want to smooch <laughs> each other. Yeah. Oh, that's just death note, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've read how, the fan fiction. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I've it's... got a good copy pasta for you. <laughs> it's. Oh, I think I know which one you mean. <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah. It 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 was just. Is I... it, is it the is it the if he wants me to top, he's Kira. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I've seen that one. <laughs> yeah. If if you told me at the start of 2022 that my favorite thing would be a romantic comedy, I probably yeah. would have told you to fuck off. You're full of shit. Yeah. But yeah, good that's... God, man, because it, it's yeah, mu- it's much more of a comedy than a romantic comedy, but it still has plenty of romance. Uh, it's, a yeah. romantic it's a yeah, romantic comedy. Yeah, it's a romantic comedy, yeah. but it's it's just. God, it is so wholesome and sweet and relatable and fucking funny, and just there's so many intri- there's just so many gags that are just really fucking solid. Where you'll maybe even hear it for the first time and you're like, "Wait, what the fuck? This sounds horrible and lewd." And then it cuts to it, and it's the reality of it is like not quite as bad. Like the game where you pump it as much as you can, and then whoever bursts first loses or, or however its phrase. Right. Like when Kat heard it, she's like, Ex- fucking excuse me? Excuse me? Excuse me? And then it turns into a fucking balloon contest. No, it's it's a brilliant fucking concept of just two people getting in over their heads with Machiavellian schemes. Yeah. Of like, it's raining. Who can make the other one hold the umbrella? Yeah. Two people yeah. who... Like, fucking great. Two yeah. people who like each other, but are too fucking stubborn to admit it. And yeah. trying to get the other person to say it first. Yeah, it's it's two incredibly smart characters behaving complete like complete idiots because they're both in love and just yeah refuse refuse to like lose face over it. <laughs> yeah, and oh, and you get so funny, and you get some justification for Miyuki by the end of season three. Yeah, and it's really heartwarming and sweet and and heart-wrenching of just he doesn't feel worthy and he wants to be her equal and Mm -hmm. i know that's relatable of just seeing somebody and you're like this person's way out of my league but i gotta try but Mm -hmm. like god damn man yeah. And not to ignite old flames, but you know, Hayasaka best girl. All right, I'm gonna How die on that hill. How dare you! I am, I am outnumbered. How dare you! <laughs> Look, if Mike, if Mike was here, he'd say Chica. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Look, best girl is Papa Shirogane in a dress. <laughs> <laughs> is VTuber Papa Shirogane? Yeah, we need. To, we can't wait to get to that. Uh, full disclosure: we know the movie came out. We haven't watched the movie yet. Yes. Uh, yeah, we're yeah. gonna wait for that to come to streaming Don't or whatever. Worry. We'll let you know, folks. We'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, you'll know. From what I have heard, this is this is one of the most emotionally gut wrenching arcs. No. <laughs> so we're gonna get I'm we're ready. gonna get we're gonna feel oh. all the feels, My and it's 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 again the title is the first kiss never ends. Uh. So 
Yeah, and and from what I hear, from what I hear, we get a lot of Ishigami feels too. Yeah, protect Ishigami, best boy. Protect Ishigami's best boy. He's too pure. Like unironically, he's great, and his his bromance with Miyuki is strong. Oh, I love. Yes. But again, yes. as as Lee mentioned, me me keep me kept being, or <laughs> I kept being like, listen, if it doesn't work out, like, <laughs> I mean, they'll they'll make something happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We have best, other options. Love has a chance. Yes. Best tangible character is still Papa Shirogane. Uh <laughs> Best character. Papa Shirogane is the banshee of Inishirin. Tangible because <laughs> tangible because the narrator. All right. <laughs> The narrator's my favorite character because he just screams oh, everything we're all thinking all the time. Listen, listen, I don't I don't know if I would count Papa Shirogane as tangible. He is an eldritch creature. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, he he can only be perceived because he allows us to perceive him. Yeah. 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 Because we've been touched by the madness already. <laughs> I, I just I just can't wait to see that bit where he becomes a VTuber. I the second ready. I saw that I'm panel, ready. I was like, "Oh my god, are you? Are, this is wonderful." So ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What what a what a strong showing of of disappointments and worsts and uh, and favorites. Do we do we want to, we gotta, to gotta do a run, summary? Do our yeah, rap, we got to run down. Yeah, I got to do the rundown real I quick. I think I think maybe leave off the the mentions since yeah yeah because yeah, there's too many, many. Yeah. yeah yeah so in the barbarian category I had barbarian <laughs> my three yeah. most my three most disappointing were number three Dragula Titans number two Pokemon Violet and Scarlet version and number one Final Fantasy VII remake my bottom five worst of 2022 at number five Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Morbius at number four. Number three, The Sadness. Number two, uh, Netflix's Resident Evil slash Resident Evil Shadows of Rose. And number one, oh, I'm mad just thinking about it, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. <laughs> and The Valley Jester's Top 10 Best of 2022. Number 10, Vampire Survivors. Number nine, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Number eight, Banshees of Inishirin. Number seven, Atelier Riza, Ever Darkness and the Secret Hideout. Number six, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Number five, Pain Remains by Lorna Shore. Number four, Kaguya-sama Love is War. Number three, Prey. Number two, Near Automata. And number one, please, Lee, stop talking about Elden Ring. <laughs> Fantastic. Good job. All right, so uh, my, uh, my three disappointments of this year were number three, Pokemon Scarlet slash Violet. Number two, The Devil and Me. Number one, Barbarian. Barbarian? <laughs> uh, my Worst of the Year. Number five, Plague Tale Requiem. Number four, Black Adam. Number three, Morbius. Number two, Resident Evil Netflix. Uh, number one, mm, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2021. Uh, and my top ten best of the year. Number ten, the TTRPG, The Hour Between Dog and Wolf. Number nine, Stardew Valley. Number eight, Incantation. Number seven, Kaguya-sama, Love is War. Number six, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Number five, Elden Ring. Number four, Stone Ocean. Number three, The Banshees of Inisherim. Number two, Mad God. And number one, Nope. Strong list. Strong list. <clears throat> yeah. 
So my disappointments, number three, Kuon, number two, Alien Isolation, number three, Halloween Ends, uh, top five worst, number five, Pokemon Scarlet slash Violet, number four, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022, number three, Countdown Vampires, number two, Resident Evil Netflix slash Resident Evil Gaiden slash Resident Evil Survivor 2 slash Resident Evil Revelations slash Resident Evil Shadows of Rose. Jesus Fucking Christ. mouthful. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Resident Evil, alright? What do you want from me? <laughs> a lot of garbage. Uh, number one, The Werewolves Within. Um, top ten best. Uh, number ten, Zach Bagans Demon House slash Ghost Adventures. Number nine, Elden Ring. Number eight, One Cut of the Dead. Number seven, Jack Bros. Number six, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. Number five, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean. Number four, Rule of Rose. Number three, Kendo's Cut slash Kendo's Cut Uncut. Number two, The Banshees of Inisharan. And number one, Kaguya-sama, Love is War. Lot of overlap in our top ten. That shows yeah. what a strong fucking year it was. Absolutely. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was pretty banger. Yeah, yeah, and it's also interesting that like there were so many of them that weren't aligned exactly because yeah, yeah mm-hmm. all of uh, you know like despite the fact that we were all like yeah this was fucking good it's like but not as good as this one. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. It was a it was yeah. a strong showing, uh, and I guess end things off as lee suggested we'll try to keep it brief because already very brief already uh i'm sure listeners will already know this this is the longest goon cast we've ever done (laughs) by a half an hour shit to say yeah yeah Yeah, i've I've got some yeah uh, we actually did not go over on anything i was (laughs) i was keeping track of time uh for our like per topic it's just we had a lot to talk about had a lot of shit to talk about it happens yeah uh, this was us yeah, with us few, trying to keep um, it brief. Yeah, there's a few titles. You know, we I figure we're doing an end of year wrap up for 2022. We got to have our sights on a few things coming up this year. Uh, so the Valley Jester is excited for the following in the fine year of 2023. Uh, of course, after just talking about Atelier Riza, we got part three coming out this year. Super excited for that. Uh, Street Fighter Six is looking fantastic so far. Great new characters coming in. And of course, you know, I got to pick up my girl, Cammy. We've got one of my favorite bands of all time, In Flames, coming out with a new record called Forgone. And the singles so far are immaculate. Cyberpunk 2077 and Elden Ring, two of my favorite games, are both getting DLC expansions. Phantom Liberty and an unannounced name for Elden Ring. Uh, possibly the most anticipated album of my lifetime, if they decide to pull the trigger on it. Uh, My Chemical Romance is supposedly doing a 2023 release, which, uh, fuck, give me that. Yeah. And uh, the most anticipated game I've had in quite a while, Armored Core 6, is looking pretty fucking cool. First FromSoft game to not be a Souls-like in over a decade. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. And if you've heard of the podcast, you know I'm a silent line guy. Give me those mechs doing stupid shit with laser blades. Let's there go. There you go. Hell yeah. Um, I, my list is, is pretty small because I kind of 
forgot to uh, really dive deep, dive too deep into this one. Um, one thing, though, that I think all of us here at the Goon Squad are probably at least excited to experience. Um, there is a new movie out. I believe James Wan is at least attached to produce it or like yes. producing it somehow. Yes, he is. But more importantly, uh, the other uh, member of the writing like duo, uh, Akella Cooper, I believe. Um, apologies if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Uh, she is the is the writer on this movie. Um, she's also the writer from uh, *Malignant*. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. So I'm really pumped to see Megan at some point. Yeah, it looks like fun. Yeah, yeah. It's it's already out in theaters, and I know it's like it's got good reviews so far. But like, I don't really trust that with horror movies. Like, sure. you know, it's kind of like. But the buzz so far has been like, oh, it's just insane. Like in a in a like it's goofy and fun kind of way. In a malignant yeah. way. In a malignant Beautiful. way. That's that's what it feels like. It feels less like people are like, oh my god, this will blow your mind, and more like people are like memeing on it which to me is a very good sign that's a good sign <laughs> beautiful um so so yeah i'm really pumped for that one another one i wanted to i had been saving a spot on my best of list for this one but uh unfortunately a lot of extenuating circumstances um has caused the the release to be delayed um it should be sometime in 2023 so i'm very excited for Sherlock Holmes: The Awakening yeah. to come out. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I contributed to do a Kickstarter, um, and I am, I'm just so pumped. I love, I love these games. I just, I can't wait to, I can't wait to experience the next one. Um, especially since it's going to be like officially a sequel to Chapter One, so it's going to like be a continuation of that story, but then also taking and redoing uh, the Lovecraftian like Sherlock Holmes case that they did before. And I'm just like, yes, give me more. <laughs> yeah. It looks dope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, I, and I look I'm forward really to playing excited. it at some point. Yeah. I guess yeah. Uh, for me, uh, my first two are remakes, actually. Uh, the first is uh, like a dragon Ishin, which is uh, it's the new entry in the Yakuza franchise, also known in Japan as a uh, Ryu Gagotoka. Um, it's getting a franchise rebranding because in Japan, the name translates to like a dragon and they've decided to kind of go with a universal branding going forward. And Yakuza isn't necessarily the most appropriate franchise name for the bulk of the series. Uh, this is a remake of one of the Japan exclusive games that is basically Yakuza, but in a feudal Japan setting. Uh, this is where uh, a giant meme between me and Cal that maybe you two have seen a uh, naked bathhouse battle pops up. It's uh, you get a boss fight in a bathhouse and both you and your boss are naked and there's steam covering your junk. It's perfect. Pitch perfect. Yuck is a nonsense. Number four or n not number four, but the next one is, is Resident Evil four remake. I'm a little cautiously optimistic of it. I don't necessarily okay. think Resident Evil four <laughs> needs a remake. And, uh, like, I would rather prefer to see Resident Evil Code Veronica remade instead. Just about to say that. But, like, it's it's a new Resident Evil game. It's a remake. I, I, I'm very curious about it, at the very least. So it's like, I, I did want to briefly mention it. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, or I'm hoping at the very least, it'll be a solid enough game. Uh, and then finally, uh, it's supposed to come out closer towards the end of the year. Uh, we don't know anything outside of the fact that it is a thing. 
But there's a new Toho Godzilla movie coming out. Oh, a Japanese Godzilla movie, baby. So yeah, uh, needless to say, uh, that's 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 I, I'm excited for that shit. Uh, it probably we probably us dumbasses in America won't probably be able to see it until like 2024 because presumably it'll be like come out in Japan in 2023 and then get a worldwide wide release sometime in 2024. But mm-hmm. still like it's a new Godzilla movie and it's from Toho. I'm fucking down. The last Toho Godzilla movie was Shin Godzilla in oh, 2014, yeah. 2016. And Shin yeah. Godzilla was fucking fantastic. Saber and I saw that one in theaters. We did. We did. I see that actually. You do. We we we. It's yeah. been a long discussed potential watch party, and yes. uh, yeah, it, it is a right. riot of a movie. Uh, and it's it's a very interesting movie because it's 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 done in a way that is is not con- conventional Godzilla, and it's okay. it's Shin Godzilla is the only Godzilla film that is a complete one hundred percent reboot because every single Godzilla movie even when they kind of like reboot it with a new era, they always go, okay, the, f- the very first 1954 film happened. And this yeah. is a direct sequel to the 1954 film. Whereas, yeah, this, this is like, this is the first time Godzilla is popping up. Yeah. Shin Godzilla is an excellent entry in the Evangelion universe. Yeah. It's that. Excellent. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually uh, from the director and creator of Evangelion. I think this is his first live action movie. And this was sort of his uh, decompression God, it thing. Like it. It, it really feels like it too. It feels like it. it this, this was the, this was the movie he made to help pull himself out of his depression because he, <laughs> he, he was too depressed to make Evangelion 4.0. And and his buddy was like, "Why don't you help me make a new Godzilla movie?" And he did. And, and then it's, he made a depressing Godzilla movie. Yeah, and it's one of the best yeah. Godzilla movies. <laughs> like it, it even Cameron. uses music from Evangelion a couple times. It's 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 insane. So good. Yeah, yeah. So like, regardless of whatever the fuck this new Toho Godzilla is, I'm excited. You just have to say Godzilla, and I'm excited. And even if it winds up being like fucking terrible, I'll probably still get some enjoyment of it because it's Godzilla. Hell yeah. It's full nostalgia goggles. I don't care. Hey. Well, damn goons. Yeah. yeah. We fucking did it. We survived <gasps> another year. We did. Yeah. Congrats to everybody. Yeah. Hell congrats yeah. to everybody. Congrats to number one fan, Renzi, who's made it this far. <laughs> our, <laughs> Thank our, you, Renzi. One of her only yeah, listeners. Renzi. We love you, Renzi. Even though you bully us. Even though you, you bully us and you bully <laughs> JoJo. And you're a villain. I hope you. I hope 2023 <laughs> means your villain arc is over. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, big plans for 2023 Gooncast stuff. Yes. Uh, yeah, season- we got a lot of a lot of good stuff. A lot of good work. stuff. Hopefully, some new guests. Hopefully, some previous guests. Hopefully, more ghoul guts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stuff should be fun. Uh, anyways, we've been going on this now for over four hours, so let's do the sign out. Yeah. All right. So once again, the attack cat on Twitch. Um, I will probably not be streaming anytime soon, but 
uh, when I do, I will probably be getting back into. I got I got a redemption for scorn. I gotta I gotta play a little Lord. bit of that. Have fun uh, with that. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, and then uh, I still need to finish out Nancy Drew. I, I'm um, I, I I had a good thing going for a while, and I, I kind of fell off it. But I you I did. will be back. I will I I will play all of them. I promise you, or you as many as stronger. I can. You better. I know where you live. I know you do. <laughs> I'll scream Nancy Drew at your window at four a.m. <laughs> You, you'll like, be you'll be sleeping pleasantly in bed, and you'll hear a gentle rapping at your window. Nancy Drew. Oh my god! <laughs> All, right. All right, and this has been your boy Lee Alder, the Valley Jester. Uh, I will be back to streaming on Twitch hopefully soon to help the Extra Life charity drive. I will be playing a series of Metroidvanias in what I'm calling the Valley Jester Gets Good series. It will be Bloodstained Ritual of the Night followed by Ender Lilies, followed by Blasphemous, ending with the final boss, Hollow Knight. There you go. Yeah, so uh, I'm James, also known as Saber0307. You can catch me at Twitch, at that name. Uh, still participating, you know, in Extra Life for 2023, super early. Got a whole, whole bunch of shit planned, bunch of incentives that I, I slept on that I need to get through, and also new incentives. Uh, I looked at my list because I finally decided to like like document everything as to like what I've started and what I need to f like that I need to finish. And uh, apparently, I have started uh, twenty nine games that are currently in various stages of progression that I need to finish. Technically, thirty if you count the fact that uh, no, 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 it's still twenty nine if you count the fact that uh, I have two separate playthroughs of Resident Evil Six going. Cat, we need to get back to that, and I need to get back to that with Ghoul Guts oh, as yeah. well. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, so I'm going through Resident Evil 6 twice, so uh, yeah. What you, need to do, you, what you need to do is stop hiding from Nomura and get back to playing Kingdom Hearts on Proud Mode. I will, because I gotta get through fucking Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories on on on, on stream, and uh, you know, as also in a, a little reminder, uh, you know, it's it's a bit of an unofficial thingy, but either if me or my team collectively raises two thousand dollars through Extra Life, uh, I get to add Kingdom Hearts two to the backlog of shit that I need to get through. So, yeah, please consider donating if if you're able to, or at least spread the link about our Extra Life team page. It doesn't even necessarily have to be through me or one of the goons or one of the other goons on the team. Find find a creator you like who's doing extra life stuff, and and throw some money. It all goes to a good cause. It it helps sick kids through the Children's Miracle Network hospitals. So, yeah, you know, give it a go. Hell yeah! Yeah. Oh, uh, Saber, I just bought you Vampire Survivors. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> I literally told you I was gonna buy this in two weeks, but you know, goon, enjoy other goon. Thanks, other goon. Uh, yeah. So, um. I guess that'll do it for this year. Uh, this year's second annual Golden Rocco's. Uh, strong oh, showings yeah. all around. Yeah. Um, Y'all take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Be excellent to each other. Uh, Renzi, I hope you can overcome your villain arc. Uh, Greedy, you really are quite cute. Everybody else, go get fucked. Ooh. Yeah, no, guys, wait. It's been it's been 20 minutes since I've talked about Elden Ring. I've got a few uh -huh. ideas. All right, all right. Uh, well, well, the recording software crashed. <laughs> Get fucked. Good night, everybody. Oh my god, it literally said Lee shut up about Elton Ring. No, it's still going.
<laughs> oh, good. Yeah, every, 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 bye. 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 Gold mask was right. Go away. <laughs> why, why would you listen to us for four and a half hours or whatever? Go listen, away. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, his costume is, is, is peak uh, tarnished fashion, and I'll hear no arguments otherwise. And there you go. Barbarian? Don't watch Werewolves Within. Wait for us to talk about it. We've got more outros than Return of the King. Listen, we're we're gonna keep going until we until there's a substantial part for me to like like end. Like we're I'm still recording, baby. We're still oh going. This is all going in. This is all going in. Let me die. Y'all need to stop sh- talking for at least like five seconds. Get fucked. All right, now we're done. That was great. Amazing. Oh, oh my, my god. god. Uh ooh.